A world in ruins and brothers betrayed. The vengeful spirit has finally left the orbit of Istvan III. Countless brother Astartes lay cold in the ground, betrayed by their own gene fathers. Whatever has possessed the minds of these four sons of the Emperor, we may never know. However, reports abound of a ship under fire jumping into the warp away from the fleet may yet be a herald of light in these darkest of times. Stay tuned, brothers. Radio Free Istvan will continue to broadcast updates on the movements of the traitor Warmaster. And remember, the Emperor protects. What's going on, Radio Free Istvan listeners? And welcome to episode 44 of Radio Free Istvan, a Horse Heresy 30K podcast. My name is Michael, and I got my co-host here, Ryan. Go ahead and say what's going on, Ryan. What's up, everybody? All right. And what's going on, everybody? Man, we got a pretty jam-packed, fun little show for you guys. Of course, we have it every episode that we have a fun-filled, jam-packed episode. But, man, like, I feel it's a beautiful Saturday, man. Like, last week, we're all fucked up because I had, like, a busy last weekend. So we had to record on Monday. We had to split it up into two days. And then it was just, like, super stressful to try and get it out to you guys really fast. And Jesus Christ, like, it was just a... It was a whole a whole thing, and this week it's like we're back on our normal recording schedule. We're, we're back at it now. Like we, it's just I feel I feel good. Like I feel like you know when you take a like like a somebody who has like mental issues out of their comfort zone and they freak it out. Like I felt like that was it last week, and now this week, like I'm sitting in my chair. Yeah, was- it's early morning on Saturday. Like I feel right. Do you feel right, Ryan? Do you feel yeah. right right now? <laughs> yes. My only complaint, and I'm just going to put it out there since it's like just, you know, me and you and the rest of the world. So let's keep it to ourselves. <laughs> My fucking butthole is really itchy. I don't know what's happened to it, but it's driving me nuts. Like I'm sitting here right now trying not to like be dug knuckle deep into it. I ate these new pork rinds that Jake sent me. We ordered like a case of them and I ate them. And I think it's like just burnt my fucking O-ring out or something. But I like want to literally sit on like get bare ass and sit on my carpet and just drag my fucking butthole from one end of the house to the other like my dog. That just it's so bad. I don't know. But other than that, we're good to go. Um, like you said, this week will be way better as far as like it's recording and I feel good about today. My wife, when she gets home from work, uh, I get to go outside. There's a, we have a big hill behind her house and uh-huh. I've been wanting to hike up and down it every day with the dogs to give them something to do. Plus for some exercise, but oh, like it's overgrown with like briars and like all this crazy shit. So I'm going to uh, change all the weed eater out today and clear a path down the hill. So I, I know that after I get done recording, I get to go outside in the cold and it's snowing, but I get to use power equipment while snow's in my beard. It's going to make me feel fucking manly and alive. So I'm pretty pumped, pretty pumped about that. Then afterwards, I think we're going to uh, do some target shooting. So I get to shoot some guns today. with My wife, she likes doing that now. So that'll be fun. So that's something else I get to do fun and probably eat some steak tonight. So it's going to be a fucking awesome Saturday. 30K, power equipment with snow in your beard, shoot some guns, eat some steak. You don't get any fucking better than that. 
it's gonna make you completely forget about your itchy butthole. So like, <laughs> hopefully that's the plan. I'm hoping the cold air outside soothes it. Does he sound so. like you're gonna have a good old Saturday? Last night we, I helped my parents out, and like I've mentioned before that we're competition barbecue cookers, and so there was an event yesterday going into today that my parents had planned for that I could not be a part of. And so I went after work to go straight up, like help them, you know, get, get everything lined out. And the atmosphere was so good. We, we, my parents won second place already in the, uh, um, there's like a drink challenge. Like you make a, like a, an alcoholic drink and. Okay. So they won second place last night. And all meat gets turned in here at four o'clock, and so by four o'clock, there'll be basically brisket, ribs, and chicken ready to go, ready to eat. And so as yep. soon as we're done recording this, that's where I'll be over there with my drunk family eating barbecue on a. It is right now. I believe it's like seventy-six degrees outside. Probably gonna hit max of eighty today. So. It's snowing it's a, here. It's twenty six. It's twenty six and snowing. <laughs> so I'm gonna go outside and have a beautiful, beautiful Saturday spring day. And it's right next door to the carnival, so I can go get like can't caramel apples and uh, all the junk food after I eat some barbecue. So, and then once I'm done eating all the barbecue, I'm gonna rush home and paint the destroyed city base of my uh, of my warlord titan. Because it's got to go awesome. to a show tomorrow. So that's how my Saturday is going to be. And on top of all of that, my butthole's just fine. <laughs> <laughs> uh, There's no squirming over here, buddy. <laughs> well, if you see any there, of this, there, there's none of these weird, like, what's going on? these weird, like, side to side motions. <laughs> Oh, dude! If I had a back scratcher, it would be in there right now, just in there. Go, uh, uh, my fucking leg would be going like a dog when you get their spot in their fucking leg. It's so bad. Woo! It's itchy. <laughs> my so, God. I'm glad you feel comfortable with the audience that you can just let them know what's going on in the most intimate reaches of your body. I mean, well, they tell us shit stories the, all the time. It's so, the you truth. Know. You shouldn't be scared of the truth. Be scared of facts and the truth. <laughs> That's the problem nowadays. People don't like hearing true shit. They get all mad because shit's true and it upsets them. <laughs> so, Ryan, before we go into any hobby progress or anything like that, oh, actually, guys out there, let me just let y'all know. Let me give you a breakdown of the show real quick. Uh, we're going to go through a normal intro. Uh, we're going to talk about uh, we're going to give some shout-outs to some people that really made this week that much better for us. And we're going we're gonna to give them a couple shout-outs. Uh, then we're going to go ahead and we're going to discuss the Titan Guard that showed up in Book 7. Ryan's going to touch on them for you guys. Uh, and I guess also the Voltrax a little bit. There's only one thing that changed. Well, it's, a, so. well, it's basically the Mechanicum unit. So it's the two me- the Mechanicum, Mechanicum units. The, yeah, yeah so three now. units. It's only three units. It should be real small, real short. Yeah, so Ryan's going to finish up on that, finish up on the Inferno talk. Uh, Then we have an Ultramarines list, an Emperor's Children list, a Space Wolf list, 
an Imperial Fist list, a Night Lords list, an Iron Warriors list, a Mechanicum list, and a World Eater list. So the full spectrum, 13th Legion, 3rd Legion, 7th Legion, I mean, everybody is here. There's, there's a, not even... There's going to be some Thousand Sun, a little bit of Thousand Suns talk, too. <laughs> did, you not, did you not put that in there? Did you not put it in the notes? Told you. <laughs> Ryan's gonna be Michael's trying to avoid it. Thousand Sun player. Well, it is what it is, man. You're gonna segregate a Thousand Sun player because he wanted to play an army. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna segregate him. Just like truth, facts, facts, shouldn't, facts shouldn't hurt people. Facts shouldn't hurt people. We just talked about that. <laughs> well, anyway, so that's what the show looks like, guys. Uh, so, I guess Ryan. You, in particular, were struck by a problem that scared the shit out of you yesterday about 3 o'clock in the afternoon. Actually, probably about 2 o'clock in the afternoon. Do you want to yes. share with the well, I was, I was the panicking. Class? I was panicking before. I was panicking before. I, I, the problem struck about noon, and I tried to use my fucking stupid half-monkey, half-reptile Luddite brain to figure out computer shit, which is never a good idea. And I probably made it worse trying to do it. So I messaged you because you're my better half when it comes to shit like that, for sure. And was like in a panic because what happened was. So for you guys that don't know, we use me and Michael use Quartermaster to write every list. For the and, show. and for all you so any for list, all you people that ask, anytime somebody asks, do you use Quartermaster? Because they, they're not sure about whether or not. They want to spend the money on it? Yes. Just yes. We use Quartermaster. Spend the money on it. It's worth it. Just go do it. Yes. We'll talk about that a- after I tell the story, but yes, for sure. And and that's every list. Every list that we write for this show is on Quartermaster. So anyway, I have all these Quartermaster lists on my phone uh, because we didn't do any lists last week, and we told you guys last week we were just going to have a you know, a list episode and, and viewer, you know, our listener email episode, they were all, all the work that I did on all those lists, which was probably, I don't know, between six and eight hours work over a two week span was on my phone. Plus we're going to do that list library at some point. So all the, ever since we came up with that idea, all the lists for that are already written and on my phone. So who knows how many hours worth of work is in there. So anyway, I open up Quartermaster, and all the lists are gone. It's just a white screen. All the lists are gone. Um, I can't access anything. It's just a white screen that says Quartermaster at the top. And I flip the fuck out. I can't get it to come back. I'm like, oh my god, what has happened? This is disastrous. Um, We got two days before the show. It's erased eight hours worth of work. I'm trying to paint all these fucking black shields. (laughs) This is, like, not good. Like, I'm going to have to spend a whole day that I should be painting, rewriting these lists, and I don't want to. So I messaged Michael. I'm sending him screenshots. I'm like, what do we do? And uh, so I had already emailed uh, the quartermaster customer service. I got like an email thing and, and told him the problem, and I was waiting on a response. And, and I believe it's out of Australia, if I remember correctly. So in when the time I was doing it, he was probably – it was either he was either at work early in the morning or – I'm not sure – because our times are so different. But anyway, I didn't expect a response immediately. 
So I call Michael or, or messaging Michael. So I guess he messages Quartermaster at well, but he's doing it through like instant messenger. Is that how you did it? Facebook messenger. That's how. Okay. Facebook. If, I, if I'm going to talk to people, it's going to be through Facebook messenger first before I email them. Cause okay. Especially it's because it says, cause it you says don't, like, you're not from the 1950s like me. <laughs> yeah. Instead of sending, instead of sending quartermaster of facts, I'm just going to message them directly. And assume that they have it on Makes their sense. phone, like like we do. Tying <laughs> tying notes to pigeon legs and shit, trying to send them to fucking Australia. That's where send I'm at. Send them a fox. Um, send them a fox. A f- yeah, something <laughs> fucking stupid. Put a message in a bottle and drop it in the fucking Pacific. Um. So anyway, that's where we're at, and I was in full panic mode. So anyway, Sean over at Quartermaster, he gets back with Michael and me at the same time. And I didn't know if he knew he was dealing with one person, two person, whatever. We were hitting him from two different fronts, Facebook and Gmail. But anyway, he, uh, super professional and got the problem sorted out. And it turns out it was my, my fault. It's not quartermaster's fault at all, but I did want to put this out here because I talked to some other people and they said they had the same thing happen to them. And we're, we were all in the dark as to why it was doing it. But now I know why. So what happens is if Quartermaster is only for uh, Apple products. It only works on like iPhones. Whatever. Like, so you have to have Apple to use it. IOS. Well, anybody has Apple, iOS. So anybody that has Apple shit knows when they do an Apple update or whatever, they send the update in this huge fucking gigantic packet that sucks up lots of memory. And then after it installs, it shrinks down and, you know what I mean, goes away or whatever. But keep in mind this is like literally the geico caveman trying to explain technology to you so this is probably going to be wrong i'm watching michael's face to see if he laughs at me when i try to explain this so my understanding is my understanding is that when it's big and it's trying to like download on your phone it gets it like moves around or displaces or temporarily does something fucking techno magical cyber thurgish to your fucking temporary files or files you don't use very often or whatever displaces them to make room for this big fucking thing until the download or update clears. And then when it shrinks back down, they come back. So that's what happened is I have too much bullshit on my phone and most of my memory is taken up. So when this latest Apple update came through, it displaced all my quartermaster files where it wouldn't recognize them and I couldn't access them. So when did it, what ended up happening is when I contact Sean, he was like, this is probably what's happening. I went in and just deleted some bullshit songs I don't listen to. Because what happened when I got this phone, I just took all my fucking CDs, even like some bullshit I'm not even going to uh, tell you or admit to ever listening to from the fucking 90s on my phone that I just put on there because I sold the CDs and put them on my phone. I went through and erased that shit. And made space, and as soon as I made space, the logjam cleared in my phone, and all my army list came back. So anyway, if you ever go to Quartermaster, if, if you have Quartermaster and you go to it, and you go to your like main screen where it has all your lists, and it's just a white screen, and it's like taking forever to load, or your lists aren't coming up, your phone is probably just too jam-packed full of shit. Delete pictures of your cats, or your dick pics, or whatever you got in there. Like, clear some memory, and your quartermaster files will come back. That was beautiful. 
Like, I really don't see somebody's list being gone as being as big of a, like, upset as it is to, like, would it be, like, to you? Because, like, you, like, legitimately have. What, what What's cool is, guys, and what's really cool, like, looking back and, like, talking with Sean to see, like, how this works out, all your lists are saved to your, uh, your iCloud Drive. Even if you don't use iCloud Drive, if you go download the application for iCloud Drive, that's where all your lists are being saved. And so in this case where uh, the, the list were deleted because it removed temporary cache, as soon as it was cleared out, these lists were re-pulled back from iCloud Drive. And so regardless, like even if they don't show up, they're still more than likely going to be in your iCloud Drive to load up your list, which is really fucking cool. Like, I didn't even know. Like, I honestly didn't, like, I thought they were, like, saved to, like, some list memory. But in reality, they are all saved to iCloud Drive. They're not saved in the file itself. It's pretty cool. Like, it automatically just goes to your iCloud Drive. Right. Even though I couldn't access them, when he was explaining to me the iCloud Drive thing, I went and got that app which just put more logjam shit on my phone because I'm putting more shit on there. And, uh, but anyway, I went and got that app and I could see the files and at least relieve me. I'm like, well, there's the fucking files. So worst case scenario, I'm sure there's a way to move these files to some other Apple device or whatever, or save them. And then I could, you know, totally beat the quartermaster app and redownload it and then put the file back. If I needed to, I figured there was some type of techno sorcery that could be done, but it, but yeah, I didn't have to like once, everything shook down and he explained how it worked and all that cleared. And he was super nice, super professional, uh, answered quickly, all that stuff. So it was very like top, top flight customer service for, you know what I mean? Like me and Michael were talking about it. Like he does it on the side. It's not like his primary thing. And the apps, in my opinion, is not expensive for something that's just a one-time purchase. It's well worth the money. And the fact that, he literally, it was like legit customer service as if it was like an actual like mainstream product. You know what I mean? There was no fucking around. Like we messaged him. He pretty, he, you know, he messaged back within a couple hours and got the problem sorted out. Expert help. Expert so. customer service guys. He deserved that. So anyway, out, I just, he was quick on yeah. that fucking keyboard too. So I just, correct. So I just wanted to thank Sean. Because I was like, if you guys listen to the show, you know I occasionally fucking freak out. All right? Like, I take shit too serious. I have a little bit, you know, sometimes get a little fucking uh, emotional and angry. It's kind of <laughs> weird. <laughs> I get really fucking fired up, passionate, ridiculous in the short term, but it doesn't last very long. And then after that, like, I become like this weird super logical like robot man that can see all sides so it's weird it's like i have this it's almost like some fight club shit where i got two people in the same body i don't know i wish i could be the logical guy all the time but i can't i just get too fucking retarded it's my monkey brain, my, monkey, my monkey brain just overrules it sometimes you can't be edward norton all the time you got to be brad pitt every once in a while buddy that's okay. But I know. I know Edward that I like that. I Edward Norton's not going to kill Nazis, all right? You got to have a Brad Pitt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, I know it, and I accept it, and I try to do a better job. But 
you know, I'm not fucking perfect and I know it. So it is what it is. Sometimes I fly off the handle, but I look back at it later. And if I'm in the wrong, I will apologize to you. Just know that. <laughs> but if I'm not, <laughs> I will. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, I that was cool. And I did, we haven't ever really talked about it on here. This isn't like a paid ad or whatever. It really is a product that we just started using and I really enjoy using, and uh, it's what I write all the lists on, um, and I like it. I like that the the main thing I like about it is if there is, because I mean, like anything else, there's a lot of info in here. There are errors, like uh, the points are wrong on a few things, but there's actually a tool in the program itself where you can go in and edit the points. So if you find something that's an error, um, you can get on his Facebook and message him so that which is probably helpful to him because then he can go in and actually fix it in case. So not everybody has to notice it, but even if you don't want to do that, if you want it to fix immediately, you can literally go into the Battlescribe file and just change it yourself. Um, if you know that, you know, something's wrong, which is nice. It's a cool feature. Quartermaster. Yep. I believe you said Battlescribe. (laughs) Sorry. Yeah. Bad. That's a mistake. (laughs) No, I feel bad. <laughs> Damn it. Let's ruin this whole thing. Anyway. Uh, yeah. Quartermaster. That's why. Yeah. That's what we use. It's super cool, dude. So. Yeah. Thank you, Sean, for saving, saving ass. Like, yep. you don't even know. Like, if all of you that are listeners can go to Quartermaster's Facebook page and put hashtag save Ryan's ass or something. We got to come up with some cool hashtag, like hashtag Ryan's itchy butt or something like saved Ryan's <laughs> itchy butt. Like, so he's like, what the fuck? What is this? Let's, let's come up with something, something awkward to where like our listeners can like have fun and like go like hashtag save the show or the show must go on. What, what, what will we do? That was fun for him. That way it's fun for him. But yeah. Just just real. go just we, go to we, his just go to his Facebook page and put hashtag Ryan's itchy ass. That's all you gotta do. Just go do that. <laughs> We're good to go. All right, let's move on. <laughs> I'm gonna do that right now. Ryan's itchy uh, ass. Good lord. Um <laughs> right on Quartermaster's so, Facebook page. That should getting removed anyway um think. Think. yeah that's it that's all i got you have a uh, you have the uh the uh the other shout outs we need to do yeah hold on i'm, I'm leaving a thank you for saving ryan did you ass ass hashtag itchy ass <laughs> Boom, published. Okay. There we go. Started that. Hopefully we have enough Facebook listeners to where they'll uh they'll make that a thing. And he's gonna be like, What the <laughs> fuck? It's uh, it's always so- good to have your company associated with itchy assholes. So <laughs> thank you. Them. Thank, saving those thank assholes. you for that. <laughs> You're welcome, Sean. 
You're welcome. You're welcome that when people think of you, they'll think of my hairy, itchy ass. <laughs> In this episode. <laughs> so anyway, so yes, I, I did want to, to make some shout outs. Last episode, we announced that we were going to have a Patreon page set up. And we did get that Patreon page set up, and we already have Patreon uh, supporters of our show. And, and guys, we I just want to give a shout out to all the Patreon supporters. Uh, like, they... I don't know, man. It's like a completely different feeling whenever you, uh, like, have people who support you at that level that'll throw you, like, a dollar. So, so I, I just wanted to, like, give a shout well, out it's cool. to... It's gonna- it's going to let us do cool stuff for the show too. Like that's why we're doing these other giveaways and doing, we'll be able to, re- we're going to record an extra episode every month. We're going to be uh, giving more shit away, more culture exchange stuff because it's, it relieves some of the financial, uh, financial <laughs> burden of that. We can use that. We can use the money. Cause it's like doing these cultural exchanges. I'm not complaining cause it's brought me tons of joy. It's been well worth it, but you mm-hmm. know, to, to buy, Know, 30 40 dollars worth of food and then have to pay 60 70 sometimes 80 90 dollars depending on where it goes to fucking ship it overseas um it you know that's over a hundred dollars just for you know you know what i mean i'm just throwing that out there which i don't i don't care like we've done several in the past and it, to me it's fun and it's brought me the money has been worth it i guess i'm not i'm not but it's also nice to be able to relieve some of that financial stress you don't have to worry about it as much you know what i mean you don't you're sitting at the post office going jesus man i just spent 110 dollars to just send some fucking snacks for our show (laughs) (laughs) no yeah man like you guys like we we definitely uh like this this coming up week man like you're gonna see some like awesome shit that we're going to be giving away just, and like that was before we even had the Patreon set up. And like, it's just like stuff that we enjoy doing to like motivate the community and stuff like that. And, you know, I mean, we, we just got some, some dice bags in some fucking badass dice bags from the great out guys over or the great out guy, Michael over at, uh, uh, at Etsy. So we got a couple of dice bags we're going to give away. Then we have a, and do you just want to say it? Cause it's supposed to be a Tuesday. And I feel like this, this episode is going to be released. Yes, like, to, we're, it's going to be here Tuesday. I have the track. I have the documents. I have the, I have the tracking info. So it's it's literally on a truck making its way here right now. I can tell you exactly where it's at if you want. Just, yeah. Yeah, I mean, just tell people what it is, man. Tell, we had this idea like so, way before, like, and, and it's been in the works for a minute now. Uh, Michael had this idea, but... um. And then I kind of expanded on it, but it's his original idea. Let me go to my email here so I can tell people where it's at, when we're going to have it, all that stuff. Boom, boom, boom. Right here. While you're looking for that, man, thank you, uh, Tom, Lucas, John, Jordan, Oliver, John again, and the other Tom. Two Toms, two Johns, and and all of our guys. And uh, really appreciate you guys helping us out on this one. But go ahead, Ryan. Explain what's going on this Tuesday, this coming so, Tuesday. So right now it's it's in Champaign, Illinois, right now. So that's where it's sitting. It's in Champaign, Illinois. It says uh, we'll arrive by 
228 Tuesday by end of day, 2P shipment. So we ordered a black 720, or yeah, black 720 battle foam bag, full Amali system, full, uh, it's the, oh, damn it. I think it's this, got the standard loadout in it. So it's got like, if you go to their page and just look at standard loadout, like it's a standard heresy loadout. It's got like some troop trays in there for models of different size. So you could, you know, with like different size slots for like troop guys, command guys, like guys that are a little bit bigger. And then there's a tray in there that's a pluck foam tray that you can pluck out for like a bigger shit, like vehicles or whatever. So it's the it's the standard loadout in us in the 720 bag. But the coolest thing is we got it custom embroidered. <laughs> and what did we get put on there, Michael? What did we get it put says, on there? It says "Stay in your lane." <laughs> Stay in your lane. Oh. Custom embroidered in white across the top of it, right? It's in white. So we're calling it the "Stay in your lane" 720. So it's one of a kind, unique. So anybody that listens to this show that sees you walking around with it uh, at a you know your game store or whatever, if somebody else that listens to the show spots it, they're going to immediately point to it and go, "You're the guy." That has the seven, the stay in your lane, seven twenty. I listen to Radio Free is fun too, so <laughs> should be pretty cool. It's gonna be badass, man. I want the bag myself. Like it's kind of one of those things where like you do the giveaway <laughs> and you're just like, fuck, man. Like sometimes I look at like prizes we give away at our events and I'm just like, man, I want that. Like what the fuck? So yeah, it's gonna be fucking tight, guys. That's gonna be Tuesday. As soon as we get in, we're gonna get pictures taken. Uh, and we're going to basically the same thing that we had with the, the legs that we gave away the legs. We're going to do the exact same thing on our Facebook page. So hopefully Andrew doesn't win it again. Like he's won apparently everything else. I didn't know that he was like going on this like raffle spree, just killing it. (laughs) I don't care if he wins it. If he wins it, he wins it. He's a lucky guy. (laughs) Dude. Like (laughs) it's like shit. Like this dude, uh, we we know we're not rigging it. So if he wins, is what it, it was is. so funny. There's it's some like last... person. I think they're from Texas. There's some person that's won the lottery three times, three different times hit the lottery. Same person. <laughs> oh God, good for them. There's yeah. a. Uh, I was wondering the whole time because I was doing like basically I I did the random number generator one through one sixty four for the the dreadnought legs, and yep. I was always wondering. I was like, man, it would suck to be the first person that shared it because I feel like the random number generator is never going to generate a one. Like I feel like in my heart, I was like, I don't know why it's a random number generator. One has as equal as a chance to be like, I don't know in my heart. I felt like one just seems like it just feels like really weird. I hit the random number generator. Boom. One pops up. And I was like, Oh, okay. That was Andrew. I was like, well, I, was like, well I guess that works out. What, what Michael's not telling you is he didn't check before and he'd messed it up. So it only gave you one. No, I'm just playing. <laughs> It, it was one and twenty three, and those are the two winners. And unfortunately, like I don't know what to do about this, but the the twenty third guy, like I messaged him on Facebook saying, "Hey, congratulations, you won the legs." And uh, his his name's Tim Tim Doyle. I said, "Congratulations, buddy, you won the Quartus legs giveaway. What's your address so I can pop them your way? Pop those your way." I don't know why. I hate reading stuff that I wrote a long time ago because like I feel like that sounds stupid. <laughs> I can pop those your way. Okay. Stupid old Michael. 
That's probably why I didn't respond back. <laughs> so, yeah, man, I sent him the message, and I sent him on Tuesday, and he hasn't responded back. Like, I don't know how long I go before, like, we draw I'd again. I'd wait. I'd just wait till next episode. If he's not responding until next episode, we'll we'll do it again. Okay. Yeah, you're right. So, yeah. Anyway, so yeah, guys, we're gonna have that pack 720 that we're gonna we're gonna give away. Uh, that's gonna be open to everybody. So if what are we not... gonna do? We're gonna what? Sorry, how how are we doing it? Like posting the picture? We're just posting the picture and the and the like contest on Facebook, right? And you just have to go and like and share. Is that what it is? That's Explain it. it. That's all you gotta do. That's all you gotta do. Just like the post and share. Well, actually, like our page and share it. That way, man, we got like so many new listeners from the Quartz's Legs. I can only imagine what we're going to get from the 720 giveaway. And then somebody's going to get a 720. It's probably going to be somebody that's never even heard of us. But hopefully it's one of you guys that listens. <laughs> it is what it is. But I, I love doing the giveaway shit. I love the cultural exchange stuff. I think it's cool. Like People, have, people from other podcasts have sent me stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. Just for doing the cultural exchange, and I've seen uh, on our little like Wolf Slayer chat, there are guys on there that are sending each other like foods and stuff now because we talk about it all the time on there. So it feels good. Like I like that. I just think it's neat to see the community. Like, oh, we have these fucking chips here. These are baller, and you know you should try them. And they're fucking sending crazy shit from you know Sweden to Australia, from fucking England to Canada or whatever the hell they're doing. It's really cool. Yeah, dude. That's pretty badass. I, I like the community that we have right now. Like it we're I doing do good, just... man. Like it's uh we've come a long way in forty four weeks. Come a long way from knowing nobody. Like I'm so <laughs> excited. Like I keep explaining to people like we have a uh like I I know if you look at our Patreon page we actually mentioned that there's a closed group, which there is a closed group that really isn't too active, but I made a closed chat which has all of our Patreon supporters and us and, like, some cool other people as well. And, yeah. like, just talking with these guys, like, nonstop, like, in this, like, Facebook chat, and you're, like, hearing them getting ready for Adepticon and all this stuff and, like, getting ready for Stiff, excited for Stiff, excited for their own events. Like, I am super excited to meet people because, like, last Adepticon, I had a blast, Right. And I knew yeah. my guys, like I knew my like four or five guys that went with me, like, and they were like, it was every bit, like, I didn't want to be in my room by myself or anything like that. I don't want to be like with them hanging out, like having like cool discussions. And then we met you there and we had like all these like cool chats and all this shit. And like, we just like had so much in common. We hit it off. And, you know, there's just like so many like just cool fucking people that we met. And like now we're going to have all of you out there that like know us through, you know, radio free van. And then we talk over messenger and then like, you know, like there's just so many of you that like, I'm looking forward to meeting and just hanging out, like going to go get like pizza and stuff. And like, just dude, I'm like super excited for Adepticon this year, just because of like the, uh, the community that I feel like. I'm excited for both stiff and Adepticon. It's going to be cool as shit. Like, Going to Stiff, there's a guy coming in from Australia that's Michael flying John. in just like Michael John yeah. flying in a couple a uh, couple hours later than uh, me, 
and I'm going to hang around the airport, whatever, and pick him up. Never met him before. I've talked to him on Facebook a couple times, pretty introduced this. So uh, I feel like I'm not even from Texas, but I'm a representative of the United States, so I'm just <laughs> fucking pumped. You know what I mean? So I'm going to... I don't know what we're going to do. I'm going to be like a fucking... He's probably going to be like, whoa, this dude needs to calm down. He's going to have to get me some fucking Ritalin or something. I'm going to be like an excited fucking puppy. Fucking giving him hugs and shit. Probably have, uh, you know, some adult beverages waiting on him. Some food or something in the fucking car we'll go out to eat. Then he has to spend uh, two hours of me shouting at him from close range <laughs> down to <laughs> Victoria. So we'll, we'll see how his nerves can handle that. And then... uh. So, you know what I mean? But I get to, you know, meet somebody new that's in the community, which is from a different country, which is fucking awesome. Then uh, Freddie <laughs> rides in uh, later. So I get to see Freddie and then hang out with everybody. And then every, then I'm flying back. And then you guys bring the, tra- you know, you guys are taking the train up. So he gets, so the, the uh, uh, Michael and Freddie, who are both from different countries, get a ride on the train up with you Texan guys to Adepticon. And probably and see we more of to... America than like most Americans have seen. <laughs> like... Correct. <laughs> and then, we, then I'm going to meet you guys in Chicago because I'm just going to drive up there from my house. And then Freddie is uh, sharing a room with me and my buddy Chris Duncan. And um, damn it, who's the other person? Oh, uh, Blaine from Seize the Initiative. So I've never met Blaine before. I've just talked to him on Facebook. Uh, same thing with Freddie. Just talked to him on Facebook. So I get okay. to meet both those guys that, you know, do podcasts, hang out with them. And then, you know, my buddy Chris, I see him all the time. But it'll be cool. Uh, Chris was in the uh, military here for a long time. He was in for 21 years, retired out of it. And I know Freddie's in the Swedish military. So it'll Freddy's be cool. In something. I'm sure I don't those. Know if he's in the Swedish military. I don't know what he does. Is it straight Swedish military? Or... I, I don't know. He's he's in the He's in the military. He's in the armed forces. So anyway, (laughs) he's Swedish um, and he does something military related. We don't know what it is yet. I haven't figured it out. Correct. But, (laughs) but if, uh, my buddy Chris is fucking awesome. Like, I don't know how you couldn't like him when you hang out with him. And I've talked to both him and Freddie and I think they're going to hit it off. So it'll be fun to see how fucking those two guys interact. So I I don't know. I'm just pumped. And then there's a damn Tim sent me. There's another guy from Australia that's coming over. Tim was telling me about it last night. Hang on, I got his name. He's just coming to Adepticon, I think. I know that uh, uh, there's some people that probably don't care about all the shit, but I don't give a fuck. I like talking about it. So we're talking about it. Uh, I forgot to show you my battery pack, too. I forgot about that. His name's Scott from Australia. So Tim told me that He's been talking to this guy, and I guess he's coming over, and he says he's uh, excited to meet me and you and everybody and Freddie and all the guys you know that do podcasts that he gets to listen to from Australia. So I'm just pumped, man. Um, I'm excited to meet like tons of people. Like I get to see JP face-to-face like we talk all the time online, but I've never met him face-to-face. Same thing with Kenny, Kenny Lull. Get to meet him. Um, Sean from CZ Initiative. We talk all the time, but still – you know what I mean? Never, never met him face to face. So he's gonna have to watch out. Sean's a dime piece. I might get a handful, handful of that ass. <laughs> he, Sean, Sean is a good looking dude. He came down to stiff too, and he's like tall, just 
looks fucking tall, exotic looking, cool fucking hair. Just a little, you know. He feels just like a, I feel like Sean fucking, fucking mixed race dime piece. I'm telling you, man. Like just, just Sean should have been got a cool voice. <laughs> Sean should have been an extra in the uh, Matrix Reloaded, like <laughs> the the dance scene. <laughs> <laughs> like we're. Uh, he should be like in the, driving the Ebenezer. Uh, yep. Yeah, we met him. We met him last year at Stiff Two. He was, he drove down for Stiff Two and like this fucking cool fucking dude. Like I couldn't believe I was like this dude is fucking cool as shit. So I really like he sees the initiative yeah, I, guys. I can't, I can't yeah, him and Blaine. Yeah. I'll uh, I'm I'm sharing a room with him. So if you want some time with him, you can go. I'll give you the key. I got Blaine. <laughs> we can just trade. Partner swap. <laughs> They're all. Never mind. We got our own room. <laughs> We're just going to stay in the car. Sean's too cool for me. I mean, he's like, I'll never be that cool. So it is what it is. I understand. <laughs> so, so yeah, guys, we're very happy with the community that's come up. Uh, happy to, happy to do these giveaways and stuff and appreciate all you, you Patreon supporters who, uh, who definitely made the load easier on our wallets. Like it's, it's not so much that like, like it's, it's like now that we're, we're like, we're all paying for these, uh, for these giveaways and stuff. It's like the community. And to be honest, like I didn't, I didn't care really before, but it's sort of hard. Like I get the stink eye. Cause I mean, my wife, we're married, you know what I mean? So like my money's her money, her money's my money. So when I, like we go to the store and I'm like, Oh, I need to buy all this shit. And then we need to ship it to Sweden. And she's like looking at me. Why? I'm like, well, we gave this did this giveaway on the podcast. Oh, you mean that fucking thing that you spend this amount of hours on and you don't, you know, don't get paid for? Yeah, that'd be the thing. So yeah. at shh, least now, shh, <laughs> shh. and like your brain's trying to put it together logically. You're like, she's absolutely right. And then like, like the 30k <laughs> power fist goes, no, <laughs> like you don't fucking think about that. <laughs> like you just do it. <laughs> you're just like, wait. Yeah. You're absolutely and, and I'm not like I said I, I I've said a million times like I love being married and I I love my wife and she's fully you know in the right so I get it it's not like I'm bitching about her nagging at me she's right but sometimes <laughs> I just like to do shit <laughs> sometimes I like to talk to over the internet with my boy and have the whole world hear it <laughs> maybe sometimes I just like to share conversations <laughs> with my friend and let the entire world hear sometimes it sometimes you gotta fucking send flaming hot Doritos to fucking Eastern Europe or wherever the fuck like you know sometimes, sometimes you gotta send has- Swedish fish to Australia nobody knows why you do it <laughs> you just yeah. got to <laughs> we're, we're sending Swedish fish candy to Sweden which is hilarious that they don't have it there <laughs> It's not good. They suck. I already told them these things suck, but I can't resist sending Swede- Swedish people Swedish fish candy. They're going to so. love it. Just just like no. the the Switzerland uh the Switzerland wine or whatever. The Swiss wine. Yeah. I'm looking, <laughs> I want to try that one day. So. So anyway, yeah, those are the shout-outs we wanted to give. I'm glad we had that conversation. That was such that conversation made me so happy to have such a positive conversation because well, like now people know now people guys if you if you're listening right now and you like for some reason you're a listener and you are also not a facebook uh liker like if you're not on our facebook go do it so you get a chance to win these bags 
Like, if you need me to create you a fake Facebook profile so I can get you entered in, let me know. I will. I'll give you a burner email and all that stuff, and we'll get you. We'll get you a Facebook profile. It's fun. Like, our Facebook page is fun anyway. I mean, just the whole fa- like. It's not just our page. It's like the Eye of Horus guys have a, a rocking page. Um, the Varangian guys post stuff all the time. Miles David post stuff all the time. David Brains from 30. Like all these guys that we're always talking about are all super active on Facebook. They all have pages. Uh, there's lots of networking going on. There's, you know, uh, everybody's, you know, friendly with one another. We all get along and shit. And we're always posting shit on each other's page there's always people posting jokes memes fucking michael he made that damn hitler video meme i literally have watched that thing like six or seven times and fucking die laughing and i'll like tell my like me and my friends had like a huge conversation like what's your favorite part i love when he says my favorite part is when he's fucking bitching about not having sisters and the guy's like we'll just at lunchtime spray some with richard <laughs> gold right before <laughs> How meta was that? And he's like, like, how, like that's not how you're that's not how you become a closer. <laughs> <laughs> fucking funny. I was fucking dying. And uh me and Tim from my horse were laughing about it. Tim was like, uh I forget what his fucking his is like surely the surely they didn't mean for him to have an eighteen inch D Nova <laughs> or whatever it is. That's insane. <laughs> it's so funny. Uh I don't know. It's just really good. It's really, really fucking good. Oh, when he says uh, the subtle part that almost everybody likes is anybody who's playing Space Wolves. That's my favorite part. Custodes, yeah. Anybody who's playing Space Wolves, Sisters, or Custodes leave. And literally, like, there's like 50 people in the room and everybody leaves but three people. <laughs> That's so good. I was thinking, there's so oh many Custodes God. players now that it's like, like in my. <laughs> Because, like, I had to type in, like, I had to type in, like, each little, like, section. Like, I had to, like, type in, okay, uh, th- he'll say this here, he'll say this here. And, like, I was, like, filling it all out. And then, like, I'm, like, what could he say to make all these people leave? And I was, like, <laughs> like, I was, originally I was going to make him say, like, would all the Custodes players please leave the room and, like, just have all those people leave? Uh-huh. And then it was, like, I had, like, his voice, his mouth to, like, so-and-so, so-and-so, and so-and-so. I was, like, okay, I'll do Custodes, Space Wolves, and Sisters of Battle. Like, like so good i love that it's probably one of my your my fucking favorite things that you've ever created and you've created a lot of good ones but that's <laughs> definitely up there so yeah guys if, if you don't like even if you don't like this podcast <laughs> just uh i put up a lot of memes i'm real real quick with the yeah. memes and i'm real meta with the memes too i was super happy about that sanguinous revive thing because that's a meme right now where <laughs> they put revive on everybody so Oh, see, I didn't even know that because I'm a Luddite and don't do computer stuff, but I still thought it was funny. <laughs> so, hey, before I go any further in this conversation, are Sisters of Battle on 25 or 32 millimeter bases? Isn't all power armor 32? I don't know, dude. Okay. They I'm tell you to use my... whatever fuck base you want to use, so use whatever base you want to use. I think I'm gonna go what do they come with in the Prospero box? Do you know? Well, it's mixed in. I, I got all. I didn't. I I got all my. Well, if it's mixed like, in, second. If hand. it's mixed in, everything in that box goes on thirty twos or forties. So if there's any twenty fives in there, it means you're supposed to put sisters on twenty fives. Yeah. Well, all my like, you you remember when I was going through the whole like, I'll take your sisters. I'll take your sisters. Well, nobody gave me bases. 
Well, know. you know what I'm saying, though, right? I can look. Yeah. My box is right there. You want me to look? No, don't waste your time. Somebody will tell me. I just okay. won't glue bases on until somebody sends me a message on Facebook after listening if, to if this. You, if you just look at a Prospero box, if there's just 40s and 32s oh, in there, it means they go on 32s. If you look in there and there's any 20, if there's 10, 25, or 5, is it 5, you get 5? Yeah, if there's 5 25 millimeter bases in there, they're the only things in that box that would be on 25s. Because it's just Armin, Armin, Bjorn, 30 power armored guys. They're on 32. Okay. There you go. Boom. Problem solved. Okay. Okay. All right. So we did all that. Did the shout out for Sean. Did the shout out for the Patreon subscribers. Did a shout out for. It's Titan Guard time. It's it is unless you want to go into hobby progress. Unless you want to talk about hobby hobby progress. Yeah, hobby progress. Yes. So. All of my Blackfield Black Shield infantry is done. It's all done. Okay. No more Blackfield Black Blackfield. Why can't I talk? It's probably because my butthole's itching. My brain is constantly half thinking about that. <laughs> but anyway, uh, so my Black Shield's infantry is done. <laughs> Fucking Michael's laughing at me about my itchy butthole for some reason. What do you got? I can't see. It's fuck pixelated. Looks like some Atari thirty two hundred shit. What is it? Oh, never mind. I'll send you Expl- a picture. I'll send okay. You a picture. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah. So anyway, the uh, he's fucking distracted me here. You're being very distracting, sir. <laughs> so I got all the infantry for my black shields done. Uh, I've started on the vehicles. I've also built my display board. It's 100% built. Um, I got my acrylic rod in to make like uh my uh, plane, like, flying over it and all that shit. I think I sent Michael pictures of that. I think it's pretty rad. Uh, Michael sent me a picture that he's giggling about, so there must be something pretty funny in here. Let's look. What's funny about this? <laughs> oh. Sorry. Okay. He gave the guy a little stubby arm. He's put a Terminator arm on a Contemptor torso and thinks that it's about 30 times funnier than it actually is, which makes it even funnier. So... Um, (laughs) so uh that's really it so just hard at work on vehicles got all the infantry done and working on my uh display board at the same time uh that's really it i can't think of anything else have you i've sent you tons of pictures uh so i'm trying to think if there was anything else i sent you pictures of that's done i will be uh, hopefully not 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 after this show, but probably before before the next show releases, I'm going to be playing a Zone Mortalis game with my Black Shields for the uh, um, Second War of uh, Golic campaign, uh, the global campaign. So if you want to see more Black Shield uh, footage and battle report, small battle report type stuff, I'm going to be playing a Zone Mortalis game. I don't know who I'm playing against. I think I'll be playing against Night Lords, my buddy Nick with his Night Lords, but that may change. But I, I am going to try them in Zone Mortalis, which should be fun. Very cool, man. I'm glad you're so far along in your Black Shields, for sure. Well, they look fantastic. Well, we're down, down to three weeks. So I have... Ugh, don't remind me. got five... Five models to paint in three weeks, and they're all five of them have some work done to them already. So, 
but they they're taking longer than I thought they would to paint. So it's still I, I I'm still confident they'll be done. The display board's fuck gonna be a pain in the dick hole. I went a little overboard on the display board and made it too fucking big and over the top. So I don't know what I'm gonna do there. <laughs> That's that's the issue now. But worst case, I just won't have a display board. But I'm hoping to have it done because just it built. Um, I think it will look really cool when it is finished. So I hope I have enough time to finish it. Yep. I told Chris to make sure he used my display board in a mission to motivate me to do it. And I'm like, fuck. What did I do that? What did I say that? Why the fuck did I say that? I could have had another week if I didn't tell him to do that. But, oh, yeah, you saw the disastrous result. That was my first step in hydro dipping, so. I didn't see pictures, but you told me it didn't work because you did it wrong or whatever. Did you ever redo it? Did you ever try version two? No. I still, like, uh, on Tuesday, I'm supposed to get the, see, the problem is the hydro dip that I got was clear. Like, I didn't, like, I bought one from China, which is not a clear hydro dip. It's just, like, a straight this is the color it goes over that bam you're good to go well the one i got from from america it's a clear hydro dip so whatever color you have that's a base coat like underneath it that's what shines through in certain pieces and certain spots and so i had to make sure it was white so i took some primer primed it white got it good to go and then whenever i dipped it i actually used the activator used everything sprayed it on did all that jazz and then it totally just fucking did not work solely because the primer underneath it activated, like re like became like wet again with the in the water. Yeah. Instead, because it's like primer, it's not like sealed or anything like that. So like all the like it's like the the hydro dip stuck in some parts, but other parts, the primer was like water underneath it, so it wouldn't stick. It couldn't stick mm. to the water. And so I was like, well, fuck. So that means I need to go buy white paint and paint these things white, but like have like enough, uh, like, because you know how like sometimes white spray paint gets really thick. So it's kind of like. You, what if you painted it? Could you paint it and then seal it with something like a clear coat? Yeah, I could do that too. That's probably that's the, what I would the, do. So I'm kind paint of like. And then seal it with. See, like I could do that today. But the people that I ordered from China, the original Hydro Dip, was like the original marble look I wanted. It was the original, like, I don't have to paint it. I could dip them bare, and it will completely cover them painted. Like, it'll, like, completely do everything. And it's just, like, I have the right activator for it. Like, I have everything. Like, they, like, UPS fucked it up the first time, but they knew that UPS fucked it up. So what they ended up doing was they sent it expedited UPS. So it's going to be here Tuesday. So I could like dip it today. Like probably I could just hunker down and get all four tiles done today if I wanted to. But I think what I'm going to do is I'm just going to wait till Tuesday till the till my actual like I I have to at least see the other version of the hydro dip before I decide what I'm going to do. So I'm going to wait till Tuesday to do anything. So it means I'm pushing it, but hopefully, like, that other version comes in, and I'm just like, I fall in love, like, oh, I'm so fucking glad I waited for this, and then just bust it out, bust it out, hydro dip. So, we'll see. I'm kind of pushing the pushing the envelope on it, but I work pretty good under pressure anyway, so. 
But <laughs> as far as hobby progress goes, like I've ever since I got those legs, man, I've just been finding like dreadnoughts and putting these legs on dreadnoughts. So <laughs> I keep seeing you keep showing me all these pictures of. Look at this dreadnought with legs. Look at this. I put a Terminator torso on these legs. <laughs> I put a knight torso on these legs. I got these legs on these legs. I made four-legged something. That's <laughs> pretty funny. <laughs> so, yeah. So, like, Blood and Skulls Industries is selling these Contemptor Quartus legs now, which, like, he did such a good job of casting them. Like, they they look so good. They're Like, everything he does is, like, super good. And so, like, he, he sends this kit that... I told him that if he sends in, uh, like, if he, like, I'll t I told him I'll take pictures of my, my dreadnoughts, of course. And so I popped some pictures off. Those are the ones you saw on the Facebook. But he also made an adapter that connects up to Castaferum chassis. Like, he made that. Like, I had no intention of, like, disconnecting. Because I thought yeah. it would look weird. I was like, that would look fucking weird. But he made this little piece, right, that connects up to yep. the uh, to the Castaferum bottoms. And I just so happened to have box dread, a box dread line around box dread. Yeah, <laughs> I just so happened to have a box dread like unassembled, and I was like, "Well, fuck it, I'll put this box dread together." I put together like a little chaplain box dread, and put those legs on it. And I mean, I didn't hate it. I didn't like it. I still put them on his normal legs, but um, apparently, like people really like the look of a castaferum on like full contemptor legs, so. It'll look bad. I think, I think arms, I like the look of it. I just think the arms need extended. Like, I think it was, was it Tom from uh, uh, Geno 5-2 that said that too, yeah. I think? Yeah. Yeah, you'll I both agree that I think the arms Tom from need Gino. to be extended. Yeah, if you extended the arms on that, uh, like made a cut and extended it from the shoulder to the elbow and then made another cut and made the wrist slightly longer, I think it would look really good. Like really, really good. Super boxed. Um, it looks okay. I sent you that. That reminded me when you showed me that it looks just like that fucking uh, cyborg justice video game. Like if you buy, there's different legs because you can swap all the torsos, legs, and arms, and all that shit in that game. There was like three. I think it was torso, arms, and legs. And there was like, I can't remember, like eight different, maybe less than that combinations. And you could swap them. And then when you play the game, it's like a side-scrolling, like, uh, Streets of Rage type game, like for <laughs> Sega. But you you could beat up other robots, and when they were dazed, you could grab them and rip their arms off, or rip their torsos off, or rip their legs off. And then you could install their legs. Like, you could change a robot during the course of the game by just ripping their arm off and swapping it for your arm. Or use the arm you ripped off them as a, as a weapon. And the same thing with, like, torsos and legs and stuff. So anyway, it reminded me because you like kept building all these fucking robots with all these different legs, and like, look at this torso, look at this, and it reminded me of that Cyborg Justice game. That's why I sent you that game cover. And then everybody was like, "I've never fucking heard of this game before." Ryan's the only weirdo that ever played this game. <laughs> nope, I have never heard of Cyborg Justice. <laughs> like, I want a shirt of Cyborg Justice because I feel like it'd be like one of those cool like replace all the. Uh, replace all the cyborgs with just a bunch of dreadnoughts, but just like 16 bit yeah. style, you know, it'd be fucking cool as shit. Yeah. We talked about doing that for like something, but anyway, that would be cool. So, so yeah, I've been hurt. Oh, Kurt. 
But yeah, dude, I've been putting together all these dreadnoughts, and I have Sisters of Silence for my older sister that I need to put together, that I've been putting together. I've got 25 of them. I've been trying to figure out what I'm going to use for grenade launchers for them. Uh, I got some squats in, and I ordered some more squats right before this podcast that you talked me into. Um, that's just Which ones are you project. going with? I don't know. I got to see the other ones. Like I probably like, these are just like I just order stuff to have it. Like I don't really like at some point like, I doubt <laughs> I'll use these things. You should probably. I think you could use those those guys as your three plus or use. I don't know. Are you going to do all grenadiers? Are you going to do a full army of grenadiers? Or are you going to do some guys that are four like some guys that are normal militia guys, which would be a four up save, and then all some grenadiers. guys that are three. All grenadiers. Hmm. Well, those ones that you just ordered, the ones on like the full power armor suit i think they look pretty fucking cool yeah i i actually prefer those over to these cyborg guys you know i'll probably just give these away i really don't i'll figure something out to do with these guys i don't i mean they're cool i like them they're just too big like they're not they're not squatty to me like they are much bigger than space marines i guess because they're 32 millimeter i think is what you said Ski is a slightly larger scale. If you get the the ski or sky or ski whatever the hell the fuck you say it, like actual marine models, they're quite a bit bigger than space marine. Yeah, so these dudes are like way bigger than than what I thought they were gonna be. They're cool. I mean, they came from College Station. There's some dude in College Station that like sells all these models on eBay, and he just has them in stock. Like he has every fucking third party model you can think of, and he's a College Station. He's on eBay, so I order it from him. He priority ships it, and it comes to me in a day. So like. I ordered them and they were in with like next day I had them because I ordered them in the morning and I was like, Oh, well, here they are. I was like, yeah, they're too big. Oh, well, the the <laughs> ones that Michael ordered today, if ever somebody else is looking for different types of squat models for whatever reason, if you're one of the five or six people that like squats, no, dude, um, there, there is a huge fucking, like it is, it is could be like so many people uh, yeah, okay. are building squats armies right now. Don't you put okay, us in a well, whatever. Don't you put us in the corner. I'm I'm not I'm what I'm not hating. I think it's neat. Uh, I'm not hating. Uh, I sent him to Hassle Free Miniatures. Hassle there's a company called Hassle Free Miniatures out of the UK. I believe they're in the UK. Um, they make these guys called the Grin. I believe it's G R Y N N. I think's how you say, uh, spell it. But anyway, if you go there, you'll find them on their website. It's in their like sci-fi section, but they're like futuristic space dwarfs they're basically the squats and they have some really cool stuff and they have like uh ones that are supposed to be like in light scout armor ones that are like in a little bit heavier armor almost like carapace armor and then they have like full-blown like terminator slash power armor like full like armored suit with a helmet and everything plus they sell like weapon upgrade kits and all that pretty neat yep Yep, that's uh. So I ordered the power armor dudes. I ordered ten of the power armor guys just to see what they look like, and if they look good, man, I'm gonna be putting, making an army of them. Cool. <sighs> putting them in Proteus, survivors of the Dark Age, little baby space marines. <laughs> <laughs> just imagine that Proteus door dropping, and then, oh my god! And like the dust settles, and there's this little baby space marines running out of it. Like, what the fuck are those? <laughs> Oh God, they're so fast. <laughs> so, so yeah, that's what I got. Uh, that's what I've been working on. 
it's all here in front of me. Uh, to like, I gotta finish this Warlord by tonight, so that's gonna be something that I'll be knocking out later on. So, just getting his base done. There's a we have a thing. It's funny because I was talking to Josh yesterday, and there is a, we have a Victoria Art League, and they every it, it's they do what's called a fifty fifty thing, and it's like every week they have a new art installation up which is insane to have that many art installations and everything like that. Uh, but this girl, Ingra, that runs it, she's actually, she wanted us to put up an installation of just like a bunch of Warhammer models because she yep. felt that it was like, you know, there's some art to it. And so what we ended up doing is we had Samson with a black label painting. We had him record himself painting a um, uh, an Ordinatus airbrushing yep. and ordinatus so there's a video that's going to loop of how all the steps he went through to go like assemble this ordinatus and paint this ordinatus up and, you know he's a fucking great painter already so we're right. going to have an airbrush booth set up so they can see like what the setup is they're going to have that video playing and then they're going to have like a bunch of painted models so they can see and what's crazy is josh is going to have janice there who scattershot painting chris birch painted then it's going to have uh uh Zach's Warlord Titan there, which Samson painted, and then it's gonna have my Warlord Titan there, which is on its base all fucked up. But there's gonna be people all over the base, and right. so I'm just like, you know, these people who are gonna walk in and they're gonna not know what Warhammer is or anything like that, and they might be interested in Warhammer, and they're gonna just like walk in and they're gonna be like, oh, look at these nicely painted models. I think I want to get into it. What is that model? Oh, it's a Warlord Titan, and three people in town have a fucking Warlord Titan. Like, it's going to completely, like, <laughs> like just price it out the way. Like, it's like, like most yeah. people most people who play in the hobby haven't seen three Warlords in the same room. <laughs> like, let alone, like, just like, oh. Well, maybe if you guys have, like, a, an empty, like, calf box or something, it'd be kind of cool. I don't know if you guys have it available where you could just set the calf box up, like, where it shows the game or whatever, and then have a few... Of like, then have like an unpainted model standing next to a, a fully painted model, like in front of the box, to show like the transit, like that you get this, you know what I mean? Like to kind of show that aspect of it. I don't know if that would be something you think is cool or not, but uh, no, I think that's absolutely cool, and I'm not sure. Pretty, pretty mostly like, like, pretty is so good at what he does. Okay, <laughs> like, like if we had a a team manager. You know that new movie that's coming out with Adam Sandler and like Adam Sandler is like the manager and it looks like it's going to be really good and like he's like this that like he's like this guy that like makes sure everybody's on point, makes sure everything like all of his like well, talent isn't being abused for a, a giant like chain store. Me and Pretty were talking about uh leadership and management last night about a uh certain company that everybody's probably well aware of that fucks up quite a bit of things and how a little bit of leadership probably would help them out. We'll just leave it at that. Um, but anyway, yeah, we, we had this discussion last night. So, so that's pretty, that's, we, like, we, we all have our talents and, uh, pretty is like absolutely like the project manager of our group. And honestly, like, like it, he does like Excel spreadsheets and shit like that to keep stuff in check. And then like 
he'll send you a message like, hey, did you get this done? You're like, fuck, no, I didn't. I, I, didn't, I forgot I was supposed to be doing that. And then you're just like, okay, cool, I'll get it done. So like pretty, it's like, like it was so funny because he sent a message the other day and it was like, these are the things that we need for this art show. Uh, who can get like this and that and that? And like he knew that we had, like we had all talked before, like we all had this stuff, but he was just verifying that we had it and nobody responded to him. We went to like another conversation because we're like, fucking dogs with squirrels around us like we just the conversation doesn't stop <laughs> and then he just like followed up he's like just sending a follow-up because i didn't get a response last time who has this and we're like oh yeah okay yeah, i got this and like we got it like we just like oh yeah like we we knew we had it we just like pretty just needed to make sure like he had to project manage and we're like dude if we did not have him we would be fucking up everything <laughs> like we just like be fucking up chris dude i love you man you fucking keep us in check man we would not be doing half the shit that we do if there wasn't for pretty. So well, you got every team has to have a every team has to have a squirrel herder. <laughs> That's exactly what pretty is, man. We are a bunch of fucking squirrels. So anyway, uh, so yeah, that's hobby progress, man. That's what I got to do today. That's what I've been working on. I'm pretty happy with it. I love my hobby. Assembled this eidolon. I'm not gonna paint up any of that. So let's talk about Titan Guard, dude. Let's go into Inferno, Book Seven, Mechanicum stuff. Let's let's rock and roll. Let's get into that because we still got what one, let's two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, eight lists to go over and all that jazz. We're about yep. an hour and thirty five yep. minutes in. It's gonna be a long one, boys. Yeah. Well, well, well. It is what it is. We'll go through this fairly quick. Um, just to put it out there, just so you know, uh, Tim from Eye of Horus, and I think it was Brendan Hickey was on as a guest. They've already went over all this crap. So I'm just going to kind of just quickly read through it, give my thoughts and move on from book seven, get that shit out of my life. So <laughs> if you want a more detailed analysis from two uh, mecha- actual Mechanicum players, uh, go check that out on Eye of Horus. I don't think it's the latest episode. I think it's the one before you can find it. It'll, it'll say, it's the one with Brendan on it. So I think it says in their show notes, or you can message uh, Tim from I've Horus and he'll tell you. It's a fucking you. great episode, dude. Brendan Hickey, man, like, cause they're both Mechanicum players and they both like, there's a lot of things Mechanicum wise that I just don't think about just because I don't play any Mechanicum units or anything like that. But that episode, like, like Brendan would stop at some points and be like, Oh, for y'all that don't know this happens. And like, he like explains things. And so it, it's a really good episode, like Mechanicum wise to listen to and kind of hear the breakdown on uh on how they work and what they they'll do and he he does explain a lot of like a lot on there like some of the powerhouse things you can do with some of the newer mechanicum units and some of the like existing mechanicum units and they, they both kind of like break down it's like yeah this is where they're really good and but it's i don't know it's just something really like if you listen to if you're a mechanicum player and you don't already listen to Eye of Horus, which I'm pretty sure if you listen to us, you listen to them, then definitely go check out the that Eye of Horus episode, and uh, you'll get a lot of information out of it. It's it, it was a good episode. I really enjoyed it. So, yep. Sorry for. No, that's fine. That's interrupting. What, uh, it's good. No, you didn't interrupt me. You just added to what I said. We're good to go. Um, so first off, these guys are like a new. Mechanicum faction, sort of. So you have, um, if you know, if you play Mechanicum or played against them or know anything about them, there's basically three different Mechanicum lists. You have the Tagmata list, 
which is kind of a mix of all different levels of the different sub factions of the Mechanicum. Then you have the Ordo Cyber or the Cybernetica part of uh, Mechanicum, which is you can take a lot of the other stuff, but the list is slightly different. There are some units you can't take and some war gear you don't have access to and things like that. And it puts some different restrictions in there, but you get some benefits and it's mainly to run uh, the automata. Like if you like the bigger robots and you like the monstrous creatures and that's what you're really into, you probably want to do like a cybernetica style army. And then lastly, you have a reductor, which reductor is more, they have a totally different uh, force organization chart. Their Arch Magos is slightly different, and they have, like, it really changes around, like, what units you take and what you have to take to unlock whatever. And their, their big thing is if you like, like, Thalax and tanks, uh, Reductor is more like their tank. Like, they focus in on that aspect of it. So, with bearing that in mind, these uh, Secutarii are actually even different than that. They're, like, supposed to be guys that guard uh, Titans. So, the way they work is if you have a... Uh, secretary units may be included in a Tagmata Omnisaya army list uh, and its Ordo Reductor variant. So if you you can only include them in a Tagmata or Reductor. You cannot put them in Cybernetica. Then on top of that, unless the detachment they are part of includes a Titan of any classification, they may not be used to fill compulsory troop slots. So you, they're still troops. They're always troops but they're going to have like basically the support rule unless you also have a Titan in your list. So if you put a Titan as your Lord of War, you can just start taking them as compulsory troops. If you don't have a Titan as your Lord of War, then you'll have to take whatever other two compulsory troops you want, and then you can spend your other four slots to take these guys. That's how that works. So uh, the Secutarii, uh, they're the guardians of the god machines of the Legio Titanicus. Uh, when any unit with this special rule is with, or, so this is the Titan Guard rule. When any unit with this special rule is within 24 inches of an I Titan of any type, they may re-roll failed morale checks and feel no pain rolls, which is pretty big because there's a lot of ways to get these guys feel no pain. So re-rolling morale and feel no pain is obviously uh, pretty powerful. They got this thing called uh, Secutarii Hazard Protocols. So basically, if you play 40k Mechanicus, you'll be very familiar with this, this mechanic. So basically, um, so at any so at the beginning of your turn, um, you can essentially increase your ballistic skill by one and make snapshots of ballistic skill two. However, when you do it. Uh, you may not make run moves, and your weapon skill and, and initiative are reduced by minus one. And the effect lasts till the start of the controlling player's next turn. So basically on your turn, you can decide to boost their ballistic skill and snap firing capability, but you're going to lower their weapon skill initiative and the ability to run and all that. But because they're a shooting unit, not a close combat unit, for the most part, it's like a, a no-brainer to do that most of the time. Um... The next thing they have access to is the Chiroptopratris uh, field. Chiroptopratris? I don't know. Um, I'm not going to pretend I know how to pronounce that. So, as long as a unit containing at least five models equipped with uh, this field generator is in a unit, uh, all models in the unit may re-roll failed armor saves of a one. In addition, if the unit contains at least ten models... 
uh, the sh- then shooting attacks against that unit are decreased uh, by one strength. So basically, if they're ten or more models, they have like the Iron Hands um, Legion trait, basically. And then if they're uh, on top of being able to reroll armor- failed armor saves of a one, once they get below ten models, they only get to reroll armor saves of a one. Then once they get below five, they don't get anything. Um, then they have another piece of war gear that you can buy for both of these units. I think it's only 10 points. It's called the Omni Specs. It's the same as the 40K equivalent one. Uh, if a unit has at least one Omni Specs in it, cover saves made against attacks by that unit uh, are at a minus one modifier. So you can lower the cover saves. Um, real quick, we'll go through their weapons. They don't have that many. So they have a thing called an Arc Pistol available to them. It's range 12 inches. Strength 6, AP 5, Pistol, Haywire. Um, then they have a thing called an Arc Rifle, which in here, this is probably a typo, uh, slash, misprint, whatever. There's a bunch of them in this book. Uh, it's a kind of a big issue. We'll get to that after I go over these guys. Um, the Arc Rifle in here is Range 12, Strength 6, AP 5, Rapid Fire, Haywire but I'm guessing that it's really supposed to be 24 inches. It's supposed to be like the, or 30 or whatever it is. The It's supposed to be like the 40K one, but I don't know. Forge World will have to uh, fix that. Um, then there's a Radium Pistol, which is range 12, strength 3, uh, AP5 Pistol, Rad Poisoning. So the way Rad Poisoning works is on a roll of a wound to 6, like when you're rolling to wound with the weapon, if you roll a 6 to wound, it causes two wounds on the target unit, regardless of the toughness. So if you shot somebody with three rad fade shots and you roll three dice to wound and you got like a two and two sixes, even though you only would normally wound twice, those are going to double to two wounds each. So you would wound four times. So it's a pretty good rule. Um, The next weapon they can get is a radium carbine, which is the rifle version of that. It's range 18. Uh, strength 3, AP 5, Assault 3, with that same rad poisoning rule. So you're getting three shots that have chances on rolls of sixes to double to lots of wounds. Um, then they have a close combat weapon called an Arc Maul. So an Arc Maul is essentially a power maul, so it's plus 2 strength AP 4 uh, with concussive, just like anything else, but this one also has Haywire. Um, and then they have these things called uh, Shatter Sphere Grenade. So Shatter Sphere Grenade is strength 8 when you throw it, it's strength eight, uh, or sorry, range eight, strength four, AP five, assault one, blast three inches, pinning, rad poisoning. So it's the same thing on a roll of six to wound, it doubles. Um, they got a thing called a galvanic caster. So the galvanic caster is basically a grenade launcher that uh, one of these units get. So it has three different types of rounds for it. So there's a flechette. Buster round, which is range 24, strength 2, AP dash, salvo 2-4 with shred. So the thing that's important to know, I haven't got there yet, but all these guys have relentless, so it's essentially always going to be shooting four times at 24 inches with shred. So even though it's only strength 2, if you had a 20-man unit of these guys, it's 80 strength 2 shots with shred. It's pretty brutal. Um, Then there's the Ignis Blaze round, which is range 18, heavy 1, uh, strength 3, AP 5, uh, Parabolic Shot, which is basically 
you just shoot over objects, so you don't really need line of sight. So if there was a building or something in the way, you just ignore it. You shoot over the top of it. Uh, Three-inch blast with blind. So that's pretty good. And then the last one, which is the one that um, is pretty scary, is the kinetic hammer shot. It's range 30 inches, strength 4, AP 3, heavy 1, rending. So that's super fucking brutal, especially on a bunch of uh, relentless dudes that you can take in a huge squad. Um, then they have a thing called a, an arc lance. Uh, an arc lance is it's a melee and a shooting weapon. So in melee, it's plus one strength, AP four, uh, melee concussive haywire. And then the shooting attack version of it is range 12, 12 strength five, AP five. AP5, Assault 1, Haywire, so even more Haywire in the army. And then the very last thing they get is a Mag Inverter Shield. So a Mag Inverter Shield provides the bearer with a 5-plus invulnerable save. In addition, they count as being armed with defensive grenades when charged. So that's like the war gear. Like, not everybody's going to have all that shit. Obviously, I was reading through the war gear, so when we get to the units, you guys uh, know what I'm talking about. So we'll go over... The first unit is... Uh, the Peltast Phalanx. So for 10 guys, they're only 120 points, so 12 points a model base. And then you can buy up to 10 more for 12 points a guy, so they're always going to be 12 points. Um, they are Weapon Skill 3, Ballistic Skill 4, Strength 3, Tough 4, 1 Wound, Initiative 3, uh, 1 Attack, Leadership 8, 4 Plus Save, and then they have a Sergeant. The sergeant is the exact same stat line, but he, he's two wounds with an extra attack and an extra leadership. So he's got two wounds, two attacks, nine leadership. Um, so they're infantry. They have a galvanic caster with the flechette and ignis blaze rounds. So those are the first two rounds we went over with the grenade launcher. So the one that shoots four times a shred and the other one that can shoot over objects uh, with blast and blind. And then um, then they have the chiropteric uh, field generator. So that's the thing that uh, we talked about that lets them... Uh... Damn it, now I forgot. See? Mechanica, man. They got all these rules. Um, that's the thing that gives them... A, but uh, it gets better with the more guys in the unit. It's the one that if you have uh, five models... They get to reroll failed armor saves of a one, and if you have ten or more models, you get that plus reducing the strength of shooting. Um, so pretty good. It means you want to take a big squad if you can. And then they have a secretary war plate, which is what gives them their four up save. For special rules, they have the uh, hazard protocols, which is the um, thing that allows them to reduce their. Uh, close combat stats to increase their shooting so they can go up to BS5. Um, they have Titan Guard, which is the thing that allows them to reroll, feel no pain and all that against Titans, or not against Titans, while within range of a friendly Titan. They have the feel no pain 6 plus rule. They have Relentless, so the whole squad's Relentless, and they have Blind Barrage. So what Blind Barrage does is, so long as the unit contains at least five models equipped with Galvanic Casters, once per game, the unit's controlling player may declare the use of a blind barrage by the unit instead of that unit firing its weapons in the shooting phase. 
In this case, select a friendly unit within 18 inches and within line of sight of the Peltast unit. That friendly unit gains the shrouded special rule until the beginning of the controlling player's player turn. So essentially you're shooting smoke grenades to shroud it. Super heavy units may not be shrouded unless two secretary units successfully use their blind barrage ability to conceal it. So you can give a Titan shrouded if you had two units of at least five of these guys. Which is kind of interesting, which kind of, you know, obviously it fits their fluff of what they're for. So some options here. So for 135 points, they can take a Triaros. Um, then, like I said, they can take t up to 10 additional guys for 12 points a guy. The entire unit may be upgraded uh, to, their, uh, to the Kinetic Hammer Shop for only three points a model. So <laughs> for 15 <laughs> points a guy, you get that crazy Strength 4, AP3, Range 30, Rending Gun on a Relentless oh, yeah. model. All day. Seems fair. Um, All day. If you're a mechanical player, just take that. Yeah. So, uh, if this option's taken, then all models in the unit must be upgraded. Any model in the squad may exchange the galvanic caster for a radium carbine for free. So that's the three-shot assault weapon that does a bunch of extra wounds. Um, it's okay. I think the grenade launcher is probably better, but you know, if somebody wants to uh, make the unit a little more palatable to other players, that might be a good option. Um, then any model in the squad may exchange their galvanic caster for an arc rifle. It's pretty blurry. Do you know if that's 10 or 20 points each? I do not. I think it's 20. I don't know. I'm not that worried about it. Basically... If you give these guys arc rifles, the whole unit, like just a unit of ten guys with arc rifles, that's going with rapid in rapid fire ranges. It's going to be twenty haywire shots. That's going to kill fucking any thing in the game that's not immune to haywire. So mm -hmm. you could put those fucking guys in an Arvis lighter or in a Triaros and just drive up and get out and kill any vehicle in the game you want. Oh, that'd be fucking ridiculous. I'll just I state it right now. I don't like that. Um, not a fan. Uh, I don't know why this option's needed in 30k. This is more in the realm of 40k bullshit to me, but it is what it is. Uh, um, so it's out there if you want to be that guy, I guess. Uh, hopefully Haywire changes in the next edition, and I think it would be better for the game, but that's, that's just my opinion. Uh, the sergeant in the unit can take a radium pistol uh, for five points. He can take an arc pistol... Once again, it's blurry. It's either 10 or 20 points. Uh, a Volkite Serpenta for five points. The Peltas Alpha may exchange their Galvanic Caster uh, for free uh, uh, to get an Arc Maul or a Power Weapon. And the Peltas Alpha equipped with can be equipped with any of the following. He can take a Refractor Field, um, Omni Specs. Oh, so all these upgrades that I was saying 10 or 20, it looks like they are 10 points. So they can take a refractor field for 10 points, an omnispecs for 10 points, shatter sphere grenades for 5 points, augury scanner for 5 points. So although those guys would be 22 points apiece to make them haywire, a whole unit of 10 is still only 220 points. I mean, to shoot 20 haywire shots at BS5. Um, I don't know. I, I don't... 
it's one of those things I don't really know that you can even put a points cost on it. I just think you should not make rules like that. <laughs> but whatever. So well, yeah, but the, I mean, they're, they're also they're not like I think uh, uh, Tim and Michael probably put it the best way, and probably Michael especially. Uh, he said that you know you always think about those units like at full strength. You know how they're going to do in like a vacuum that they're going to do pretty well at like full strength. But I mean, you still got to get those guys into position. Arvis lighter, man, like that's, that is going to be, yeah, it's real hard. It's real hard to deep strike an Arvis lighter within 15 inches of something to rapid fire. That's not hard at all, sir. That's my issue. You're going to also with a 30 inch, 30 inch. If it is 30 inch range, which I think they, they are, um, Uh you can just buy them a Triaros move six, get out six, and then shoot 30 inches with 20 haywire shots anyway. That's fucking point click. I don't care what anybody says. That takes no fucking brains, no fucking thought, no fucking tactics. It's lame as fuck. That's just poor rules writing. How would you play against it? You just kind of take it? Just accept it? Take it? Just accept the fact that it's going to happen to you? If you play a list, it's... If you play a... It's one of those things, like, if you're playing a vehicle, like, it sucks for people that want to bring a Fellblade or want to bring a Spartan or something like that and have points invested in something like that. Um, Because it's like, why did I even bother? Like, it just gets erased. It's like, why even roll the dice? Um, Against more of, like, if you just have, like, an army that's just, like, dudes in rhinos or whatever, they have to shoot all 20 of those fucking haywire shots at, um, like, a rhino or something like that. So like the way I build lists, it does. I don't necessarily care, but I, I guess I feel for the guy that spent hundred and fucking five pounds or whatever it is on a Spartan and painted it up and spent a bunch of time in it, so somebody can take some bullshit forty k plastic kit and shoot it off the board on turn one with zero tactics or thought put into it. Ouch. Mm-mm. So. But whatever, it is what it is. That's once again, these are opinions, people. If you like these guys, like them. I don't care. Um, so, uh, yeah, there's that. So, like you said, it, it's one of those things. Like I just would accept the fact. Like I don't typically play armies. Like if they want to kill my 110 point predator with their 300 point haywire unit, that's fine. I guess. Um, it's just when you look at other stuff uh, in the game, I just don't feel like it's super balanced. Like if you look at a Spartan with like a flare shield or whatever, like you have to really dedicate some strategy and points to take that out. Like people like, well, look, a lightning with Krakens will kill it. I'm like, yeah, but a lightning with Krakens is like 250 points has to start the game in reserve. Isn't a troop choice. Doesn't score only has that one specific role that it does and then doesn't do anything else. You know, these guys are, Strength six shooting, so they kill infantry. They fucking smoke tanks to do it all. They score, you know what I mean? Like, but yeah, I, I it is what it is. From. It's a very forty k unit, and it was designed for forty k. And then they just moved it over into thirty k. And not only did they move it over, see in forty k at least, mechanicus don't have transport options, so they're all fucking foot slogging. So while you get to shoot all these haywire shots somebody can still shoot you with thunderfire cannons or whatever, and you're standing out in the fucking open. So for whatever reason, they decided to move him over, give him Triaros, which is arguably one of the better transport in the game, and Arvis lighters and shit, 
and then give them even more special rules, but keep their points and work the same. So I, I don't, but I don't know. I just don't get it. I don't get it, but whatever. There's a lot about this book seven shit. I don't understand. Um, so the next unit is the hoplite phalanx guys. These are the guys with the shields and spears. Uh, so they have the exact same stats as the unit we just talked about. So the basic guys, web skill three, ballistic skill four, strength three, tough three, uh, one wound, initiative three, attacks one, leadership eight, uh, four plus armor save. And then the sergeant is identical to that with an extra wound, an extra attack, and an extra leadership. Uh, you get them 10 guys for 130 points, and then additional guys are 12 points a model uh, so that you're paying an extra 10 points for the original 10. Um, they come with the arc lance, which is that melee weapon that's hay- that's uh, it's haywire in melee. More haywire. Um, yeah, it's plus one strength, AP4, concussive haywire melee, and then the shooting profile on it is 12-inch range, strength 5, AP5, assault 1, haywire. Um, the catroptic field generator is exactly the thing that we just talked about. Um, and then the mag, they also on top of that have that mag inverter shield, which is the thing that gives them defensive grenades and, uh, plus five invulnerable save. So these guys are actually pretty defensive. They have a six plus feel no pain, a five plus invul, um, they can, if they're big enough, they're going to be minus one to shooting attacks against them, and then also rerolling failed armor saves of a one. And then if you're within a range of a titan, you'll get to reroll that feel no pain. And then you'll see there's another guy uh, that we haven't gotten to yet that's like a HQ character that can make their feel no pain save even better. Um, so these guys are also, uh, let's see, so they have the field generator, they have the tart titan shard armor. So these guys actually have a three plus. Oh, sorry, that's a different guy. So these guys just have the four plus armor save. They're also relentless. Uh, oops. Time to go Two to work. Clock. Time to go to work. So these guys can also take a triaros for 135 points. Uh, like I said, you can take an additional up to ten additional guys at 12 points a guy. Um, the sergeant in the unit may take a radium pistol for five points, an arc pistol for 10 points, a Volkite Serpenta for five points. He can exchange his lance for an arc maul or a power weapon for free. He can take an Omni Specs for 10 points. He can take Shatter Sphere grenades for five points. He can take an Augury Scanner for five points. So once again, these guys, you could, you know, it's just a bunch of haywire shit for cheap. So... There's that. Um, then the the Vulture X is also in here. The Vulture X is, is totally unchanged, except they clarified that the flare shield is 360 degrees. Everything else is exactly the same, except they did lower the toughness by one. So it's only tough six instead of tough seven. Um, but it's still only 175 points, still flying monster reacher, all that stuff. So the very last thing is these guys got an HQ character. Uh, so... It's weapon skill four, ballistic skill five, strength four, tough four, three wounds, initiative four, three attacks, leadership nine, three plus armor save. It's only 60 points. 
Um, comes with a refractor field, arc maul, radium pistol, chiopterous field generator, and the Titan shard armor, which is the thing that gives them a three-up save. Um, has the Sakari uh, hazard protocols, Secretary hazard protocols, the Titan guard rule, binary stratagems, which we'll get to in a minute, six plus feel no pain, stubborn, and precision shots. So the binary stratagems, this is where it gets really crazy because we just went through all these other guys' rules. If a detachment contains, so they just have to contain, it doesn't have to be joined to a unit or whatever, if the detachment contains at least one Secutarii, then all units in the detachment with the Secutarii hazard protocol special rule may be given one of the following bonuses. Note that only a single bonus may be given to the unit regardless of how many Secutarii Axiarchs are present in the detachment. So basically, before the game begins, it's almost like veteran skills. You just choose one of these for the units, and they get this on top of all their other shit, and you just have to include this guy. It doesn't have to be joined to him or anything. So you can increase their feel-no-pain to a 5+. plus. That's one of them. You can give them the move-through-cover special rule. That's the next one. Uh, you can give it to where results on the vehicle damage table inflicted by models are at a plus 1. So basically, Dynat special rule, but army-wide and not in the enemy's deployment zone. <laughs> Um, with all that haywire, so enjoy that. Um, that and then, it, um, haywire on a roll of a six inflicts a penetrating hit, which would allow you to roll on the vehicle damage table, which would make it okay. essentially two. Okay. I get you. I, I get it now. Okay, that makes sense. Um, then ex then the last one is the unit gains preferred enemy infantry special rule. So the also the Titan Shard armor um grants this guy the uh it will not die special rule. So he has it will not die. But then as far as war gear, um arc pistols five points, Volkite Serpentis free, uh Photon Gauntlet is five points, Archaeotech pistol is only five points, power weapon is free, corpus staff is free, power fist is only five points, arc lance and mag shield is fifteen points, uh you can make any ma any weapon mastercraft for only five points. You can give him an Omni Specs for ten points, a Shatter Sphere grenade for five points, an Argy Scanner for five points. So the only contention that's with this model is it says infantry type or unit type infantry character. He's not an independent character, so unless they FAQ that, he's not going to be able to join units. I can see it both ways where people want to say he's an independent character, which I don't I don't know, but. My th he's ex like buffs the army, in my opinion, to fairly extreme levels, and has really good stats and shit on his own already for only sixty points. Um, I don't think I would be whining either way. <laughs> I guess so. And all you have to do is contain the guy in the detachment, so it's not like it goes away when he dies or whatever. Literally, you gain those special rules just by including him. But I don't know. Forge World will have to FAQ that or say that it's right or whatever so that's it that's the extra mechanicum stuff so um um speaking speaking of faq dude the word on the street is and this actually came from a forge world chat uh they told that dude jesse on uh on the interwebs they said that they are gathering information right now like all the questions they're getting about book seven 
and they are putting together an FAQ currently. That's what they told him. So, sounds like an FAQ is on the way. Already. Well, that's good. Just for book seven, right? Uh, I don't know, or man. Maybe like, I feel like if they're working on any FAQ, then like maybe they're going to knock it out for both. I don't see why they wouldn't, but... Well, now that book seven's behind us, it's behind us. We can kind of talk about it overall. Um, not trying to be a hater, but I mean, this is honestly how I feel. And I mean, you can jump in here if you want. The rules, I don't agree with the power level of the rules. And I obviously think it's massive power creep went into that. But just even going beyond that, um, this is one of the sloppier books rules wise I think they've ever written. Would you agree with that? Yeah, it definitely felt rushed. Uh, I don't know what caused the the kind of the sloppiness on it, um, but it was definitely something I that's would like say, very... And I don't think it's exaggeration. I, I think if you counted the units in here, half the units in this book need FAQ'd. Yeah, there's, there's a good amount. I mean, and it's not like, when I say FAQ'd, I'm not saying like, they're overpowered or whatever. I mean, like literally there are fucking things that make no sense or are typos or there's war gear they have that doesn't really exist or the wording is messed up and nobody can understand it. That's right. what I mean by FAQ. Now there's, there's stuff that's like, like the, 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 what do you call it? The misery corda or whatever. And that, that there's a lot of examples of stuff that you're just like, what is this? Why does it say this like that? And it's just stuff that, like, it looks like maybe an editor, like, had a very limited amount of time to actually, like, look it over. Because, like, I mean, we, we already knew that they were in a crunch. I don't know. I mean, if, if I could find it on my first read-through, like, I literally, we don't even have the book. I just had the rules for an hour and found all that shit. So, I don't know. You're being easier on it than I am. I don't really think there's an excuse for it, especially a book that costs well over a hundred dollars. Well, well, remember it was delayed in the first place. It was delayed, so like I can only imagine that the the for whatever reason they were delaying it. I don't, I couldn't, I couldn't tell you what what caused the delay or anything like that. But I do know that if these guys who were part of the delay or were who had to deal with this delay, I'm pretty sure their bosses were on their ass. Like, hey guys, like this book needs to go out by early x and it, it needs to be on its way it needs to be at the doors and so like there's probably things and i bet you at one point somebody's like okay well i'll fucking i'll ship it out well, it's not ready but i'll fucking ship it out and that's probably exactly yeah. what happened like he was like i don't one know of those, it's you a, said you it's said a, we need to fucking ship it out i don't know and, so, and me and you talked a little bit before the show and i'm not trying to go super dark on it or whatever and we're gonna get cheery again when we get into all these emails but just real quick i can't wrap my brain and i've sat and pondered this this isn't like we talked about the beginning of the show i get wound up and emotional all that people should know this isn't coming from that like i've literally sat meditated on it pondered it on it thought about it looked at it from everybody's point of view and i cannot wrap my brain around the sentiment that it's the community's responsibility to fix some giant corporations fuck ups that literally just make one product. Like if you're Sony 
and you make movies and you make VCRs and you're making DVDs and you're making fucking headphones and you're making whatever. And one of your products comes out fucked up and it takes a little longer to fix it because you got all these irons in the fire. I get it. But when you're called games workshop, the word game is in your name and all you do is make one fucking board game. Essentially that's your job 40 hours a week. All your employees are focused on this game. It should not be the consumer who's paying money for a product that you created it responsibility to fix that for you. And my issue is they keep putting the shit out like that's fucking not play tested, broken, overpowered, or even if you think that that's bullshit, you cannot argue it's actual fact that it's fucked up from a mechanic standpoint to where some of this shit cannot be used properly without an FAQ. Like the Dreadnought Drop Pod, there literally isn't enough. They did not give you the rules to use that model. You have to. There's no way you can use that model without house ruling it. There's just It's just an incomplete set of rules for it. They literally just sold you, essentially, a toy that you have to write rules for. And I don't think there's any excuse for that. And I'm so tired of, I don't know if they're being apologists. I don't know if they're being shills. I don't know if they've just not sat and thought about it. But I can't stand when people tell me it's on the community or it's the community's fault. Like, all I did was buy the book, man. I'm the end user. It shouldn't be on me to fix a fucking product that I paid money for. I mean, what do you, I mean, what do you think? What are your thoughts on it? Uh, so here's the thing. And this is kind of the way that it, it could be like a, a scapegoat kind of answer that Games Workshop gives all the time. And I could just be following along with the rhetoric that they sell you. But it, it's always going to come down to Games Workshop and Forge World do not support like tournament play you know, or like, you know, these, these tournaments and all this stuff. So whenever they release these rules, they don't release the rules with the ideas that this is going to be a competitive game. They, they release the rules for it to be a fun game. So they release these rules with the expectation that the community is going to adjust those rules based on how they see fit to play. So like a lot of the things and a lot of the complaints that we have, it's like, we cannot play with this rule the way it is. It's like, well, you know, like they expect some sort of leeway because you're going to have a fun and friendly game that you'll play it with a more fun and friendly reasoning behind it. Like that you will determine how you want to make this rule because this is a game between you and your buddy. And so like at the end of the day, it's like, oh, well, that doesn't work out. Well, it doesn't really matter because this was a, you know, game of Monopoly that you're playing with your buddy and all this stuff. So whenever they make rules, it's not their priority to make sure that this is like tournament ready, like all this stuff or, you know, balanced and all this jazz. Like I know it sucks for us as like, you know, cause we play events and we play uh, different, uh, like we, we host things and we want to know, well, how should this be played? Because, but yeah, when you got people day, coming in from all over the world, like you live in Texas, I live in Indiana, mm-hmm. guys are coming in from Australia and Sweden, all this to play at Adepticon. The, it's not even about being, like I said, overpowered or whatever. Like I said, the Dreadnought Drop Pod, there aren't rules to play it. The rules that you are given, you can't play it with those rules. They don't work. It literally does not have a complete rule set. So every one of these people coming in 
when they play with that model, they may all have their own set of rules for it because we've all had to write house rules on how to handle it because the rules weren't given to us. But that, I mean, that's the thing. And like, I think exact, like, you know, that that's, that's how like games workshop, it seems like, or forge world sees that if you want to play at this level of, you know, tournament play or anything like that, then you're going to have to, but it's not even tournament. We're not talking tournament. Like, just to play a for fun game with like somebody like mm-hmm. even here in the game club, we literally just had to sit down as a club and I had to rewrite the dreadnought drop pod rules and say, this is the fuck how we're going to play it at this game club because everybody was playing it different and it kept causing arguments, not arguments of people like winning or whatever. People were just sick of talking about it and have to, before every game sit down and go, well, this is how I want to play it. And then their opponent going, well, I've only ever played it this way. Can we do it? It's fucking stupid. Like, I well, shouldn't that- have to sit and have an hour and a half conversation with somebody that's new just to discuss on the rules we want to use for our army. That's the whole point of having a centralized rule book with a standardized set of rules. So you don't have to do any of that. So you can just sit down and focus on having fun and having beers or whatever you do. Well, I mean, it... Like... Then don't have the hour and a half conversation. Like just play play with it as it comes up. You know, like what, is it going to ruin the game? That's the problem. Game? That happened. Yes, it does. I can. I wish I'd had video of what happened the other night here at the game club because two guys got into it over that. One guy just picked his models up and left because he was pissed. See, but that and he wasn't that really sound like a. That doesn't sound like a fun game to me. Like if if it's not. I'm, but it, but like, it all stemmed. It all stemmed from that dreadnought drop pod shit because they didn't have the rules and neither guy was in the wrong. And they weren't arguing with each other. The one guy just got so frustrated with having to fucking get the rule book out and look at all this bullshit just to figure out how this model, he got so frustrated with it that he just fucking left. But see, that that's the thing, though. Like, that's like, uh, that's, that is not the way that Games Workshop wants you to be playing these games. Like, like if you play a game of like, like, let's say Frisbee Golf, and something comes up that nobody knows, like, well, what happens if this happens in Frisbee golf? There's no rule for it. Like, you don't just, like, pick up and leave and go. It's like, you just, hey, is this cool if I do this? Yeah, that's fine. All right, let's move on. That's that's how they see it. They see it like a monopoly. They see, like, they see it like a, like, guess who? Like, oh, you know, this, like, we never... I don't know. I guess I just feel like we've paid money. We paid money for it. Like, I've paid money for it. Like, it's not, like, free. It's like this podcast, if we fuck something up or get something wrong, we've not charged you for it. Get over it. But I've paid money for this. This is your job. The word game is in the title of your company. And when you write the FAQs, they straight fucking said in the FAQ thing, we're going to send this to our rules team. So apparently they have a rules team. So if you have a rules team at your fucking company and you're called Games Workshop and you're charging money for rules, then... I don't think you can use that cop-out excuse. That's my thought. That's what I'm saying. It's not like there's some benevolent fucking organization of people that are like making a free product and sharing it with the world. That's what I'm saying. You can't charge someone money and have this giant corporate structure set up with the intent to sell people games and then not fucking write rules for your game. Yeah, you can't well, tell me it's not the community. That's the other problem is it's not like it's just me and you bitching about it. There's a giant fucking war on Facebook, and everybody wants the same thing. Like, everybody wants that to go away, and it's not like 
people think it's ruining. The, it's not ruining the community. Everybody, like, we're not arguing it from a tournament standpoint. Me and you just want to play fun narrative games and go to an event and meet new people like we just talked about. The problem is this bullshit is what gets in the way, especially being a fucking tournament organizer and having to answer all these questions because I have to sit and answer all these fucking FAQ questions because the company that I've paid all this money to can't get off their fucking ass and answer one set of emails that we sent to them to answer these questions. That's my issue. And I'm tired of saying people saying that it's on me to fix it. It's not on me to fix it. You're the game company. This is what you do. This is what your entire business model is built on. And to say that the rules don't matter and all that don't matter, well, how was Age of Sigmar doing before General's Handbook came out if rules don't matter? I mean, that should have put that fucking argument to bed right there. The argument's done, over. People spoke with their wallet. They don't want that. And all these people that are like, well, it's just fluff, it's just fun, it's just... Well, okay, that's fine, but what would a tight rule set hurt? Like, if the rule set was tight with no gray areas and everything was fucking FAQ'd and whatever, how would that affect fun narrative games? I don't think it would. It wouldn't. Exactly. So do it! Fuck, it's not like you can have one or the other. You can have fucking both. That's my problem with it. It's like, Jesus Christ, people. Like, how, like, how fucking hard is it? Like I said, I'm not a superhero. I fucking work a full-time job and do this podcast, spend time with my wife, do all this other shit, and I can sit down and in an hour find all these editing errors and pick your fucking game apart and point to all things that are extremely out of whack that I can back up with math and you guys don't think about this. It's like, like somebody said, it's literally like a group of four guys that play in their garage and then they just like scribble fucking shit down on a napkin like this is how we're going to play it and then sell that fucking napkin to people for a bunch of money, but then never look at it again, never revisit it, and don't understand that when you're talking in your little fucking small fishbowl group of five people that you may understand. Like, Alan Bly, when he plays a game and he plays with the Dreadnought Drop Pod, he knows how it works because he wrote the fucking rules for it. But no one else knows and he won't tell anyone. You can't charge money for that. That's what I'm saying. But anyway, well, it's it's one of those things, just like you said, man, people will talk with their wallets. I mean, if it comes to the point where the game starts shutting down because everybody is completely unsatisfied with their rule set, then at that point, they'll start noticing that, okay, well, people aren't happy with what we're doing. But I I don't know anybody that didn't buy book seven, you know, like it. I don't know. And, and I don't care. Like, I'm just, I, I'm just, I just am tired of the, it's on the community argument. Like it's just shut the fuck up. It's not like I didn't, I'm not getting any money for fixing it. They're getting money for selling me a product that isn't complete and is not a good product in my opinion. So if I want to voice what I think is a absolutely fair to say, I paid money for this and it's not complete this isn't i can't even use it i i can't use it until i sit and basically rewrite part of it if i want to exp like you know put that out there i don't feel like an arg the argument of well that's like that's not how commerce works like we talked about it before the show you don't go to walmart or whatever and buy a shirt with one long sleeve and one short sleeve 
and bring it home and then have to sew another sleeve for your shirt. Nobody like that doesn't, that's not how business works. When you sell a product, you should support that product and stand behind it. I guess is what I'm saying. And all this other shit about narrative gaming and all that, which I love. And that's why I play the game. None of that is going to be hurt by fixing the rules. Like all that's going to be the same. It's just going to make everyone's experience better. And it's been an ongoing problem for a long time. And there's it, you can't say it's not an issue and they just sweep it under the rug and totally ignore the fact that it's an issue. And that's the most irritating thing. I mean, how many FAQ questions did we send them? We did the cake thing. People go to Warhammer World and tell them. I've sent them email. I've talked to Games Workshop employees and they just pretend like it's not an issue, but you get on social media for five minutes and you can clearly tell it's an issue. That's all I'm saying. I don't know. I don't have an answer for you, man. I I don't have so. any connections with Forge World or I don't know what their staffing looks like. I don't know uh, what what kind of big plans they have or anything like that. Do what? One, I'm one guy, one dude. I went over these rules in these units probably a total time of eight to nine hours, and I found all that. I, I don't think, it, like, people, oh, they're busy, they're this. It's not an excuse, man. You couldn't put one guy on it for a fucking a day. Well, it's not. It's not their priority, you know. Like, that's not. That's not a priority to them. It seems like. I don't well, know don't what their priorities are. Sells games. It's just fuck. All right, we got to move on. I can't take it anymore. I'm literally gonna fuck dig my brain out through my eye sockets until I get <laughs> down to my ass. And <laughs> just start so wiping your ass on the ground on the carpet. I don't know. Anymore. Man. There, there's, dry- there's no. There's no answer. There, there's no. Well, they won't answer. They're not going to listen to this. I don't know. I just want, like I said, I don't know what to do. I think I want to type up a manifesto and give it to someone to take the Warhammer world and fucking hand it to Alan Bly. I don't know if he'll read it or not, but that's the only, that's like, I don't know of any else way to handle it. And I, I just don't understand why there's this total disconnect that people think that wanting a tight, as tight as can be, I understand that there's going to be things that slip through or whatever. That's fine. I get it. But having a tighter rule system is not going to affect narrative games or the game less fun. It's not. It's not. It's going to make it better and enhance everyone's fucking playing experience because we're not going to have to... We're not going to be sitting here having this 25 fucking minute talk about this stupid shit that really doesn't have anything to do with it because we're frustrated with it. That's what I'm getting at. And it it's not... It's not like it's some big epic challenge to do that. Like it's your goddamn job. You work at a games manufacturing place. It's a game. It's not a toy company. It's not whatever. They can pretend like it is all they want, but it's not. It's a game company. It just fucking says game in the name. Games have rules. Fucking focus on the rules a little bit. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> and more. So. Anyway, let's move on. That went longer than I wanted it to, but it is what it is. Don't tell me it's my I'm just the consumer. Paid money for it. It's not my fault. I I hear you. I, I hear where you're, where you're coming from, buddy. I'm glad you got that out of your chest. 
now you won't be shit in black. You're good. Yeah. You need to get that yep. out. What I think you should do is uh maybe get a get a oh, what do you call it? Uh you know what? I'll just I'll do it. I'll handle it. I'll have it done before the end of the day. Go ahead. Let's you get to the emails. I will I'll take care of it. All right. We had some emails we had to go over, buddy. A lot of emails. So before we get to the list, you had some email questions that you wanted to read out. There's a few that I have that on my end, but voicemail first or voicemails a lot where you want to put the oh, voicemails shit. at? Oh yeah, shit, I completely forgot about voicemails. Good call. Let's play man. them. <laughs> By the way, this doesn't this doesn't like I'm not in a bad mood or whatever. It's still gonna be a great day. It just it's just so I just don't like why does it have to be so frustrating? Like, this should be a fun hobby. I just want to have a fun experience. I shouldn't have to, as a TO or as a player, worry about, like, well, I really want to paint and play this fucking awesome model and put it in here. Like, why do I have to ask, like, three different people's permission from all these events and get different answers to fucking use my toy? It's ridiculous. Yeah. Anyway. I'm going to go to voicemails now. <laughs> 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 I see your frustration in your face. <sighs> okay. Let's all take a breath. Let's all shake it off. Let's get that bad energy out. Because we're about to go to voicemails. So the first one. It says Stuart Mack, but I'm pretty sure Tom from Gino52 sent this one. I guess they both use the same email. or No, it's just the Gino52 podcast is under the Stuart's name, I guess. Same the same person like tim and michael what is it with all these podcasts being the same person fight fucking fight club style? I don't people know. know that me and you are people know that me and you are different people they've seen us together like side by side like seen you seen me <laughs> tom and Stu could be the same person probably are the same person just like tim and michael yep it's a Let's conspiracy to say Hey Ryan, hey Michael, how you doing? It's Tom from the Gino 52. Uh, seeing as how Puppygate seems to have killed your uh, voicemail <laughs> service, I don't think anybody's <laughs> going to hit that bar again. Puppygate. Um, thought I'd uh, ring in and give you a bit more of a wholesome story, but seeing as how you, you know, you foreigners are on a different. Uh, Country, I don't really want to pay long-distance calls, so I thought I'd, uh, while I'm getting ready to record tonight, I'd drop you a little message. So let's give you a nice, wholesome, family-friendly story, you know? A little bit of shit in yourself, seeing as how that seems to be a speciality on <laughs> Radio Free Ace Fan. Uh, I also thought these military guys, you know, they seem to think they got the monopoly on shitting themselves. We civilians, we can shit ourselves pretty well too. Uh, so let me take you back a few years. Uh, I'll give you a bit of context to start with. You probably know if, you're, if you, any of your listeners have heard of the Gino 5.2, we're, we're pretty tied up with a, a place called Incom Gaming, which is a mate of ours. Uh, it's our friendly local gaming club uh, and our local store. Uh, what you probably don't realise is that uh, Incom Gaming is within a nightclub called The Two Pigs. Uh, this is a nightclub that's been around for years. Uh, it also allows us to have lots of booze at our events there. Now, going back 10 years or so now, uh, I was an 18, 19-year-old lad. Got a nice job at a nightclub, didn't I? Thought it was great. Started working at the Two Pigs, didn't I? Long before Income Gaming came around. Um, now, 
being an 18, 19-year-old lad out every Friday and Saturday night in the nightclub behind the bar with the power to give free drinks and generally uh, screw the bar about, that attracted some lady friends. And, of course, that was the perfect reason for being a barman, wouldn't it? You know, what's the point of being a barman if it isn't for, for the ladies? So... I used to take advantage of the fact I was young, free and single and, um, yeah, enjoyed quite a few adventures uh, over the years down at uh, Two Pigs. Now, the reason I'm ringing in with this story is to tell you a story of one night. I'd been chatting to this girl at the bar and she seemed quite interested. Uh, we exchanged numbers, as you do, you know, these things. A couple of days later, oh, we meet up in town, we're going to go for some dinner. We go to this nice Thai restaurant eat some good food it's all going pretty smoothly and she says do you want to come back to mine I think, yeah why not sounds good anyway we decided to drive back to hers i'm driving there thinking oh my guts are a bit dodgy this is not going well i'm thinking ah, all right i've just eaten a load of thai food it'll settle i've just eaten a bit of spicy food anyway we sit down we're watching a film things are going swimmingly but my guts won't settle down this film's going on and on, and she's getting more excited, and I'm thinking, love, if you sit on me, I'm going to shit myself. <laughs> so I start thinking, right, I need to have a crap. How am I going to have a crap? And I'm thinking, well, I'll just disappear off upstairs and have a crap. I thought, you know, made me excuses. And I thought there, and I thought, you get that feeling sometimes, don't you? If I drop this, that ain't going to go away. I'm thinking smell, I'm thinking it's going to be up the wall. My guts are doing a number on me now. Anyway, I start thinking, thinking, nah, this isn't good. This is not good whatsoever. I've got to get out of here. The film's coming towards an end. She's getting very frisky, and I'm thinking, nah, it's not happening. If I go, if I try and move too quickly, I'm going to shit everywhere. <laughs> so I think, fair enough. Right, time to bail. Make my excuses, do what I need to do, get the hell out of the house. Car's about... 20, 30 yards down the road. I'm thinking, if I can get in the car, I've got a 50-minute drive, I might make it. Anyway, I say goodbye at the door, give her a wave bye-bye. As she shuts the door, my body goes, oh, great, you're not with her anymore. We can go. And I would take three, maybe four steps down the road and think, no, it's coming out, it's coming out. What do I do? I'm stood in the middle of town, this is 10, 11 o'clock at night, residential street, I need to shit. So I do what any sensible person does. I staggered as quickly as I could out of viewing distance of the house. I saw and found the nearest parked car, I dropped my trousers, I squatted over the edge of the fucking curb, I held onto the back of the car and I shit my guts out. Absolutely <laughs> everywhere. Not pretty. It must have taken 30 seconds to empty a small baby's worth of weight out of my ass. Uh, so the next decision comes up. I've just shit myself. I've shit everywhere. Really messy. I mean, the thing's like liquid rain. It's like chocolate rain everywhere. I've got to get back in the car and I've got to drive. And there ain't nothing to wipe my ass with. So I did the only socks. decent thing. Take your socks I off. I pulled up trowel. I pulled up the pants. I got in the car. And I drove for 15 minutes knowing that I was sitting in my own shit. Yeah, that wasn't pretty, was it? That was not fun. Uh, anyway, guys, I thought I'd drop you a little note just to explain that we in Britain, we can shit ourselves and it's not just the civilians that have issues with dodgy guts. So uh, take it easy. Ryan, stay in your fucking lane. And I'll catch you soon, guys. Dude, first off, like, 
Good, good. He got out of the situation. Like I'm, like, good, good for you, man. Like that was a definitely a a risky situation to be in. You're on your first date. You can't go. I mean, wow. I don't know, man. I'm kind of a savage. I think I'd have just been like, man, that Thai food's getting to me. I gotta take a shit. We'll do this when I get back. I think I would have just rolled the dice. <laughs> just saying. Dude, like I can only imagine like how like relieved he felt. Like for one, he had to make. I don't. I want to know what his excuse was because I'm pretty sure he was like, "Oh man, I gotta go feed my parents' dogs or something like that." Like he had like, "I gotta go. Like I gotta. I gotta get." And he's just, "Hey, I'm sorry." We had a good time. Well, I guess my thing is the chick's obviously into him if she's kissing on him and shit. Then he blows her off, so she's going to be pissed, right? Yeah. It's usually how women work. So I, that's why I say just roll the dice. Just say, look, I'm into you too. I got a shit. We ate that Thai food. It's not agreeing with me. We're both people. We're <laughs> fucking monkeys. We've evolved this way. It's fucked with my stomach. Let me go clear my bowels. We'll come back. You know? And if she's <laughs> mad about that, it's like, She's gonna be mad one way or the other. Like, like, <laughs> it's like one, this. one. Like, you got it's risk reward, right? So, risk is you say, "Hey, I got a shit," right? You shit, and she's not turned on. Nothing happens. You know, she doesn't like you. Whatever. Best case scenario, you shit, you feel better, and you get your willy wet. Risk reward. The other scenario, you tell her, uh, you you know, I got to leave, whatever, you make excuses. She most likely gets mad at you. You may not get a second date anyway. And the reward is you just get to go shit in the street like he did. <laughs> and I get any. So, so I don't know. We're looking at this from two different ways. Like, I'm impressed by some of it, but... I still think I would have I would have played my hand different. That's all I'm saying. You would have blown up this poor girl's toilet. Oh yeah, but maybe Tom's nicer than me. <laughs> Thai food and all. Yeah, I get it, Tom. I get it. I get where you're coming from, buddy. <laughs> I would have been the guy going to saying, "Let me go get a Red Box movie." <laughs> and... <laughs> Walking to the Walgreens or the Walmart. Hey, that, that could have been a move. You could have invented, like, come up with some story where you had to leave but could come right back. <laughs> yep. That could have been a move. What, what sucks is, like, they're, we're digital age now, so, like, they're more than likely, like, Netflix and chilling and, like, just straight up, well... I'm stuck here. Well, fake a fake a phone call. You forgot to do something. Po- apologize profusely. Go do what you need, need to do, and then come back. See, like it's so easy to play like this uh, uh, Monday morning when you're not in a moment. When you're not bowels ready to explode inside of you, like yeah. <laughs> panicking, thinking about. <laughs> <laughs> I get it. I get where you were. For sure, so that, go check those guys out, though. Tom and Stu are cool. Tom and Stu from the Geno 5-2. Love saying that. So, okay. Oh, it rhymes. <laughs> That's cute. All right, let's see what else we got. 
excuse me, hiccups. Got your hiccups. supposed to be Rob. I, I I almost am so I'm so sure that that's Rob Porter over at the Northwest uh, 30k Foxcast. Like I'm pretty sure that was Rob. Is Porter. it is it him? Because he normally does the other voice. So is that I don't know. is that somebody pretending to be Rob or is that actually Rob? I don't know. I guess we'll find out. Rob will definitely tell us once he hears this. He will like that was not my voice. Okay. Who is well, that's a, calling that's in? An, that's, <laughs> That's another podcast. Go ahead and shout them out too while we're here. The Northwest 30K Vox cast. And they're out of, uh, yeah. Rob is now in Alaska. And I think his co host is out of Seattle. So, yeah. And it's Let's half, see. the way I understand it, it's half Sasquatch talk, half 30K talk, right? So if you like cool. Sasquatch and you like, it's my understanding that it was literally a show directed at Tim from Ivoris. Like they literally, like, Let's make a podcast that's like, if fucking, we just want this one listener. This is the way I understand it, seems like. Uh, well, I know their last episode had both in it, but I don't know if their entire podcast is dedicated to Squatch. And... Why but... not? That's a fucking brilliant idea. Crypt, cryptids and uh, 30K, bro. It's brilliant. So we got one more voicemail. I'm telling you, man, Puppygate, Puppygate done ruined our voicemails, man. We we gotta like. Well, it is what it is. Scott's Scott's coming to Adepticon. The guy told the story, so you can meet Scott. See, he's not a fucking serial killer, whatever. Have some beers with him. He's fucking awesome. Like everybody loves Scott that meets him. He's hilarious, and um, just put it behind you. Just put it behind you. It's just a story. <laughs> All right. This is John from El Paso. I uh, saw your message that nobody's been calling the RFI line. I feel really bad, so I thought that I would do you guys a favor and I would call and leave a small voicemail. And first off, I want to thank Ryan for finally getting to my email with the list uh, that he did for me. Appreciate it. Much love. Thank you very much. Um, number two, um, sick right now been sick for about a week I feel so good I feel like I'm dying um I always get this way when don't I die we love cold you. I don't know what I'm gonna do this afternoon I'm working on uh that fell blade on a glaive oh glaive and a uh, what's the other tank called the one that looks like a glaive but uh, the fell blade that's it oh yeah so and uh I don't know if I should get into a little bit of flame project for it because it's for my salamanders. And I'm kind of scared. I don't know if I have the confidence to do flames or something to that effect. I need some motivation. Do you guys need to crank out a fucking podcast in the next uh, couple hours because I'm kind of bored. Anyway, thanks a lot. Talk to you later. No shit stories today. <laughs> You've been beat to it, John. Didn't I see 
I thought I saw pictures of a fell blade with some salamander flames on it. He did it, didn't he? That was it. Looked like you yeah, did he... like a dat. Yeah, a, a stip, almost like a stippling technique to do the fire. It looked good. You did a good job, yeah. man. I liked it. I thought so, it looked dope. Yeah, I liked it too. I saw that on Facebook. He just went for it. If I didn't so. click, if I didn't click, click the like button, John. This is a verbal click. You've been verbally clicked. <laughs> I verbally liked it, John. I like that shit. He's like, nice. <laughs> I'll add that to the four hundred <laughs> that I have. Four hundred and six. So that that's that's it for voicemails. That's Giancarlo over at the Perils of the Wallet. He posts some uh, pretty cool YouTube channel videos at Perils of the Wallet. So go check him out. I know he recently posted one up that was Lehman and Russ versus everybody. Like at once or one at a time? One at a time. But Did he beat everybody? He beat a lot of people. But it was like a, the wound stayed on and stuff like that. So it was like, see how many Primarchs he oh, can the get through. Okay. I got you. I got you. Like, uh, what do you call it? Uh, a death match kind of thing. I don't I don't know what it's called. Uh, survival mode. Survival mode. Lehman Russ. That's funny. So. Okay, so we got those voicemails down. Man, I'm glad you reminded me. I don't know how I even considered like forgetting those. Yeah, we, we begged people for voicemails and we weren't even going to play them. That's like the <laughs> that's like that's like having a podcast and not doing podcasting and then blaming the listeners. <laughs> Michael's Michael's rolling his eyes at me. <laughs> okay. So let's get on to these emails. You got, we have question emails that we need to go over, too. Yeah. By the way, this isn't our normal format of five-hour episodes, but it just so happened that we just going to like do like three five-hour episodes in a row, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> so it is what it is. Uh, so first thing it's first, a lot of content. Go... It is, man. We just we got a lot of stuff we got to cover so first things first, uh, we got an email from Bjorn. Uh, Bjorn said, hey, Ryan and Michael, I'm looking at running a 30K event here in Salt Lake City at the Salt, Salt City Gladiator Games on October 6th. It'll be our third annual tabletop wargaming con. I'm basically gauging interest at this point. So before I ask you to give the event a shout out on your podcast, I have some questions on how the event have gone in your area. Uh, so I have some ideas how to make mine better. So first question, how many people should I aim for? We have quite a small 30K scene here. And I'm not sure how motivated the folks in the U.S. are for traveling to play 30K. We have a massive 40K scene here in the Valley, but so, in the valley, so the terrain should be pretty good for the event. And I figure I'll borrow ideas from the other 30K events for the weekend. I'm hoping 10 players over the weekend, but I may get more or less, I imagine. Uh, so first on that first question, how many players should I aim for? Um, you're in the Utah area. My thing is, is, I'm guessing this is going to be like a three round event. Most events are three rounds, wouldn't you say? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it, really, I always look at it. If you're playing a three round event, the minimum to me, especially in a hair event, is really six. Because if you have a team of three and another team of three, it means everybody gets to play a different opponent every round. Mm hmm. 
So as long as you have six guys, I don't really see a problem. You're still going to have a good time, and everybody's going to get to play different opponents, and it's going to be fun. I mean, so, obviously, the more you get, the better. But I feel like as long as you're getting six guys, I mean, that's a starting point. So, like, being in Utah and Salt Lake City, I mean, you've got, like, if, especially, like, if I don't know how, like, big the game is in your area, but it really, if you blew it up pretty well and you wanted to have a pretty large event, if you started shouting it out now and started getting everything right now, people from Colorado, from Nevada, from California, some of the people in Arizona, I mean, it's only, like, what, a six-hour drive, like, in all those locations. Like, I'm driving six hours this weekend to go to – or this next weekend to go to Dallas to go play an event. Like, start getting it out there that you're going to have a pretty large 30K event. I mean, anybody who's willing to go yeah. to the LVO, I don't see any reason why they wouldn't be willing to go to... Anybody who's willing to drive to LVO, I don't see them not being willing to drive to your Utah event. Also, 40K and 30K seem to be really big and like a military subculture. And I know for a fact Hill, Hill Air Force Base is right by there because my buddy serve there so i always say that like if you're in an area that's got like a large military u.s military installation um if you can get a contact there or you know whatever if you can somehow get it there's usually guys that play i guess what i'm saying because it's like in the age group of the people who normally play 40k 30k and it just seems to be a, a large segment of the hobby population are current active duty or retired service members yeah, I'm looking right now to see if there's any Horace Heresy Utah groups. If you don't already have a Facebook group for your area, I think it's Salt Lake City Heresy, isn't it? I don't know. But yeah, like you said, uh, definitely start a Facebook group. Like we talked about, you can just do so much cool networking on Facebook. Even if you don't, like I don't even look at my timeline. I could give a shit. I don't post on that. I post on the Radio Free Esvon stuff, the... Like basically, I use just use Facebook for hobby stuff, and it's a blast. Like you don't have to do all the other bullcrap, look at political crap. Like I don't do any of that. People are free to go to my timeline and look at it. It'll be the most boring thing ever because it's just I don't post anything there. Yeah, so there currently isn't a Salt Lake City Horse Heresy. So I would definitely first things first. Like if you're planning on going an event, you're you're looking at October, so you're but nine months out. Get a horse heresy group set up for Salt Lake City. I mean, we'll join it to just Utah in general. See if you can get anybody in your area. Gauge the interest because you probably have some 40K guys that play 30K that you don't even realize play 30K yet. So see what the interest is and keep the numbers pretty. I mean, six is minimum, but of course, the more the better because, you know, just get that out there. So. Let us know, man. We'll be glad to help you out. If you need rules or mission packs, just let us know. We'll be, we got them. Right. That's the other thing is, like, the uh, the Eye of Horse guys are doing, you know, they did the Geigenhive thing, and Tim has his, like, whole unique way of doing stuff. The guys that in Australia did, just did the Act of Heresy stuff. Um, uh, Pretty and the TFL guys, and, and you are all doing stiff stuff. Uh, I've run my events here. The Geno 5-2 guys and, you know, those European podcasts uh, play at Warhammer World all the time and do their own events. Uh, Varangian guys, uh, Freddy and 
the Northern Heresy and all those guys, they all play at, uh, what is it, Lincoln and what's the other one that they have? Lincoln is one that Freddie does, I think, isn't it? Or Fre- yeah. There's one that Freddie does and one that's just a sweet... So Freddie does Lincoln, but there's another one. But anyway, you can contact all these people on Facebook or however, get on their Facebook page and just ask them for a, a copy of their rules packet. And I'm, you know, they'll be more than happy to send it to you. And then you can just take ideas. Like people don't care. Like I borrow ideas from people all the time. Like if I see an idea that's in somebody's player pack or the way somebody's doing something to promote an event or run an event or do whatever, I just use their idea. Nobody cares. Um, I mean, it, that's, that's how the community grows and how networking works. Yep. That's exactly how it works. We pull all of our ideas ideas from uh, different people. And it was like elements of Adepticon, elements from uh, Circle City Heresy. There's going to be elements from Nova. Like we have so much stuff and then stuff that we write. So if you ask any anybody, anybody that runs events, then they're going to give you and help you out. So um, so yeah, I guess next question was, how narrative is the U.S. scene? I played in LVO 30K stuff, and it basically was a competitive 30K GT, which isn't my favorite setting for 30K. It was fun, but it definitely needed more of a narrative kick. Uh, it, it just depends where you're at. Uh, LVO, from what I understand, they never presented it as a narrative event. Uh, I, As far as I know, LVO was always going to be a 30K tournament, not a 30K narrative. Um, I believe I think they're the only ones that do that though. Yeah, like I exactly. think the U.S. scene, the U.S. scene to me is extremely narrative. I mean, all my events are narrative. All your guys's events are narrative. The Nova events Nova's are narrative. narrative. Yeah. Uh, Adepticon has two separate tracks. There is a competitive track, but even the competitive track, uh, well, at least it was last year, is still at a minimum loyalist versus traitors, and. It's still themed, sort of, and it's more supposed to be a friendly tournament. Like, you're not encouraged to bring, like, crazy beat-based stuff. So it's still fairly narrative, and then they also have a totally separate narrative track. So really, LVO is the only one that plays it that way, Yeah, to my knowledge. So if you want to get your, your rocks off, get your jollies on a, a tournament scene, I think LVO is going to be the way to go. But every other event that I know of and that I've seen is has not been a, a, a non-narrative event. And that's like Clash of the Tetons. I mean, everything I've heard of, that Florida event, that's everything's narrative. The event that I'm going to next week, uh, that's all narrative. Like, I think the past two events that the, uh, the Goalers guys held, one was murder, the other was... Like, everything has been a narrative event, not full tournament. There's always been a mission that you had to play, and the mission was specific to what you're playing. Alamo, even Alamo GT, we ran, they allowed us to run it as a narrative event. So, like, you know, there's there's a lot of things that, like, I have... The only tournament that I've been to that was kind of like the 30K, the 30K GT would have been... The one at Adepticon, and that wasn't even, you know... Like, I've played in a 40K tournament. It was nothing like a 40K tournament. Right, but the thing about Adepticon, what I'm getting back to that is that's a choice. Like, there's other... Uh, like, it's literally yeah. ru- coincide running with a narrative track, so you pick one or the other. Um, it's not like your only choice is competitive. Where LVO, the only choice is competitive. It's They don't have 
a secondary event for narrative play. Yeah. And everybody I've talked to that's in the narrative at Adepticon tried to sign up for the narrative and it was sold out. So they went competitive. It's like, I don't, I've never, I've not talked to a single person that it was intentional to do the competitive or the narrative. Yeah. I wanted to be in that narrative track so bad. And by the time I got the email allowing me to switch to the Gamiza conflict or whatever narrative, like I already had everything built and planned for my, for my army. Anyway, so next question. In terms of events design, what is your opinion and best setup to have? I know the iForce Bros in Australia are running a freeform system that tallies VPs over the weekend. Do the U.S. players enjoy that, or is a six-mission narrative variable mission track a better idea? I have your mission packs that you sent me. I could just use some of that. So um, we don't run the Austra- – like our group down here doesn't run the way the Australian guys work. I, they enjoy that system very well. Uh, but that is kind of just like, like, and I know Ryan's mentioned in the past, that's basically what he does anyway, every weekend when he has all, you know, 50. Of yeah. That's the over. only reason, like, and I told him, I'm, I'm not shitting on that at all. Like those guys love down there and, and that's cool. Like make what, make that work. If that's what you do. The only reason I feel like that would work for here is because that's, that's literally what he described as his event is every other weekend at our game club. That's what we do. So just to have an event that's just literally another like game night, like it, I don't just, it just wouldn't work for me to do my event that way. That's yeah. all I'm saying personally. So it's, it's really, so what I'm saying in that terms is I wouldn't say that my way is better than Tim's or Tim's is better than mine. It really just depends on what, you know, your audience wants. Now, and this, once again, this is just me personally. If it's your first event that you're running and it's the first time you're presenting it to other people, um, to me, I would want it to be a little more structured. And, right. and because Tim and Michael have been to tons of events, uh, Tim like is like a studier of events. Like that's one of his favorite things like that he talks about on that podcast you listen to. He loves event talk. He loves hearing how other guys do shit. He loves ideas. They love all that. So he's like balls deep in that and, and is really like focused in on that and has tons of experience in that type of setting, I guess is what I'm saying. So if you're just a brand new to the, the TO world and you don't already have an established, cause they, and also they already have an established community that they know likes playing that way. So if, if, if you're just opening it up to the public and whatever, and you might get new people that are just moving over from 40 K or new heresy, in my opinion, you kind of want to keep it, uh, sort of traditional the first time and then get feedback and then tailor it from there. Yeah, yeah, I agree. That is how I would run it as well. Uh, we weren't sure of the like of how people were gonna uh, handle our events, so we were real like sh- real structured for the first stiff. Even though there was like you know we're having stiff three and we're having people coming from all over the world and all that stuff, and you know that are coming to play in Texas. But stiff one was literally in Zach's house with like eight people and it was like super structured and all this stuff. And, you know, it was, I mean, it was a good time. I mean, and look what it's grown into now. Just like, you know, stiff two, we hit it big. 
But just for your first event, I would definitely structure it. And then once you build up enough people and you have enough, uh, I guess, uh, like like for Tim's event, like t- Tim, I know this time around for the second the second time around, it was just like him and Spence running it. And so like make sure you have like a really like good team if you're gonna try and like do like Tim's event or like just have like somebody there that's gonna be able to support you and uh and, and wrangle up the people. Um Right. That's the other thing. I feel like the the fewer people you have to run it, like if it's just you, you almost have to run a structured event yeah. so that there's not a trillion things going on that you have to keep track of. That's the other thing. So it really depends on your resources too. So yeah, that's uh, that's how I feel about that. Uh, what can I do to advertise for it when we I when I get a go ahead from the event organizers? I'm thinking of doing general shout outs on Facebook groups and hitting a bunch of 30k podcasts. That's it, man. That's the that's the that's how you do it. I mean, yep. we'll shout it out. We'll, we'll get you going. Uh, definitely have it on your Facebook groups and all that. It, just remember if it's a uh, and I'm pretty sure it will be like if it's a if it's a paid event, like make sure you have like 100% what these guys should expect of this event just cuz they're they're paying for it and especially if you're going to go big, you're having a lot of guys that are coming from like, you know, either out of state or out of town and all this stuff. Like think about like a lot of the um the amenities that you're going to need for these guys for this one day event, so when you do start shouting it out, you know, kind of shout out, you know, especially if guys coming from out of state, it's like, hey, you know, here's hotel rooms and all this stuff. Just just kind of lay out some ground rules and, like, stuff that these guys should expect. And I think that will really help your uh, your your numbers increase for it. So, uh, but, I mean, of course, like, we'll, we'll shout it out for you. We got you, bro. And so, when it comes to list FAQs, are there any restrictions I should put into place? I'm specifically thinking of reversing the Meltdown Bomb FAQ at this time at least. I was considering restricting the use of Psychic Mastery levels to 1 every 500 points and removing independent characters to have them be dropped into games in a narrative fashion. Removing independent characters to have them be dropped into games in a narrative fashion. This may be... You probably mean special, special characters, not independent characters. But yeah, yeah. yeah. This may be moot with the upcoming 8th edition, but I'm looking to see what I can do to even out the field when it comes to Inferno stuff. I'm trying to remove potential for whack attitude while still letting people play what they want. Uh, I mean, get some get some playtesting in, definitely. Um, see what works for, like, your local guys. Like, if you're not already um, playtesting this stuff, get on it now. Like, I don't know what your scene looks like. I don't know what kind of local dude you play with now and, like, how that's working out for you. But play test now and then see what's fun for you and your friends. Uh, that's, that's like, the biggest factor. Because if it's fun for you, then it's probably fun for uh, for other people that are going to play in your events. And, I mean, if you're asking, like, what we do is, you know, we write our own FAQs. You know, the, the FAQs go up. We have a discussion amongst our group of friends and our group of uh, people and we kind of determine what we feel would be fun for everybody. So as long as you post the FAQs early, 
and you know before the event starts and they don't come into the game come into the event like completely sideswiped by like oh fuck like i didn't know like like here recently i know like pete over at pete happens just found out that uh adepticon wasn't doing the uh uh jump infantry in raven guard don't have their infiltrate they they faq'd it to where they wouldn't and so he had built an entire list expecting to infiltrate so like now he knew what like a month and a half out so he i'm pretty sure he's going to be adjusting his list and everything just make, make sure you get it out pretty early um right but but yeah whatever you think yeah. is fun guys will choose whether or not to play at your event based on how they see the faq if they want to go balls to the wall take their magnus go jack everybody up the sooner you have the faq out to get those people out of the running the better so well here's the thing on that like i don't even think like you should restrict crap like that like there's no i think your faq should be straight um this and once again this is just me this isn't this isn't like if somebody else doesn't want to do it that way, that's fine. This is just my opinion on it. When I write an FAQ, I'm not writing it to restrict something's power level if something's overpowered or whatever, because that's all pretty much opinion based. Like I'm not going to tell somebody, regardless of how obvious it seems to me that X unit is ridiculously overpowered and underpriced. It's not really my place to say, I guess. The the thing I want to look for in an FAQ is like things that literally don't have answers that are questions that are going to come up, like we just talked about the Dreadnought Drop Pod stuff like that. So like look at the FAQ questions we send into Forge World because that's all like stuff that legit needs answered or whatever, and just go through and answer them in your own way and use that as your FAQ. That's how I would do it. That way, when at the event when those questions come up, you're not digging out fucking a trillion rule books or anything like that. It's already answered. They literally just go. Like, this is in the FAQ. This is how I answered it. I don't need to go bug the TO about it. We can move on with our game. Yeah. Get, get and then as done. far as as far as far preventing it. the quote-unquote whack attitude, my opinion on that is just don't, when you give out rewards, like, make sure all the rewards for coming to the event are based on what you want to give awards for. So if, if, you're, if you're wanting to run an event that's not for whack players then don't give a fucking prize for best general or most battle points only give prizes for uh, sportsmanship coolest dude painting hobby stuff whatever you want don't reward winning yep because very true why bring why bring a cheesy fucking list that's just going to smash everyone if you're not going to get like if that's not going to pay off in the end unless you just are truly just like you really like think that that makes you a bigger person to win at a game of plastic men like that's your it's a reward in of itself and if that's the case whoo i don't have to tell you there <laughs> um for sure but that that person's not going to be fun to play with in any environment let alone what restrictions you put on them so that's i think it's kind of a pointless exercise so i always just try to set the reward structure up in the end to mold the tone of the event. It's all about the tone of the event. Gotcha. Words from Ryan there. So he says, thanks a ton. Keep up the good work. Uh, Bjorn. So that's that email. 
So I think you have the other emails there, buddy. Um, yes, these we'll go through these real quick. Got a question from Matt. He says, hey, guys, I wanted to say thank you for helping me with my Death Guard slash Black Shield list back on episode 35. Oh, real quick, uh, Brian Force in Michigan. We were talking about, he wanted me to write him a Death Guard list that had uh, Crixus Mortiger or wanted ideas, and I couldn't remember what episode. It's funny I got this email because this is the episode. So if you're listening, Brian, uh, check episode 35. I think that's what you wanted. So anyway, back to Matt's email. Uh, I enjoyed how you guys called me uh, out on sending you my fluff. Uh, I meant it just as background for my force to help mold the list, which thank you again, Ryan, for doing that. I have been loving the latest episodes, and I know the community does too. Thank you for that. That's, we appreciate that. Uh, I distinctly remember you guys mentioning a specific magnet company that you use all the time in a past episode, and I cannot for the life of me find that episode. I want to say it's TY or KY magnets or something similar. Um, any help in this would be really appreciated. I included a few works in progress of my beginner force, uh, still figuring out how I want the guys to look. Thank you again, Matt. I sent you this email, Michael, or he, you're, you're attached to it. So if you want okay. to post his whips on the Facebook page, you can. Um, I've already replied to his email. It's K&J Magnetics for people out there in uh, listener land. If you just uh, Google K&J Magnetics, their site will come up. The magnets that you want are the N52 grade. So when you go to their site, they'll have a little menu on the screen. You click Products. And then on the products menu, you'll get a submenu of different things they sell. You want to click N52 grade magnets, and they have a gigantic list of magnets that go by size and just pick whatever size you want. Um, I already, I just sent, I emailed him back a link to that. The other thing you should check out if you're really into magnetizing is the magnetic applicator tool from Corsac Engineering. Are you still using yours, Michael? Um, and Corsex Engineering you can just, also does the flight stands too now. Oh, okay. So there you go. So I just got it on eBay. If you go to eBay and just type in Corsex Engineering uh, mag magnet applicator or Corsex Engineering magnet, it should come up on eBay. I think they also have a website too. If you type in Corsex Engineering in Google, you'll find it. But uh, I sent him links to that in a reply email. But if he didn't get the email and he's listening now... Uh, uh, that's that's the info you wanted. So that's one. And then the next one we got was from uh, uh, Hurricane Webster. Um, he basically, we wrote him that World Eater list. Um, he had that really, really super beautifully painted and converted World Eater army that he wanted to adjust after Meltagate, he said. And we kind of adjusted with models he had, and then he wrote back and he was like, don't be pussies, uh, fix the list. Like, don't worry about what I have. If I need to change it, I will. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> all right, cool. So we redid it with some dread claws and changes the right order. So uh, I recommended uh, Gallon Surlac, and so he built his own, converted up his own Gallon Surlac model, which looks fucking awesome, and he sent pictures of it. It's just uh, gray plastic right now, but I know at one point it's going to be beautifully painted because all his other stuff is but he sent us some uh, pictures of that that look pretty cool i should have also forwarded those to you michael if you want to yeah, post those it. on facebook um that's really it everything else is lists oh no we had one more uh 
uh, Chris Holmes that we wrote a Dark Angel, the Dark Angels list. It wasn't last week. It was the episode before that. So it'd be what we're 44. So it'd be 42. Mm-hmm. Um, um, he says, uh, thanks for taking a look at my list. I really like your suggestions. We'll probably run a slightly modified version of your list. If you guys remember when I wrote the list, this was the list that I was like, I don't know if I like mine or his better. It, his was fine. It wasn't really improvement. It was just like based on his fluff, I just kind of gave him ideas, like a different look to kind of pick and choose. So he liked, that's what uh, he did. He, he, he wanted to run like Dreadwing shit, right? Like Mark Three tanks. Yeah. Like Mark, yeah. Right, right. You guys can go back and check it out. So it's it's on that episode 42. Uh, it says he's going to run a slightly modified version of the list that I wrote. Uh, I think it's a little bit better feel and seems like it will perform a bit better on the battlefield. I think I will swap out one of those land raiders for a uh, Phobos. Uh, one of the land raiders for a Phobos, Mark II B, of course, because fielding three different land raiders in one wrist is pretty fucking cool, if you ask me. Thanks again for your podcast. It rocks. Uh, I don't want to pick favorites, but you guys are up there. Keep it real, Chris. So, yeah, that's a thank, thanks again for uh, listening. We definitely appreciate you guys' feedback and um, the the positive feedback we'll take negative feedback too, if you have it, but we like the positive better, obviously. Um, the, uh, yeah, that was pretty cool. Remember we talked about that. Like if he did the list the one way, cause I put the Achilles in there and he yeah. wanted to run the Proteuses, but I was like, if you, the Phobos would work better in the list mechanically. And also it'd be kind of neat to have the three different ones. So it'll be neat to see that done. So hopefully he'll send us some pictures when he gets that done. Fuck yeah, dude. I like the idea that he was going for in that list. It was all like Dreadwing and like I think I had mentioned to look into that Chapter House Miniatures uh, upgrade kit, that Iron Land Raider. Right. Yeah, dude, I think it was badass. Takes forever to get to you, but badass. So, I guess we're going to move on to list now. I know the first one on the slate is uh, an Ultramarines list. Mr. Ben. 2,000 points. 2,000 point ultramarine list. Ready to go. Ben says, Hi, Ryan and Michael. Huge fan of the show and love the impact you guys seem to be having on the general 30K meta. Play fluffy or get the fuck out. Uh, I'm slowly but surely starting to get time to build and model my plastic Kalth and Prospero, and have finally reached a point to where I need to start ordering from Forge World. This obviously makes this part much more stressful as there's a lot more expensive mistakes that can be made with buying than building the wrong things at first. I, oh, fuck, fucked it up. (laughs) Uh, I therefore thought it was wise to contact you guys for advice on fixing up my current list. I want to, for my fluff, I want the army to represent some of the mongrel forces that survived the betrayal of Kalth and eventually... Eventually coalesced into a fighting force able to wrench back control of the planetary defense network from the forces of the Warmaster. Ideally, I'd love to model my army after the mechanized forces Ecos Lamiad was able to muster after the destruction of the Holofacecan. I realize it's. Oh, uh, hol- yeah, it's not that, but it's close. Uh, it's like Hollow Collusion or. Whatever. It's in the book, um, No No Fear. It's where the word bearers betray the Ultramarines yeah. on uh, Kalf. It's a, it's a fucking awesome book. That's what he's talking about. Holofacecan. 
I realize this means that giving my Praetor bike doesn't partic make particular sense, but I couldn't find a reasonable alternative that didn't take away from the crunch of my army. I also feel like Honored Telema Telemachus should make an appearance, but feel the army too mobile for a Dreadnought should be supporting a disembark battle line. Uh... For the tactic side, the game plan is for my Praetor and Bodyguard to hunt random elements while the rest of my forces move, from, move for objectives. The Apothecaries will be embedded in this with the Veteran Squad, will be embedded with the Veteran Squads while the tanks provide mobile support and the Vindicator does its thing. The Fire Raptor will be supplying uh, close air support on any unknown enemy elements while the Seeker Squad deploys into position to needle out enemy choice enemy targets and HQs. In terms of fluff, I currently have the Oh, in terms of stuff, I have I currently have the contents of two Betrayal of Kalth boxes. I recently put in an order for Volkite Culverins and Cavaliers, Calivers, Apothecaries, components for a Resin Honored Telemachus, Seeker, Bolters, three Rhinos, a Quad Mortar, and two Auto Cannon Predators. I also have the limited edition Games Workshop model that have come out through Games Workshop so far. Anyway, any help and pointers you guys can give would be super appreciated. So he took some screenshots. So his list has a Legion Praetor with Artificer Armor, Digital Lasers, Iron Halo, uh, Paragon Blade, Space Marine Bike with Twin Bolters. He's got a Command Squad that's riding with him with two uh, Chernobyl Sabres, two Combat Shields, uh, Standard Bearer, and they're all mounted on... So it's just three bikes? Bikes, yeah. Is yeah. yours cut you just off? took the standard like... three guys, I think. Uh, yeah, I it is. Able... Okay, no, I gotta like you gotta. I see what's going on. Oh, yeah, I, I printed it like... off, so mine's mine's cut off. But... Yeah, my, mine's cut off too. I made it it's with... just. Yeah. So he took uh, two apothecaries. It looks like uh, both have augury scanners and just the chainsword. We're he's, got, again. <laughs> he's got a Legion Veteran Tactical Squad with a, which is eight Marines with a Sergeant and a Legion Rhino. Uh, they're taking the. Uh, let me see here. They have a missile launcher with suspensor web, and they're all taking combi plasmas or just one combi plasma in the unit. Yep, just one. Just one. The Legion Sergeant has Artificer yeah. Armor and a Power Sword, and they're in a Rhino. Just bare bone rhino, no upgrades to it. Yep. Now he took another veteran squad. Looks like it's armed exactly the same. Yep. Yep. Oh, he also took the flak missile upgrade on the. Yep. On the missile launcher. Then he's got for his troop choice. So I guess for his master of legion, he's running the armored breakthrough. Or. Yep. Yep. Okay. So he's taking a Legion Predator Strike Squadron with uh, Heavy Bolters, Hunter Killer Missile, Predator Cannon. Uh, he's taking two of those, and this is like the classic troop choice, compulsory troop choice Predator loadout. No special guns, nothing like that. Uh, and under his Fast Attack Squad, he took a Legion Seeker Squad with, uh, looks like, 10 Seekers and a Seeker Strike Leader. Uh... Let me see. That's going to be it. Didn't take any special. They're just going to be using the special ammunition on them. No combis, no yep. nothing. 
And they're not even in a rhino? They're in nothing. They're in a oh, storm eagle. Be, they get a storm eagle. storm eagle. Okay, so the next thing yep. he brought was a Legion Storm Eagle assault gunship with uh, Hellstrike missiles, Vengeance launcher, and that's all, all yeah. everything it comes it, with. Just bare it's, bone. it's dedicated. So a Storm Eagle is dedicated for Seekers, and when you take Armored Breakthrough, you have to buy them a dedicated transport if possible. So, so yeah, so definitely the, the Storm Eagle is going to be the dedicated transport for the Seekers on that one. Yeah. So next on the list, he brought a Legion Fire Raptor. Uh, he looks like he took Hellstrike missiles on it, and he upgraded the heavy bolters to Reaper Auto Cannon Battery, and that's gonna Top be it choice. for that guy. Then he took a Legion Vindicator tank, popped a Hunter Killer missile, upgraded the Demolisher Cannon up to a Laser Destroyer Array, and that's what he's running there. He took a second Legion Vindicator squadron, which is a second Legion Vindicator with the Layer of the Destroyer Ray, and a Hunter Killer Missile. So two Vindicators, and then no, no Lord of War choices. So that's two Vindicators altogether. That's a Fire Raptor, Storm Eagle, uh, two Predators on the ground, a single Rhino, and... His tactical squad... Oh, no, so it's three rhinos on the ground. And his Praetor running around on a bike. What's the other rhino? I've seen he's got the two vet squads. What's the other rhino? Uh, Two vet squads and... Nope, oh, that's going to be it. Just two vet squads. Okay. Okay. So, uh, I basically kept pretty much the same stuff. I just swapped around a, a few things just for my experience because I play Armored Breakthrough with my Blood Angels. So, um, the Praetor I built for him is a Paragon Blade, Digital Lasers, Iron Halo, Space Marine Bike. So, pretty much the same. Um, for troops, I took two individual Predators, just like he did. But I just have them bare bones, except I put Las Cannon Sponsons on them. Um, so, it's two Auto Cannon Predators, Las Cannon Sponsons. For Elite, I only took a single Apothecary but I put him on a bike with an augury scanner. So it's one apothecary on a bike with augury scanner. Uh, also for elites, I took a full 10 man, uh, veteran squad. Uh, the Sergeant has artificer armor, power weapon, and two of the guys in the squad have combi melters. And they're in a rhino with a pinnel mounted combi, uh, or sorry, a pinnel mounted multi-melter. So basically I put multi-melters on the rhino and gave two guys in the squad's combi melters and just left, bolters on the rest of the guys if you're going to go marksman um i feel like just throwing a single missile launcher in there with flak missiles is a super expensive option to try to get some anti-air when you already have two flyers um mm -hmm. i don't really think it's worth i think i think that just the two meltas in there and then being able to up have points to upgrade the rhino to have another multi-melta you'll get way more out of that than you will just throwing in one missile launcher um so and plus, you go up to a full 10-man squad instead of the smaller 8-man squads with the apothecaries in them. Um, so anyway, so I have that veteran squad, and then I took another one that's identical. So another 10 guys, uh, two combi meltas, sergeant has artificer armor power weapon, and they're in a second rhino with pinnel-mounted multi-melta. This is where I changed your bikes up. So you had a command squad of only three bikes with a couple close combat weapons on them. I think you should go for five attack bikes with multi-meltas. 
Um, it's going to end up being overall better in close combat because each of those guys, each of those attack bikes are also two attacks. Um, and they're dual armed with bolt pistol close combat weapons. So they're going to be three base four on the charge. So with just a five man squad, you're going to have 20 attacks as opposed to your little three man squad. The three man squad does have artificer armor, uh, which is kind of cool, but it's still only three wounds with artificer armor where this is going to be 10 wounds. So I feel like the 10 wounds is going to beat out the two plus armor save. Um, also attack bikes get to fire the combi weapon on the bike and the heavy weapon all at once. So you're going to get more firepower out of them. And when you attach the apothecary to them, it's going to make all these two wound tough five bikes. It's going to give them feel no pain and your Praetor feel no pain. Um, and also because that augury scanner is in there, you'll be able to, if somebody comes deep strike, in with pods with melted guns in them or machine killer vets or whatever this bike squad can then uh intercept with the five multi-meltas and the the combi bolters and then the bolt pistol or and then the combi bolters on the praetor and the uh apothecary's bike so i feel like it's an actually a pretty decent uh intercepting unit as well so i just think that that's a solid way to go um for the second fast attack choice i kept your seekers um, I just shrank them to a five-man squad just to save points because with putting this other stuff in, I had to save points somewhere. So I it's the it's five seekers just base, just using their special ammo. Um, I took a storm eagle as a dedicated transport uh, for for them, just like you did. But with the extra points, I upgraded the storm eagle to have a, a nose missile launcher. So it's got a single missile launcher in the nose, and then the wings I upgraded to two twin link glass cannons. So you're going to get a lot more traction out of that. Storm Eagle loadout that you will one that's basically just bare bones with some one-shot missiles. This is much more desirable of a loadout. Um, for heavy support, I kept the Fire Raptor exactly as you had it. So uh, Fire Raptor with uh, auto cannon batteries and four Hell Strikes. And then for the second heavy support slot, I just took a single Vindicator, just a normal Vindicator. I'm I've seen it played a bunch. I've I've this is something that. I've seen with my own eyes. I don't think that that laser vindicator performs great. Um, I, I think that the standard one is better in my experience. Um, and it's cheaper. And also an armored breakthrough, you're gaining fast on all your tanks. The laser vindicator one doesn't really take advantage of that well because you have to keep it stationary to use its rules. So I feel like you're get more out of the armor breakthrough rules by taking the standard vindicator anyway. With uh, with uh, um, power of the machine spear, right? No, just normal because it becomes fast. You don't need. You'll still be able to move twelve and fire it because it's fast. Hmm. Yeah, well, I guess you're right. Because that's all machine spirit allows you to do is fire a weapon that any extra weapon. So if you put machine spirit on a normal one, you can move it twelve and fire it but you're paying 25 points to do that or armor breakthrough lets you do it for free. The one advantage that our uh, machine uh, power of the machine spirit has is if you're stunned, you normally can't fire your weapon because it's ordnance and you can't snap fire it, which machine spirit lets you get around stunned, but you're paying 25 points to essentially ignore stunned, mm. which if he wants to do that, he could, uh, he could still put it on there, but I just, I just like running my shit cheap. Getting the most out of the, the free rules that I'm getting. Yeah. So, 
it's really it. It's pretty much the same. I, I put more anti-tank in his list just by moving points around by upgrading the Storm Eagle, upgrading the Predators, um, and upgrading the Rhinos. And then I kind of like made his units he was already taking a little more specialized in the role that they're designed for, like the Marksman Vets getting rid of the Missile Launcher and just putting a couple combi melts on there. And then um, swapped the command squad over from just a three-man command squad to that attack bike squad just because I feel like it's a lot better. Sounds good. Once Sounds again, fast. I've been playing bikes. I've been playing bikes since shit. Like my first, my Blood Angels were my Blood Angels of Salamers were my first two thirty k armies. So I've been playing Outriders and Attack bikes since the second book came out. Um, and I, I have a command squad painted up. I've played with all that stuff, and I think in every way, Attack bikes beat out command squad bikes. I've played both. I've played both in several games, and I'm always more happy with the attack bikes. Good point of knowledge, man. Very, uh... I would have never thought that the two were interchangeable, but it makes sense. More wounds versus better armor save every day. Well, and they have more shooting as well, and they're about the same in close combat. The only thing that the command squad has is you can upgrade them all to, like, power weapons and stuff, which all he gave him was charnable savers, and I feel like it's a little better. It's, like, plus one initiative, and I might be rending or whatever, but the attack bikes are going to have way more weight of attacks and be more durable, especially with the feel-no-pain on the apothecary in there. I dig it. Sounds good to me. Good luck with that, buddy. I think uh, it's not a lot to pick up from Forge World. I think you can pick up some of those, the actual Vindicator themselves. But right. That Fire Raptor and that the was Storm the, Eagle. Yeah, that was the other thing. Like, the attack bikes are a plastic kit from GW as well, so it'll save him some money. So I didn't feel bad, like, recommending, oh, you're going to have to go buy this. It's not, not – they're, they're cheap. They're not that expensive from Games Workshop. Sounds good to me. Next list, Emperor's Children. You ready for this one? This comes from Mark. I'm ready. I sent you this list. I was happy with this list. This is one of my favorite ones I wrote this week. So Mark says, hey, guys. <clears throat> Greetings from Sunny Wales. Hope I've got your emails right. Love your work. It's close, but I think you slightly beat out the eye of Horus guys for top spot on my favorite 30K chart. Uh inspired or frightened by the new rules for Inferno and the fact that one of the local 30K players is a rabid Space Wolf enthusiast and the fact that I haven't heard you do either an Emperor's Children's or Angels of Wrath list before, here's my idea. I do realize that it's not a strong ride of war, but I've been wanting to play it for a while and I'm close to having all the models ready for the table. So here is an Emperor's Children 2,000-point Angel of Wrath list. So he took Eidlon with Jump Pack, of course, Chaplin Artificer Armor Jump Pack with Sonic Shrieker. The Crozius is an axe. Uh, his Elite's Choice took two Apothecaries with Jump Packs, seven Palatine Blades with Sonic Shriekers and Jump Packs. Uh, the Perfector ha- Perfect Prefect there has a Phoenix Spear and Melt Bombs. Four Palatines have Phoenix Spears. Three have Chernarble Sabers. Uh, he took a Contemptor gra- Dreadnought with two Grab Fists. In his troop choice, he took 15 Assault Marines. Sergeant has a Phoenix Spear. Three Marines have Power Swords. He took 15 Tax Marines with a Storm Eagle dedicated transports with Last Cannons and Missile Launchers. He took a Dreadclaw Drop Pod. That's for the Dreadnought. 
He took two javelins with multi-meltas, cyclone missile launcher, and two 100-kilo missiles each. So the idea is to have Eidolon go with the Palatines and tries to get the charge on anything with a two-up save. The chaplain goes with the assault marines. The contemptor comes down in with the pod and opens up anything like a Spartan so the contents can be charged by one of the jump pack squads. Um, the tacks come down with the storm eagle to mop up and grab an entire objective for something. Uh, the Rite of War gives hit runs so I can get the charge bonuses for like the Phoenix Spears, Eidolon's Hammer, and the Chaplain as often as possible, and gives the Storm Eagle strafing run. Uh, I feel like this would be a lot of fun to play, but I'm concerned about not being very competitive. For 2,000 points, I'm probably a bit shy on numbers and anti-armor capabilities. Any tweaks or tactics you could recommend would be appreciated. Uh, the full set of models I have available in case you wanted me to ditch this mad idea and it's totally unworkable and do something else include 20-ish blue basic tactical marines uh, with a uh, few with extra close combat weapons to sprinkle if needed, 20-ish vets, half with guns, half power weapons, 20 assault marines, 9 palatines, armed with described above, 10 cacophony, 6 terminators, Sotaros magnetized arms, uh, 10 seekers, half combi plaz, Two Rhinos, Land Raider Phobos, Whirlwind Scorpius, Dreadclaw Drop Pod, Eidolon, Fulgrim, and various characters. He's got a Chaplain, Apothecary Sergeant, Banner Bear, etc. Two Contemptors with various magnetized arms, Grab Fist, Last Cannons and Carries. Two Javelin Speeders, Storm Eagle. <sighs> Not all of that is painted, but I'm getting there. Happy to make additions if you have a cool idea. Hope Ryan's getting through those black shields from what I've already seen. They look awesome. And looking forward to the next episode. So, Ryan, let me see here. So he took Grab Fist. Yeah, man. What'd you do with this uh, this fun little list here? So, <laughs> this is... This ride of war drives me crazy because it's so restrictive and makes you take like you're already, in my opinion, sacrificing by taking like assault marines and all this other crap because like let's not pretend they're they're kind of underpowered what they do, but I get why people want to run them and get the most out of them. So it's like this trap ride of war where it's like I want to run this for fluff reasons and it's cool. And I'm already sacrificing a lot by doing that. Let's make you sacrifice even more. <laughs> it drives me crazy. So um, what I did is I took his list and I took the same idea he's trying to get and used pretty much the same exact same idea and a lot of the exact same models. But I moved it over to a drop assault Vanguard right of war, which I feel like is essentially the 2.0. Uh, upgrade to this original right of war. And I think it accomplishes pretty much the same stuff in a much better way. Would, would you agree with that? I know we've kind of talked about this in the past. Yeah, absolutely. And then like day of revelations, you play blood angels is a three point version, but exactly. So that, that's kind of how we it. would tier it. Right. Yeah. Exactly. I would rank them as far as like assault Marine rights of war. It would go day of revelations, then drop assault Vanguard, then, this one's like far below that. So that's what I tried to do. So hopefully he likes it. Cause I, like I said, I tried to keep it pretty close to the same idea. And then I have like one thing he can swap out if he doesn't like it. So the list that I did was Lord commander Eidolon with drop assault Vanguard with the jump pack. So basically the exact same stuff that he has just different right of war. 
Uh, for second HQ, I took a chaplain with uh, Crozius, which is an axe, uh, artificer armor jump pack. Um, so it's the exact same chaplain he has. Um, for troops, I took a 14-man assault marine squad. Uh, the sergeant has artificer armor, phoenix power spear, and melt bombs. And then two of the normal Marines have power weapons. He can make those whatever he wants. Um, I, I just put power weapon on here. For the second troop's choice, it's an identical unit. So another 14 assault Marines with two power weapons in the unit. The sergeant has artificer armor, phoenix power spear, and melt bombs. For elites, I took an apothecary detachment with two apothecaries with jump packs. Obviously, each apothecary will go in one of each of those assault squads. And then he can take his two characters and put one in each assault squad or both in one, however he wants to do it. For the uh, second elite choice, I took a 10-man uh, veteran squad with Machine Killer. Uh, seven of the guys in the squad have Combi Meltas. Two of the guys have Melta Guns. The Sergeant has Artificer Armor and Combi Melta. For the, sec or for the third elite choice, I took another 10-man veteran squad. Uh, they... I designed them to have marksmen, but they can really, you could even give them weapon master because we'll get to why here in a minute, but you can really give them anything they want. Uh, two of the guys in the 10 man unit have combi meltas. The sergeant has artificer armor and Phoenix power spear for fast attack. I have two javelins with pinnel mounted multi-melta, uh, twin link cyclone missile launchers and 200 killers on each javelin. So I basically just took his two javelins and ran them exactly how I had them in his old list. For fast attack, I took an empty Anvilus Dreadclaw. So you could put the Machine Killer Vets or the uh, Marksman Vets, or if you want to make them Weapon Masters, either way, in the Dreadclaw. And then for the uh, third fast attack choice, I took a Storm Eagle a gunship and gave it a hull-mounted missile launcher and two wing-mounted LAS cannons. And whichever of the two squads you didn't put in the, the Dreadclaw, you would put in the Storm Eagle. So my my idea is to put the Sniper Vets in the Storm Eagle. So if you look at this list, compared to his original, the way this the way this Rite of War works is all these Assault Marines, the Apothecaries, and the two characters all attached together will all come in turn one automatically in the Drop Assault Vanguard. So you don't have to roll for them, they just show up. As will the Dreadclaw with whatever unit that he has in it. So all that's just going to automatically show up turn one. And then he's going to have one of the two 10-man squads in the flyer in reserve. And then the javelins can either start on the board if he's going first or outflank if he wants to null deploy. So it's it's almost the exact same idea as before. But if you look at the list that I wrote between the, the Storm Eagle being upgraded and the Machine Killer Vets, it's going to give him that anti-tank punch to take out that Spartan or if they have some type of... Uh, you know, better armor or whatever, he'll be able to be better at that. I feel like because the Drop Assault Vanguard has that rule, if you're within 12 inches, you get shrouded, I believe, right? Or they have to make snapshots at you, or I forget yeah, what it is. Yeah, they have to make snapshots at your, uh, at anybody in the Vanguard. Right, so that's going to be all your Assault Marines. Plus, I'm putting Apothecaries in the units, so they're going to have Feel No Pain. Uh, which he already had, but it's this. This is basically going to make them even more durable. Um, they still get hit and run, but only for one game turn. So you're still going to have that hit and run element, but it's only on the 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 one game turn. Um, 
but I just I just feel like this is a better use of his models. And I believe based on his list and based on what he had in his army already, this feels as close as I can get to his original list while making it more competitive in the way that he wanted it to be more competitive um, without him having to buy anything. Yeah. I see the idea he was going for. Like, I bet he saw Hit and Run and then thought about those Phoenix Spears and was like, oh, yeah, <laughs> like, this is a cool combo. Yeah, so. but I guess my thing is for that to happen, you have to survive oh. shooting, yeah. get get into close combat, last around to close combat, then you lose your bonus. Then you have to fight around to combat in your opponent's turn because you don't want to hit and run out then or you're just going to get shot again. So then you stay. You have to stay locked in combat, and they have to not run away, and you have to not run away. You have to stay locked. Then you have to fight another round of combat uh, that you don't get your bonuses on. Then you have to pass your initiative check. Then you have to roll enough to get away, and then you have to assault back in. So there's a lot of things to to get that what he's trying to do, and I just don't know that you're like you're chasing. You might you might be chasing something you can't catch. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's like you're basically so, making your whole army around the idea of killing this infantry, like slaughtering whatever infantry unit you want dead. Like it's like. Well, I understand it, but what I'm saying is the odds of them not just being killed on the first charge. No, oh, yeah, no, I get you know, it. Yeah. So, so, and if you don't kill them outright, they may break anyway. And then you're still not tied up in combat to even use hit and run. Or you charge in and they beat you and you flee. So you're not tied up or you're killed already. Right. So you have yeah. to have the perfect storm of you charging in them surviving and passing the leadership check where you're tied up. Then you have to fight another round of combat where also none of that shit happens. They can't flee. You can't flee. Both units have to be alive. Then you have to pass all these checks to hit and run out. So right. all that stuff has to line up to get that bonus. And I just don't, it, you're not, I don't know how often you're going to use it. Where yeah, there's no, no, reason to, no reason to build an army around it. Yeah, that's what you're... Correct. That's what I'm getting yeah. at. Um, okay. Also, if he if he really wants to run Palantine Blades, because um, he has some in there, if he, if he doesn't run them with jump packs, he could drop this uh, Sniper Vet squad out of the list. I did want to bring this up. You could get rid of one of the veteran squads. And then just put Palantine Blades back in, and they would still ride in the Dreadclaw or the uh, Storm Eagle if he just really wants Palantine Blades. So I, I forgot to mention that when we went over the list. Sounds good. So um, hopefully he likes that. I'm actually really happy. I mean, for 2,000 points, I feel like this is a pretty solid list and still really sticks to his original idea. Yeah, I agree. Still gets them assault marines in there. Still gets a fast army. Still gets the. Still gets to use all of his fun stuff. It doesn't change up a lot, so I think I'll have a good time with it. So, I guess next one's up. This uh, basic space pups list from Trent. So this is a space wolves list. So Trent says, okay, so again, this is going with what I've already owned now. Uh, for HQs, I'm using the two heroes out of the Kalth box as is. Troops, I have two times 
two 10-man assault squads with melted bombs and two power swords and artificer power fist plasma for the sergeants. 10-man plasma support squads with AAPFPP, so artificer armor, power fist, plasma pistol for the sergeant. Uh, and his elite choice, he's got a contemptor dread with power fist and multi-melta. Four fast attack choices. He's got three units of basic 40k squads, 40k style land speeders with havoc launcher, multi meltas. Then I have an allied detachment of two Questorus Knights, uh, the HQ uh, Seneschal with the Crusader with Icarus Array, Thermal Cannon, and Gatling Avenger Cannon. A troop Gallant, Knight Gallant with Storm Spear and Missile Pod. I think that's everything. And according to Battlescribe, should add up to 2,500 points, give or take. There's nothing super fancy as in the Ride of War or anything. So I guess my question is whether this list is too basic. I could use this while I wait for my three Prospero box to flesh out the core of the Legion, which sort of brings me to another topic, which is my in, which is my indecision with Legion I want to run. Besides the obvious Legion choices coming in that box, I was thinking of how I could split those boxes up into multiple themes lists, like run all Terminators in a Death Guard list or use heavy weapons to make Havoc units, not Fire Warriors. Uh, effectively, I could have like six different armies, or am I stretching myself too thin? Assuming I have time to make and paint these, or should I just focus on one or two legions? What'd you say? <laughs> That's a lot of questions. I would. You're new and you're just starting. That you're you're thinking uh, years ahead, son. <laughs> it takes a long time to build and paint and get good with an army. So I would personally focus on this is a list I want to play get that list built, play several games with it, then decide um, if I like that, that play style, do I want something totally opposite of that play style? Do I want to play a different Legion and go from there? Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty yeah. smart. Um, also, with all your stuff, the, the other thing you should check out is our that little uh, small whatever you would call it, a uh, mini episode, expose, whatever we did. So I have a calf box, what I do now episode. Um, I think that's a good episode to listen to when, when somebody has like something like this, like I just own this crap, like where do I begin? That has some very like basic lists in there with some strategies on how to use it. Um, basically what I did is just went through and I wrote what I consider like a, a basic uh, good starting point for a uh, space wolf army and he can start here and the units that I picked are all stuff that he owns. And I just tried to build the list in a way that utilizes what he has. And it's going to get him a lot of painted models that he can then play and decide. I like this. I like this. I like this element of it and then branch it more specialized into that element. So that was my goal when I wrote him this list. Yeah. So what I did okay. is I took a a Praetor in the uh, Ether Rune armor, which is the Artificer armor that gives you plus one, one wound. Uh, gave Power Fist, Paragon Blade, Digital Lasers, Iron Halo, Jump Pack. So he can just build this guy from the ton of bits that he has or whatever. Um, this will actually be a very fun character to play. I don't see that many Jump Packed Praetors. And I feel like uh, Space Wolves with their additional running rules and the way Grayslayer works or whatever, you can get away with assault Marines on foot because you're going to have all these other like infantry units, like rushing across the table at them. That's going to get their turn two. It's going to take a lot of the pressure off the reasons. A lot of people don't run assault Marines, which is that they're an easy soft target that I can just 
Merck turn one, why I'm not worried about any of this other stuff. It's going, you're going to have a lot more units pressuring them where they're going to have to have better target priority than that. So anyway, that's kind of a complicated sentence for <laughs> anyway. <laughs> so that's the Praetor. So for his second HQ choice, uh, I took a priest of Fenris, which is, uh, a speaker of the dead. And he's got a great frost blade, ether rune armor, melt bombs. So once again, you can just convert up, convert this guy up, take the, uh, the chaplain model from Kalf and just, uh, swap his arms out, give him a great frost blade. Um, for the third HQ choice, I took a, uh, just base centurion in artificer armor with a great frost blade with melt bombs. And I also gave him a jump pack. So the reason I took three HQs, the space wolves for every 1000 points, uh, have to have an HQ. So because you're 2,500 points, you have to have three HQs. So that's the three HQs. So for troops, I took... Oh, what'd you say? I said makes sense. Yeah. Yep. So for troops, I took a 20-man assault squad because he has the 20 assault marines. Um, I gave four of the guys in the squad power weapons. You can make those whatever you want. Swords, axes, mauls, any combination of any of that. The sergeant, I gave artificer armor and power fist. And this is where your uh, Praetor and Centurion will go. They'll join the squad. This will be a really like solid uh, close combat unit that'll get there fast. For your second troop choice, I took 10 Grace Layers uh, in a Rhino. The Rhino has Pendle Mount and Multimelta. The Grace Layers themselves, um, I bought uh, Bolters for seven of them. Um, and then I gave I bought Power Weapons for two of them. So you can make, once again, make those anything you want. Axes, Swords, Mauls. Um, and then the sergeant, uh, I gave a power fist to, uh, artificer armor and a bolter. Oh, sorry. One of the, one of the basic guys, how did I mess this up? Grace layers are complicated. <laughs> so this is what happened. So it's seven, seven bolter guys. Then the two that don't have bolters have power fists. And then just two guys that have bolters have power weapons. That's how it is. And then the sergeant also has a power fist and artificer armor. So in the unit overall, there's three power fists, two power weapons, and then just five guys that aren't. And then everybody that can have a bolt gun has a bolt. That's how it works. And they're in a rhino with pill mill and multi-melted. So then I took another unit that's exactly the same as that. Okay. And then I took another unit that's exactly the same as that. So you're going to have these three Gray Slayer squads. So the idea in my mind is to move the Rhino six, get out six, then run D six plus one because of the space wolf rules. So you're going to be really up the field on the same turn that your assault Marine, that big assault Marine squad blob with the characters have, um, moved, moved and ran as well. So like your whole army is going to be right in their face, all setting up all that stuff for a turn two charge. Okay. Um, so that's kind of how that's supposed to work. So then for his elite choice, I took five cataphracty terminators. Two of them have power fist, two of them have chain fist, and the sergeant has a power fist. And they're in a land raider Phobos with dozer blade armored ceramite. So once again, this is going to be cruising up in that blob. It's going to be very um, aggressive. Uh, for the next elite choice, I took a 10-man uh, space marine veteran squad. Uh, two of the guys have melta guns. The sergeant has artificer armor. Uh, I gave them the marksman, but you can give these guys once again weapon master any whatever you want. 
For elite, I took an apothecary with a jump pack, so that's going to go in the big 20-man assault marine blob with the two characters to give all that feel no pain. Um, so these vet the marksman vets will just be on foot, so you'll use those guys to uh, outflank to get backfield uh, units. So they're kind of supposed to be like the wolf scouts from 40K that are kind of like a backfield disruption unit. And then for fast attack, I took... Um, uh, three land speeders um, that have, they're just the normal ones that he has, the plastic ones, that all have multi-meltas and graviton guns to give him like a good like armor killing unit with the haywire and whatever from range that is just made up of models uh, that he that he owns already. So, oh, the priest, the speaker of the dead priest of Fenris goes with the, uh, the veteran squad because he's on foot, so he joins them and because they have outflank, he outflanks with them. So it gives that unit a little more close combat punch. And uh, the Speaker of the Dead gives them preferred enemy infantry, which will be good on marksman vets. And it also gives them, I think, feel no pain six plus. So that's the list. That's twenty four ninety three. What 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 right of war? It's no right of war because like I said, I was trying to keep it uh, basic. So he just has three troop choices, um, the terminators, whatever. Cause I, like I said, I, I wasn't trying to like box him into anything, you know, being a new player. There was two gray slayer troop choices. Did I miss one? I heard uh, the assault squad. And three. I heard the There's three. There's one assault squad and then three gray slayers. Okay. Okay. So I'm, I'm, I must've not heard that. Okay. That's the only thing that I was concerned yeah. about. Yeah. So and and he could run. I think there's one of the Space Wolf rights of war. There's one that's uh you can't have anything that deep strikes. So the assault marines, or and the uh, land speeders couldn't be in it or whatever. So I mean he can look at other rights of war. I just wanted to put him together a very basic list that's legal and gives him like if he paints all this stuff, he's going to end up having five terminators painted, ten veterans painted, thirty gray slayers painted, his assault marines painted. A, a bunch of rhinos and the three you're gonna always have to have the three characters and what i would do on the praetor and the centurion with jump packs just magnetize those jump packs so you can always run them on foot later but i just felt like this is a very good starting point with the models he has this is the core of what he needs to get painted moving forward i dig it i like it and that i, I know and, right of where you're talking about that's the the pale something yeah, and I believe okay, that one only allows you to have like one heavy support or whatever, which I didn't put any heavy support in this list, so he could easily tr transition this over to that. Sounds good, dude. Good luck with that, Andy. Your next on the list is Imperial Fists. And this comes from John Prowls of the Wallet, right? Yeah, it's the list that he talked about in his voicemail. Uh-oh. I'll find it. There it is. He said, Sup, man. I hope, uh, I hope you know I was not really ripping you and Michael. I was kidding. I think... 
I sent this initial email to the Forgotten Lead Gmail. Plus, I'm pretty sure you guys are inundated with emails from everyone. Anyway, here's a list of models I have laying around. Not included are the numerous plastic MK Mark IV and Mark III Marines I can basically use as anything. I have several plastic Marine boxes. I want to do a new army, and I'm thinking of Imperial Fist. Of these models, I have Dorn, Sigismund, and a Contemptor Dreadnought painted. I'm willing to buy some new models to improve what I got. Can you guys come up with a fun 2,500 to 3,000-point army? Painted models, Sigismund, Dorn, Contemptor Dread. No arms. I have every option just about available. Unpainted. 30 Tataros Terminator plastic, 3 Landspeeders, 10 Heavy Support Marines with Multimeltas, 10 Heavy Support Marines with Full Kite Culverns, 2 Predators times 2 with 2 Predator Cannons, 2 Flame Cannons, 2 Melta Cannons, a Lantern of Phobos, a Vindicator Home Mounted Laser Destroyer Array, Sakaran Battle Tank, Dreadnought Drop Pod, Leviathan Pattern Siege Dreadnought, Full Set of Weapons, 3 Laser Destroyer Rapiers, 3 Quad Mortars, I definitely want to do a Loyalist Army, but I'm also open to Ultramarines and Iron Hands. I have two squads of five Caesarean in bags. Also, if you don't have to post this on the podcast. Too late. (laughs) Like, like, as soon as I read that, it's like, slowly start. I just need someone to give me a good push to get my painted models painted. Thanks again. You're the best. John. So, Mr. Peril's wallet. You send a shit? You send a shit? Unless you, it's like, he says you didn't have to. He didn't say, please don't, or you can't, or whatever. If you give us the fucking opportunity, we're putting you in the spotlight. <laughs> Dude, I was like reading that. I'm like, oh, hold on. Like, what, what is he going to say after this? So what'd you do for John? All right. So I've already talked to him a little bit. So I wrote this list, and I just tried to make the most of the models he had and the, the painted shit he had. Um, and then... Uh, we talked a little bit and there's probably one thing that I'll change in the list, which I'll get to after I did it. So I wrote him a 3000 point list. It's really 2975, but it's a 3000 point list. So it's got Sigmund as the uh, compulsory HQ. And then I also took Rogel Dorn as his Lord of War. Um, and then uh, I took uh, pride of the Legion. So was it, was it pride? Maybe it's not, because I think Rogel Dorn makes Terminator's troops. Maybe I didn't take any right of war. I don't remember. Anyway, you guys get the point. It's either Pride of the Legion or Rogel Dorn makes Terminator's troops. <laughs> so uh, it's 10 Tartarus Terminators. Uh, all 10 of them have Storm Shields. Uh, the Sergeant and five normal guys have Power Fist, and then four of the guys have Chain Fist. And they're loaded up in a Spartan with Armored Ceramite Dozer Blade. And this is where you're going to put Sizzamund and Rogel Dorn. And this is just going to be the prototypical drive my drive your Spartan at something, get out, and just wreck its fucking face. The and list he's everybody got, plans for. <laughs> it's Imperial Fist. They're not thinkers. All right. And these are the models he has. So the one change that me and him talked about is he could basically cut the Terminator squad down slightly, and instead of getting a Spartan by a Charybdis, and, and it, you know what I mean, do basically the same thing, but it, it's a little more, um, little friendly. little less straight. Yeah, not as straightforward. 
So I think that's what he's going to do, but I don't know. I'll leave that open. It's fluffy either way because they're they're known for their boarding actions, and they're also known for, like, Siegebreaker Legion, so you could do either way. Um, so the second troop's choice is another five Tartarus Terminators. Two of them have Power Fist. Two of them have Chain Fist. Uh, one of the guys has the uh, Assault Cannon, which is just a new cool model. The Sergeant has a Power Fist, and they're in a Land Raider Phobos with Dozer Blade Armored Ceramite. So that's just another push forward beat face unit for elites. I took a, a 10 man veteran squad uh, with marksmen, but just no upgrades, just bolters because Imperial fist get plus one both skill to bolters. So it makes them awesome. And they're in a rhino with a uh, pinnel mount and multi-melta for the second elite choice. I took exactly the same unit. So just 10 bare bones guys with the Sergeant artificer armor with marksman bolters, taking advantage of that plus one ballistic skill and they're in a Rhino with Pinnamalli Multimilta. For the third Elite's Choice, I took a battery of two Quad Mortars with Shatter Shells. And then for Heavy Support, I took his Leviathan Dreadnought with Siege Drill, Storm Cannon, two Torso-mounted Twin Link Volkite cal- Calivers, Armored Ceramite, Phosphex Dischargers, and put that bad boy in a Drop Pod. I like it. So it's just a... Rude, uh, very like blunt force type list, which I really think fits Imperial Fist. And he owns all this stuff except for whatever transport he wants to put the uh, big Terminator unit in. That's all he needs to buy, but everything else he has. So he can either go Charybdis or uh, uh, Charybdis or Spartan. Pretty, pretty simple list. Just get in your enemy's face and start kicking ass. Yeah. yeah. And if you go, if you decide to go Charybdis, use the extra points because you'll have extra points to use the extra points and drop a Rhino from one of the veteran squads to buy another Dread Claw. So you have three pods so you can get your big Terminator squad and your Dreadnought Nothing. turn one. Yeah. Yeah. And then your veteran squad can come in turn two. But it should all work out. You should still actually have quite a few extra points if you do that. I don't care who you're up against, man. That's brutal. <laughs> Bam! Leviathan yeah. and Massive Dreadnought. Leviathan and Massive Terminator Squad. Deal with it. Which one do you want to pick? It's all fuck. And a Primark. And Sizzlebun. And... Yeah. Just uh, hope you don't run into any Typhons. You'll be okay. <laughs> Why? They're just one wound guys with a three up invol. That's what you want to get shot with a Typhon. <laughs> Spread them out. So that's what you did for John. I like yep. it. So next is Andy. Andy's Night Lord's list. Sacrificial offering. He Which says is very Night Lords. It's pretty fucking awesome. Hey guys, while every Night Lords player and their sisters taking Terra Assault lists, I'd like to go with something a little different. I'm working on building up different lists for my Night Lords, and I was wondering if I can get a hand with some ideas so I can plan out some better purchases and some extra items I need. My only request is purely for fluff reasons. I'm making the entire army what you see is what you get, and I've got my heart set on using a combination of neophyte hybrid bodies from the Genius Dealer Colt 40k army. Combined with the Militarum Tempestus Scion heads to represent the crew 
of the Knights Lord's ship who have been rounded up, dropped planet side, and used as bait. Because of that and the fact that the combination looks pretty spot on, like the spacesuit from Alien, I like to stick them with a 5 plus save for the sacrifice. Uh, to match the actual armor save value that armor the ar- that armor confers in 40k. If I didn't provide enough info or there's anything I can do to help give you a better idea of what I'm looking for, please let me know and I'll be happy to oblige. Uh, most importantly, thanks for con- constantly bringing out quality content on a regular basis. And more importantly, both Break the Glass episodes have been lifesavers. If there's any sort of care package I can send you guys from the Pacific Northwest, let me know and I'll be happy to do so. Andy... You're a sweet guy. I know a guy in the Pacific Northwest that could use some company right now. <laughs> He's got a broken foot. <laughs> uh, so I've got to look up these these Gene Stealer Colt hybrid bodies, neophyte hybrid. They look like they look like still. Have you seen the original Dune movie? No. Well, they look like still suits from Dune. They're like a tight bodysuit with like some weird, like rippling on them. They're pretty cool looking with like a collar. They look like a tight fitting like spacesuit or something. Oh yeah, definitely, we... definitely hybrid. Oh, he's gonna put the. Oh, that's a cool idea, man. Good call, especially with those. Uh... With the heads from the Imperium Tempestus guys? Yep. Andy, if you need Tempestus heads with berets, let me know. I've got a shitload of them. A shitload. Is he doing that or helmet? He didn't say one way or the other. I don't know. I don't know either. Pro- probably doing... I don't know. I wouldn't think that the like ship the, the, the shit, shit bird ship crew guys would have like berets. Like on a night lord ship, they wouldn't give a fuck. Could you imagine being some fucking like crew member on a night lord ship? How much that would suck! Like out of all the ships, yes, I can. There's novel. There's novels all about it. <laughs> like all the ships, like how fucking shitty that would be. The uh, <laughs> the night lord, the forty k night lords trilogy by ADB is all about that. The main characters are just crew members on a night lord ship. What are those books called? Because I've never read them. Fuck, I don't know. Just type in Night Night Lord series 40K. They're really good. They're extremely good books. And a lot of the characters, because they're traitor marines, are actually in 30K. Like Talos is the main, main character. He's a ex-apothecary, but he's not anymore. They're extremely good books. The Night Lord's Omnibus. That's it. So it's, it's got it's Soul awesome. Hunter, Blood Reaver, and Void Stalker. Yep, that's them. Sucks. It's about like it's it's about the crew. Like like Andy. Well, it's, like, it's, you it's didn't about, know about both. This. But like, there's two there's two people. There's so all the night lords have like a flunky that's just like their like personal property. Like this one guy, you're like this night lord's personal property. You're like his bitch, and you run all his errands for him because night lords are so backstabby and evil that they can't really hang around each other all the time without killing each other. So they have to have Fuck. fucking go betweens. So everybody has a go-between that's like their little bitch, and they brand them, and you're like that Night Lord's property, and if you kill that guy or fuck with him, then that Night Lord like, seeks vengeance on you for destroying his property. So being like the Night Lord guy's bitch sucks because you're some guy's bitch, but you're also 
because you're also his property, it also affords you protection that other people don't get. So it's good and bad. Jesus Christ. That yeah. sounds horrible. So anyway, that sounds awful. Pretty... <laughs> so the main character, Talos, has actually two sort of people that are his property. He captures this female navigator, but she's really more belongs to the... It's his property, but because she's a navigator and so important to the ship, she kind of, you know what I mean? Like, it's more, goes beyond him, I guess, because she's important to everybody on the ship. So uh, he has those two, Octavia and Septimus, and it's like a lot of the story goes through their eyes. And they're just like, you know, crew members on a Night Lord ship. Damn. So, Andy, if you haven't checked out those books, those seem like they're right up your fucking alley for your sacrificial offering list. So, <laughs> but I guess it's even like more of a uh, like a boon. Like now, Ryan like has taken your list and made it with the knowledge of like the fluff behind being a crew member on this Night Lord ship. So, I'm really interested yeah. to see what you did with this, Ryan. Well, the tricky thing was because obviously with sacrificial offering, you have to take, um, for one, you have to take a fortification. You're forced to. And okay. two, you obviously have to take militia guys. So the trick was, I wasn't sure what fortification to take because night lords aren't really known for fortification. So you could kind of, there's a lot of different like things you could do there. So yeah, could- I just kind of came up with, it kind of sounds like if you're going to take a fortification, you've got to make it like ramshackle, probably use the rules. But like when you model it, like model it kind of like pop up like immediate. Right. Well, I just I'll, I'll just be like what I did is took a wall of martyrs because it's called the wall of martyrs and there's got okay. a bunch of fucking dead bodies all over it. Yeah, and, I hear you. Um, But you could go like if. I don't know. That's the other thing with his email. He said, like, if he wants it to be, quote unquote, sacrifice, like he's really like wanting to fuck these guys over. You would, in my opinion, just go like the basic bare bones fucking Aegis defense wall. And like just model it as like sandbags and dirt or something like where they just gave these fuck shovels and dropped them off and was just like (laughs) left them. Now, I gave them actually a fairly substantial fortification so that you could get some actual tactical use out of it in the game. But if he's wanting more of the feel where it's just like assholes dropped off, um, he may want to strip out. Because I tried to actually make the militia portion halfway usable, I guess, where if he's not interested in that, if he's just wanting the uh, thematic of these guys are just all they are is just a bunch of like basic bitches that are hiding behind sandbags to get slaughtered, then there's several things he'll want to just strip out of this list. And just put more Night Lord shit in. But I actually okay. tried to make it a fairly balanced where he's going to get use out of Militia, use out of the Night Lords, but that may not be what he's looking for. So if he's not looking for that, he can just email me back and I'll write him something different. Or he can use my ideas and just, you know, fucking go for it from there. So then good, the next thing... explanation, dude. Like, good. Like, good. like I, I like it. I like that a lot. Like, you're giving him an option straight out the gate. Like, okay. Right. I dig it. Right. Then the next thing was what two providences to pick for the militia to represent Nostraman crew are people that live with night lords. So what I came up with, what's the guys? I can't to get the names. So I took feral warriors. So feral warriors give you basically a bonus 
uh, a bonus attack on your profile. Okay. I believe. Am I right? I got it right here. There's so many. I, I, I went know, through. I didn't know if that was a plus one attack or plus one weapon skill. I, weapon I knew skill. it was something. Maybe it's. I think it's plus one weapon skill when you buy the extra attack. I think that's what. It was. Hang on. Yes, it's plus one weapon skill to a maximum of four, and then any unit with this providence other than ogrens can buy plus one attack for twenty five points per squad. Dig it. Okay. So I felt like I felt like that was pretty fluffy for Nostromans, like because they're all supposed to be like hive gangers, basically. So I figured they would just from their rough life being like these street gang guys that they would be they would have this like feral warrior, like not necessarily feral, but you know what I mean? Like be slick, slick in a fist fight, I guess. Dirty, almost like dirty fighting. I've uh, have hit like hidden knives and shit, um, things like that. And I felt like this represented that the best. Um, the other thing I took was, uh, Alchem Jackers. Cause I figured if they come from like some like gang hive society, they're probably, they, they're probably all like tweakers <laughs> and they live on this depressing like night Lord ship. I would imagine that like drugs or anything you can take to get you by and help you like forget your misery would, would be a commodity that you would be into. Especially um, dude, so- like. Especially like if you were just dropped on this planet and you're like, it's like, didn't they say this planet was inhabited? But like, or like, didn't like, if you just got like, you know, you, like, there's no fucking surprise. Like, I'm pretty sure the Night Lords don't sugarcoat shit. Like, they're just like, hey, we just dropped you on the planet. Like, uh, right. Plus, plus, sure even if you didn't want to say, out. if you don't want to say it's drugs, the effect of it is all units with this providence do not make do not take negative modifiers to their leadership value in the assault phase which doesn't really help you because in this right of war all your militia gain stubborn anyway so you're basically just doubling up on stubborn but with this ability if they fail a morale check owing to casualties in the shooting phase instead of falling back they just become pinned so you could say that this represents like the night like them being more scared of the night lords than they are of like falling back to shooting. So if they take all these casualties from shooting instead of being like fuck and run away because they're so scared of the night lords, they just like fucking take cover and would rather just like lay down in the dirt and cling to life than break and run away. Exactly. That's exactly how I see it. Like the night lords tell them like, Hey, don't you fucking run. We're going to be watching you guys. Like we need to, We'll be right here the entire time. And, like, it's just like, don't go anywhere. We'll know if you run. It's like, oh, God. It's like, damn it, you damn it, you don't. <laughs> so. so that was kind of my idea behind the providences. So, okay, so here's how what I actually took in the list. So it's a 2,500-point army. The points total is actually 2,499, but it's supposed to be 2,500-point army. So I took a Praetor. With Paragon Blade, Melta Bombs, Digital Lasers, Iron Halo, and put him on a Space Marine bike. Because I figure in Sacrificial Offering, you're trying to like hide and be like on the flanks to suck people in. So you want like everything in your army to be like fast moving. So I tried to stick to things in dedicated transports or bikes or planes for the actual like flanking force. So basically just took a, a Praetor on a bike. Um, then for troops, 
I took a 10-man tactical squad. The sergeant has artificer armor and melta bombs, and they're in a rhino with a pinnel-mounted multi-melta. So just your your tactical squad. Uh, there's two of those, so it's two 10-man tactical squads um, in rhinos, pinnel-mounted multi-melta, artificer armor, melta bombs on sergeant. So they're just... You could trade those guys in for extra close combat weapons if you think that's more night lordy, but I mean, I think they're just fine with bolters. It's just going to give you two good scoring units to, uh, you know, outflank in and put bodies on the table and shoot up stuff. Um, for elites, I took an apothecary with power sword with augury scanner and space Marine bike. So, um, this guy and the Praetor will go together and they're going to go in a unit that I'll get to here in a second. So for fast attack, I took a unit of three javelin land speeders, and the javelins just have heavy bolter. They're just the ba- they're just base javelins, heavy bolter, twin link cyclone, with two hundred killers on each javelin. So it's going to be six hundred killers total in the unit. So once again, this is going to give you another good just unit to outflank with that hits hard, that's fast, and seems fluffy for night lords. Um, th- then, uh. For the second fast attack, going back to what we just talked about, about bikes and what I like to put Praetor bikers in, I took a unit of five Space Marine attack bikes. Um, they all have multi-meltas, and I put bombs on all of them. Most people play with multi-bombing. This is a really good multi-bombing unit, and you can put your Praetor and your Apothecary in here, and it's going to work just like we talked about earlier in the episode, except you're getting to outflank these guys with the multi-meltas. Um... For the first heavy support choice, I took a Fire Raptor with Reaper autocannon batteries and four wing-mounted Hellstrike missiles. So in my understanding, this thing gains outflank as well. So you're going to be able to outflank this Fire Raptor. So the Strength 8 missiles and cannon and all that, getting in side arc will be really cool with this Especially jet. Especially autocannons too, man. Like, no matter right. what you do, like those autocannons are always going to be prepped to start knocking out rear armor. Like that's pretty badass. Right. Right. And I, and I felt like that's also very night Lord, like having a flyer in there. And then the very last thing I took as a heavy support choice was a Sakaran battle tank with two last cannon sponsons. So that's just another, it's a fast tank. So if you look at all this, all this is bikes, uh, rhinos and flyers and fast tanks. So I felt like this would be, a, would make sense as like the outflanking, uh, force. Um, and the, uh, Sakaran will give you a good mix of anti-infantry and anti-tank. So it's, it's multi-purpose. Um, so I just felt like the night Lord portion of this is solid anti-infantry while also being solid anti-tank. Like every unit has something anti-tank and every unit will also be able to shoot up infantry. That's kind of the idea. Um, so then for the allied militia portion, I took a force commander, and he obviously took Alchem Jackers and Feral Warriors. We went over that. I gave this guy a power weapon, uh, iron halo, bombs, digital lasers. He's a little decked out, so once again, depending on the theme, I was just trying to make him usable so the militia portion was usable and not just leaving bare bones. If he's wanting to run more of the theme of it's just like, fuck, these guys are just dropped off, you could literally like just strip this guy back to wherever you want to strip him back to, I guess. Um right. For troops, I took a tw- just your standard uh, 20-man militia auxiliary unit. So this is he can use those uh, um, guys that he was talking about, the uh, Gene Stealer hybrid guys. Um, they have uh, 
I upgraded them to have the Blade and Fury, so they're going to be plus one weapon skill and also plus one attack, so they're going to end up going to weapon skill four and have two attacks per guy base. Um, and I gave all of them auto guns because I just figured like auto guns are the same stats as last gun, but they're just like cheap, um, like hive type weapons, like Necromunda style weapons, which is something that like hive gangers and shit would be familiar with. Right. So yeah. I feel like they would give them, give them weapons like from their home world or whatever. So I just, I, that's basically what they are. So it's just a little cheap 95 point 20 man, you know, militia unit for the second troops choice. I took an eight man uh, militia fire team so it's really 16 man but it's two guys per base so it's eight bases and they all have las cannons so what my thought was in the gene stealer cult guys you have these dudes with mining lasers yeah, like they're the just like it looks like a las cannon yeah so you could use those guys and then take a normal guy and just mount them both on a base together like one's like a loader like a one's like the gunner one like carries the ammo or whatever but it gives you where you can use those models because those are available and it's good in the game. So it's eight, basically eight last cannon teams. Then for heavy support, this is where it gets sketchy. Cause I, I had extra points and I wanted to give him something that made the militia kind of worth taking to get use out of. So what I did is I took for the heavy support choice, took the two uh, battery of two uh, Medusa siege guns with the bunker buster ammo. Okay. But I wasn't sure, like I was torn, because here's the thing, I already filled out the, tr like, normally what I would have done is just take in, like, more troops to fill out more guys on the ground, but he's out of slots. So, like, in elites and militia, all there is are medics, which he doesn't, you, you get more medics than you can use, because he only has two units. Ogrens, which I don't really think Ogrens fit the, what he's trying to do. No, they don't fit the theme very well. Um, and then for fast attack you have sentinels and aircraft which i was like i don't really see them giving them that much equipment like you're not just going to take crew members from a ship and go here's some sentinels here's a fucking jet like i just don't see that no. so i felt like like the artillery is something basic it's just like an artillery carriage that doesn't move that you just fucking jam rounds in and shoot it's not like sophisticated and it was a weight but it still gave them something to use now, if he doesn't like this, once again, like I said, you could just drop these entirely and take the 234 points and put that into the Night Lords portion of the army. I but guess this would basically but have something on. I don't know. Like, it really seems like. Because really, you want this sacrificial offering, you want people to attack it. And if you right. have, that was the other if, thing. Is this is the bait? This is the bait to draw them in. Yeah. So if you have two Medusa yeah. siege guns sitting in there, that's something I have to get rid of. Like I have to get rid of tank busting fucking Medusa shells coming at me. So yeah, no, right. I totally get what why they'd be there. Right. So then for his fortification, I took a Wall of Martyrs uh, defense network. So that's where you basically buy this network, and you actually get more than one fortification for a single slot. Um, so the network that I took has a bunker. So it's a wall of martyrs uh, bunker. So a bunker, eight guys can shoot out of. So you're going to put your your eight last cannon guys in the bunker. And then I took a single uh, imperial defense line and a single imperial defense emplacement, which are basically just trench lines. So you'll put the bunker down and then put the trench lines out to one side of it. 
and then in those trench lines, line up your uh, last cannon or last cannon, your uh, auto can auto gun guys, like your twenty just shit birds will go in the trenches. The last cannons go in the bunker, and then the siege artillery guys, the Medusa crew, you can kind of stick behind the bunker to get some line of sight blocking out of the bunker. So you're getting the most use out of the one fortification. I get it. Yeah. So that's what I came up with. So I think this is a solid list for anti-tank. You got the two Medusa batteries with the, uh, the breacher shells. So they, they have, they're upgraded. Oh, and they also have maximum crew. So each gun has maximum crew, uh, and breacher shells in the battery. So you'll have that battery of two guns for anti-tank. You have the eight last cannons for anti-tank. Um, then you have the force commander and the militia guys just like bubble wrapping it or hiding in the trench line to counter assault stuff. Um, then you got the Sakaran tank for anti-tank, anti-infantry. The fire raptor's good anti-tank, anti-infantry. The attack bikes are good anti-tank, anti-infantry. Javelins are good anti-tank, anti-infantry. And then your tactical squads and rhinos are basically anti-infantry. And this also has four scoring units in it because you got the two militia scoring units and the two squads in rhinos. So I feel like it's pretty solid all the way around. It it fits kind of what the fluffies want to do. Uh, I don't know. I tried to put as much thought into it as I could with what he was goal was. I like it. Sounds good. Sounds more uh, night lord than the terror salt list do. So. Yeah. So if, like I said, if, if you wanted to strip it back, you could like strip all the warrior off the force commander, get rid of the last cannon team and just run two of those basic bitch, um, infantry squads and then get rid of the artillery carriage and then cut the fortification back to just a bare bones Aegis line. And then, and use all those points just to buy more night Lord shit. But then you're not starting with much on the table and your opponent is just going to ignore it and, like focus pointing all their shit on the flanks to wait for you to come in. Sounds good to me. I like that list. I would love to see it. I'm looking forward to seeing how he does the, uh, the militia. So rolling on into the next list can be iron warriors from your buddy Duncan. Yep. I got it here. So he just wrote, Here's a list for you guys. Iron Warriors, 2,500 points. No Primarch, Lords of War, or Artillery. Hammer of Olympia. No real restrictions other than that. If it exists, I probably have it or can acquire it with ease. Probably as much directed shooting as possible with solid hand-to-hand crunch as required. So he doesn't want any artillery. He's just wanting, like, you know, something that's very blunt, like, go forward, shooting direct fire weapons without any frills, but still using hammer of Olympia. Like you're assaulting the walls of something. Gotcha. Okay. So let me find it here. Duncan iron warriors. So this is what I came up with Duncan. So Duncan for guys that don't know him is huge into Kirvalen. He's a giant Kirvalen fan. I've never seen him not run Kirvalen. So I went ahead and put Kirvalen in his list. If that's not something he wants for one time in his life, he can just take it out and put a different guy in there. But, uh, so I put Kirvalen in his list. So obviously it's loyalist iron warriors for the second HQ. I took a siege breaker and terminator armor with a chain fist for troops. I took 10 tactical Marines 
bought them the extra close combat weapon, so they're going to be fighty and assault. And with Hammer of Olympia, remember, you get a rapid fire and then charge. So this will allow them to rapid fire and then charge and then still have the bonus from the extra close combat weapon. Gotcha. Okay. So it it's kind of it fits with Hammer of Olympia. So then the second troop's choice is another 10 tactical marines with extra close combat weapon. Sergeant has artificer armor and power fist. And, um, oh, hang on. Neither of these are in rhinos. Sorry, I lied to you guys. So it's just two, two 10-man squads. They all have extra close combat weapon. The sergeants have artificer armor power fist. We'll get to what they're in in a minute. I forgot about that. I changed this list several times. So for the third HQ choice, because you have to have, or sorry, third troop choice, because you have to have three troops in... Um, Hammer of Olympia, I took another 10-man 10, 10 tactical squad. Um, they have the additional close combat weapon as well. The sergeant has artificer armor, chain sword, and melt bombs So I basically just, I didn't buy the uh, power weapon on these guys. For heavy support, I took, because you get four heavy supports choice in Hammer of Olympia, I took seven siege tyrants. Two of the siege tyrants have chain fist, and I bought them a dedicated Spartan with Armored Ceramite Dozer Blade. So the Siege Tyrants, Kier Valen, and the Siege Breaker are supposed to go in the Spartan together. So this thing will charge forward, then when they get out, they'll shoot a fucking point-blank missile barrage into your face and then assault you with all kinds of power fist and shit. And all that'll be Tank Hunter because of the um, Siege Breaker in there. And then Kier Valen gives you an add initiative Paragon Blade while everything else is fighting at I-1 with power fist and chain fist. For the second heavy support slot, I took 10 Iron Havocs, and they're all upgraded to missile launchers. The Sergeant has Artificer Armor and Augury Scanner and a missile launcher. Um, for the third heavy support slot, I took a Land Raider, Phobos, with Dozer Blade and Armored Ceramite that one of the 10-man squads will go in, 10-man tacticals. And for the fourth heavy support slot, I took another Land Raider Battle Squadron, with just a single Phobos in it with Dozer Blade, Armored Ceramite. And then for fortifications, I took just a Bare Bones Aegis Wall. So the idea behind this list is you put your Aegis Wall down in your deployment zone, obviously. You stick your Iron Havocs behind it. And then you guard them with a t with one of the 10-man tactical squads, the one that doesn't have the upgraded Sergeant. You just kind of stick them back there like as a screen to, if something deep strikes close, you can Fury the Legion and then a assault it with their extra close combat weapons. Cure Valen allows you to choose a fortification you own, and any cover saves of a one that you fail behind that fortification can be re-rolled. So you put the Iron Havocs behind the defense line to give them a, a bit of a bonus there. Cure Valen's Warlord trait allows you to choose a unit, and any failed to hit rolls of a one can be re-rolled. So the Iron Havocs are already below skill five. Um... So that basically makes them twin-linked. So you can put your Iron Havocs back there, and they essentially become twin-linked. Um, then the two tactical squads that have the more decked-out sergeants, and then the Siege Tyrants uh, in the Spartan, and then those tactical squads go in Land Raiders. So you have two Land Raiders in a Spartan with all that shit, like, charging forward. Then the Siege Tyrants are designed to, like, get out, blow a fucking hole in a wall of a fortification or whatever and then them and the tactical units charge through and murder everybody inside. Very cool. Simple enough. 
There's lots of yeah. uh, defensive yeah. and so, offensive opportunities in it. Right, right. So the the fluff is like I said, they've dug this fucking fortification line in there, put these iron havocs in there to like shoot planes and shit out of the sky because of the flak missiles they come with and all that. So it gives you anti air without having to take a plane. Um, gives them that anchor line, and then they load up in their land raiders and charge forward and beat your face. And I love Hammer of Olympia because, like we talked about, they get to rapid fire and then assault. So imagine, like, cruising up in a land raider, Phobos, the ramp drops, I get to get out with my tactical squad, rapid fire at you point-blank range, and then immediately charge with that tactical squad, and then they have additional close combat weapons to get maximum attacks. Sounds good. So, I thought that was pretty rad. It fits what he wants. So hopefully you like it, Duncan. I think he'll like it a lot. I think you put a lot of thought into that. <laughs> Especially the also the everybody listening right now is like, what do you mean? Oh, the the third squad to hang back. Yeah, just hang back, hammer like just fucking uh, light them up with. Uh, uh, Fury of the Legion, and then just still charge afterwards. What were you gonna say? People thinking, right. it's listening, for, or thinking what? People listening are probably thinking, "How many lists did they get this week?" Well, you guys are getting the full brunt of list because we said we were gonna do list of Palooza, and we got didn't do any last week, so you're getting the full force of list. So <laughs> we still got a couple more. Next up is that Mechanicum. We're list almost there, though. Alexander. I can't find it, dude. I've been looking for it for a minute now. You want me to read it off? Yeah. Go you for? I know. Okay. I, I went to so my scent is... mail. I couldn't even see it in my scent mail. So oh, we've had this for mail. a while. Oh, do you look? I don't want to take your job. Account. Bet you in the Forgotten Legion. He took account. our jerbs. It is. I see it. Forgotten Legion. Take a break, everybody. Go take a piss. We'll be we here did. when you get back to go. <laughs> we did. Bet you can't figure out when. There it is. January 23rd. Bam. I got it from here. Alexander okay. says, hey, been listening to you guys almost since the started, so I thought I might as well send in a list. What I have for this army is one Archmagos Dominus, a Magos Dominus, just a normal Magos Dominus, 13 Castle Axe, Jesus Christ, four multi-melted, <laughs> I hate putting together the Castle Axe kit, so like, good for you, man. Four multi-melters, one Dark Fire, eight Mauler Bolt Cannons, 15 Thalax, damn, dude, I hate putting together Thalax, too. That's why I don't play Mechanicum straight up, because I do not like putting together these models. So good for them. Uh, so he's got... 15th Alex, 2s with Phase Plasma, the rest Lightning Guns, 3 Vorax, I hate putting together Vorax, a Krios Minotaur, and 2 Thanatar with Plasma Mortar, and 6 Ursarax, one so far with a Power Fist, and the others just have yet to get their weapons. So his 3,000 point Legio Cybernetica list looks like a Archmagos Dominus with Mastercraft Power Axe, machin Machinator Array, Photon Thruster, Abeyant, Cyber Familiar, and Multibombs. A Magos Dominus with Mastercraft Power Axe, Machinery Array, Last Pistol, Refractor Field, Cyber Familiar, Belt Bombs. Two, three Castle Axe units with all stock except for unit having enhanced targeting rays. 
He's got a Castle X Battle Automata Maniple, two Bolty Beltas with Power Blades, and one Dark Fire Cannon. He's got a Thalax Corehort with four Thalax with Melt Bombs, Lightning Guns, and an Icarian. Oh, so they're they're uh, Icarian Skyfire. Squad. Skyfire, yeah. Yeah. Then he's got a six squad, a six man Thalax or six Thalax unit with Melted Bombs, Melted Bobs, <laughs> Hero Bobs, <laughs> two Phase Plasma with Destructor. Then in his fast attack choice, he took three Vorax with Bio Corrosive Ammunition and Enhanced Targeting Arrays. And then in his heavy support squad, he took two Thanaturs with the Enhanced Targeting Arrays. So Thanatur Class C Jetamata. Uh, this army is being painted in the Xena color scheme. Love it. I can be somewhat fix- flexible with the units and been thinking of adding an Arlatax or a Vulturax, but to go to town on the list, keep up the good work, and stay hard for heresy. So how many Vulturaxes did you put in the list, Ryan? Well, here's the thing. I didn't ri- <laughs> uh, I didn't ri- rewrite the list. Um, we originally, this was, you brought this list over because we had Tim on the show the one time and Tim was supposed to go over it or something, but something got lost in translation and it never happened. So um, I didn't really rewrite it. I mean, I think it's fine. And I mean, I went through it. I mean, this is like kind of standard, kind of what you see for uh, Mechanicum. If he's wanting to put the Volturax in, uh, I personally would probably drop um, probably drop the, the Vorax and add the Vulturax in, and then you're going to have an extra hundred points. You could make those little, those Thalax units a little bigger. My biggest problem with Cybernetica is the no, they have very little scoring because you have to take Castellax's troops and then they're expensive. And then you have, then after that, you, then you have to take other units that score. And then the other problem I find with it for fluff reasons, it's like that you want to take all these robots, which is fluffy, but none of them score. So I feel like you, if you want scoring units, you kind of have to put crap in the list that you normally wouldn't want to put in the list to stick to the fluff. So it's kind of a weird army. That being said, I don't know if he owns the models. I know they're not as good, but I know for a fact that those, uh, guardian automata, the skill axe, those are troops and those score. So I'm not super balls deep in the Mechanicum fluff, but they have Automata in the name. <laughs> so I would have thought that taking those guys as troops would be fluffier than taking Thalax, because I know Thalax are more the domain of the Ordo Reductor. Right. So I don't know. I kind of tried to talk to Pretty about it, um, but then we got talking about something else. So... I mean, that would be my really only thing. Like, if you're wanting to put that Vulturax in, I would just uh, drop that small... Like, I like Vorax. That's the other thing. Like, Vorax. I feel like if you're going to take Vorax, I've played against them a couple times. I think they work best in a big-ass unit, like five or six. So that was the other thing. You might... you the Your Castellac units are all three strong. You might take the Castellacs down to, like, two strong per unit and still have lots of Castellacs and then use the leftover points to make that... Uh, Vorax unit big. Um, you could also, if you wanted to put that Vulturax, the Vulturax in and make the Vorax big, get rid of one of the Castellac squads altogether, where you only have two, then just make those two-man squads, put 
uh, pump the Vorax up to a maximum size unit and then put the Voltrax in with the leftover points. Um, any of those would work. And then, like I said, if you wanted to, they're pretty much the same points cost. You could drop the Thalax and put Skill Axe in, but I don't know if that's fluffy or not. I just know that they're automated where Thalax aren't, and I know Thalax are supposed to be more the domain of Ordo Reductor. So it was just more like theory hammer on this. I wasn't going to like rewrite his list because they're really, it's Ordo Cybernetica. You're kind of locked, you know what I mean? It's really only so much you can do with it. There's not a huge amount of, like if you want to stick to as many robots as possible, and there's not a lot, there's a lot of variety, but they're all in different slots. So it's like your your troops are your Castellax, your Fast Attacks are your Vorax, Vulturax, your Elites are your Domitars, your Heavy Supports are your Thanatars. So, and he's got all that. So it's not, you know what I mean? There's not really a lot. At that 3,000 points, it. you are going to be, like, extremely outnumbered, like, like with this list. Yeah, but, but that's just mechanic. That's just cybernetica. That's how they work. I mean, that's when you're, when you're fucking, your model, when your models in your army average over 100 points per model, what do you expect? Yeah. You could take some of those new uh, Sekitari to protect your Thanatars and stuff. Yeah. This wouldn't be too fluffy. That's more... Well, you can't take them in Cybernetica. They only go in Reductor or Tagmana. Oh. Take a Titan. So go ahead and pull... Don't play. <laughs> Just go buy a Titan. Yeah. No, you can't even then, because it specifically says they can only go in Reductor or Tagmana. I thought it said unless a Titan's present in the army. No. Nope. They have to be in one of those two army lists, and then if you put a Titan in, they become core troops. If you don't put a Titan in, they're support troops. Oh, Okay. Never mind. So, anyway, like I said, I didn't rewrite the whole list. I just wanted to go over it and kind of theory hammer it or whatever. We've been sitting on this for a while because I didn't really know what to do with it because we had other plans for it. And I was like, ah, list, listener episode. Let's just go over it. <laughs> so, just so you know, because starting from now, like these last couple lists, I didn't really write lists for. I just wanted to discuss the emails and kind of theory hammer them out like so people can kind of see the process we go through and not really do a specific list just because it's like what you just had more opinions and i kind of need more information on what we're going off of or i had concerns with stuff so sounds good okay so the next one on the list is going to be from chris he said on a world leader list he says Maybe you guys can critique it on Radio Free Istvan. So it says, Chaplains attached to Recon Squad. Oh, I guess I better <laughs> just read out the list then. Yeah. So he took a World Eater list, 2,500 point, with the Rite of War Blood Madness. Oh, Legion Recon Company Rite of War. Blood Madness is what he called it. That's so cool. So Right. So I got I got a pro well, we'll read through the list and then I'll I have a major fluff problem with this and we'll see if it's unwarranted or not. Okay. So he took a Legion Chaplain with a twin phallic blades, artificer armor, fracker field. He took that three times. Uh then he took in his elite choice he took two apothecaries with chain axes, two space marine bikes. Uh, I guess they're both on space marine bikes. He took a contemptor quarters dreadnought with chain fist and a graviton gun in both of his hands. 
Uh, he took a 10-man Legion Reconnaissance Squad with bolt pistols and chain axes, Artificer Armor on the Sergeant, Power Fist on the Sergeant, and then Twin Phalanx Blades on, I guess, everybody else in the 10-man squad? Didn't, okay. He took that three times. Then in his fast attack choice, he took a four-bike Legion Outrider Squad with uh, twin Melteguns. He took an Outrider Sergeant with Power Fist and uh, twin Phalanx Blades. And that's it on that. Then he took four Legion. Oh, he took that unit twice. Then he took an Anvilus Pattern Dreadclaw Drop Pod for the Contemptor Cortis. And then his Lord of War, he took Angron. So Angron's running around with all these recon squads. Now read the the other parts. So he says, Chaplains attach the recon squads. Poth carry is obviously to Outrider squads. Angron, I'm not sure, probably attached to recon squad. And also, what to do with the remaining 145 points? Although thinking more Outriders feels a little weak against mech, list, or might just totally suck. Uh, ideas is Scout Forward and Friend Shrouded from Recon Attached Run of War. Let's me somewhat safely get close and assault the hell out of opponents turn two. Characters, Sarge, and Chaplains with Kadera weapons have lots of attacks. It seems to be in line with the World Eater's WOG style of brutal combat. Thoughts and feedback are welcome. So, that's it. So he's going to sneakily sneak Angron <laughs> forward. And so that's... Uh, you're You're hitting on it. So my thing is, in my mind, in my head... World Eaters don't even know what a Recon Marine is. They don't own them. They don't have them. I've never heard of a reconnaissance. I'm not even sure how a Recon World Eater guy, like, I don't think they have those. Not when you got the nails in your fucking head. Like, I don't think you can be too uh, scouty. I'm sure they have them, but it, Jesus Christ, it must suck. Uh, and if you read, um, what is it? Betrayer, like, Angron fucking hates Recon. He hates it. Like, he literally won't listen to anybody. He he gets in an argument with his ship captain for giving him details of the ground war as she sees it from space on the ship's auguries, and he gets pissed at it and hangs up the phone on her, basically. He says, get out of my ear. He's all pissed off. Get out of my ear. (laughs) So I get what he's trying to do. Like, he's using it more like, I just want to... Like that, like she was warning him about Titans yeah. coming after him. He's like, "Get out of my ear!" Like, okay, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> um, yeah, that's my main thing. Is just this premise. I just I don't find it fluffy at all. I get what he's trying to do because he wants he's wanting to run like a shitloads of dude on foot, which is fluffy, and he's trying to make that work. But I think the way he chose and which to make it work, which is to infiltrate and have shrouding which is supposed to represent you like sneaking forward or whatever just doesn't fit at all with world eaters no Not especially like attaching like how are you going to convince angron to sneak up with this fucking recon i just can't imagine how that happens like this shitbird recon surgeon is going to like talk like convince angron like n- like argue with Angron and win the argument to like be quiet and sneak up with them. I'm trying to think of Angron at his quietest. Like when was he the quietest that I've ever like seen him? 
And remember when he went to the battlegrounds of his home planet, he was kind of like subdued a little bit, looking yeah. like he, he and like even then the entire planet knew he was there. Like his like ship was all loud, like coming into orbit, like <laughs> dropping him off. Like I just don't know like how you'd sneak a Primarch in, like with. But okay, so now that we've gotten that out of the way, because Chris is a member of our game club, so this is why I didn't write him a list, and I, we're we're not really shitting on him, but we we can discuss this a little more because like I know him, he plays here, and I didn't like write him a list because I wanted to discuss ideas with you on air. And then when we come up with an idea, I can write him a list and just present it to him next week when we have game night. Well, I see what he's so, trying to do. Like, did you go sacrificial exactly. offering or something or what? No, no, no. I didn't do I didn't do anything. That's like I'm like presenting with this fluff and this list and then telling you my gripe about the list and you having the same gripe. What what direction should we go in it? Oh. So so if you're running like okay, so I I, I mean I know a couple people that have come across this same kind of idea where they really just want a bunch of like foot slogging fucking Marines in Angron. Right. And they don't want transports and they don't want to get them up. So the options you have are infiltrate, which is this route, which doesn't really make sense. Infiltrate in general doesn't really make sense. Then you have deep strike, which then you're still paying points for transports and all that. And then you're looking at outflank and I mean, it, it kind of keeps coming back and around to the idea of sacrificial offering. The, the idea of sacrificial offering giving everything you have outflank is ridiculous. So if you're lear- looking for a turn three charge, this is turn two charge, but like a turn three charge with a shitload of just pissed off world eaters, sacrificial offering seems like a pretty good deal for you. Yeah. I don't know. It's just one of those things like you almost have like in order to make world eaters work, I almost just feel like you have to have some type of transport. I mean, the bikes, I like the outriders because you you could go three maxed out outrider squads because I used to play outriders with blood angels all the time. And as long as you're allowing multi bombing, which we do here, they they're fucking awesome. So he could go like max outriders, like 30 outriders, and they're going to get there fast and he's not buying transports. But the problem is then scoring units. So, I mean, he's still going to have to take. I guess you could do. What if he did assault Marines? What if you did like two like medium squad, medium sized squads of assault Marines with apothecaries in them and then did like three maxed out outrider squads with close combat weapons instead of buying the shooting weapons on them? And put just fucking melt the bombs galore and use multi just basically kill everything with melt the bombs and just have like thirty fast moving bikes and then a shitload of assault marines just all charging forward. Yeah, I can see that working. And then if you absolutely want to take Angron, um, just put him in a fucking Charybdis with red butchers or something. Go. Here's my one vehicle with my fucking Primark whatever slamming down, and then just this horde of fucking guys flying and riding bikes at you. Yeah, absolutely. I could see that working as well. It just like I don't know. It just it just makes His original list like right, this list works fine mechanically. I just can't get behind the fluff at all. 
I just can't. Which, I can't do it. Which is rare. Which is rare to like run across when we're going over a list, but it does happen. Like it's just one well. And, and what's funny is he's not. It's not like he ignored the fluff to make it cheesy. I mean, fuck, he's taking recon marines and outriders for Christ's sake. He's just trying to find a way to run a horde of dudes on foot. So like, he's trying to play fluffy by ignoring the fluff. <laughs> it's kind of a weird. I don't know. It's weird. I don't know. Do you, do you know him personally? Has he read Betrayer? Tell him to read Betrayer. I don't know if he's read Betrayer or not. The only other way I can think of is uh, Rampagers have Scout. Is there a way to get ramp Rampagers as troops? Does Berserker Assault make them troops? I can find out. I got my I got my book right here, too. Let us see. Anyway, I wanted to, I wanted to hash this out on air because I thought it was an interesting conversation to have. Yeah, definitely an interesting conversation to have. And if anybody out there, like if any of our listeners has suggest, like they're listening to this and they're fucking screaming at their computer right now, just do this. Send us in an email. We're very open to talking suggestions. Because those guys, those guys have scout. So you're not infiltrating. You're just like, it's just supposed to represent them like being closer to the enemy just by virtue of just being aggressive and just starting close to the enemy, which makes more sense. Yeah. I think the best option just in like fluff wise for getting Angron into combat is going to be uh, Charybdis or any sort of drop drop pod. Uh, no, I don't see anything in Berserker Assault that would give him. Okay. I, I just, I didn't know. It wasn't like something I was thinking. I just, because I'm not, I, I've not really built a Berserker Assault list. And I know Angron doesn't like make anything troops or anything like that. Nothing like that. No rampagers as troops. Well, we'll just have to see what people send us, and I'll talk to Chris a little bit about it. He'll listen to this before I see him. So. Okay. Yeah, I was just looking at the special character to see if any of them made rampagers as troops, but no. Okay. By well, the way, it, his man. sergeants, the way the way he armed his sergeants, he traded in the bolt pistol for a power fist and then took the cadre weapon, which is a paired weapon. So he's actually get three close combat weapons. He's getting two swords and a power fist, which yeah, mechanically works. <laughs> so, but, fucking cool shit. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like you can use the swords on infantry and the power fist on vehicles or whatever. I don't know. It's kind of weird. It'd be weird how you'd model it. I think I would model it like... Like nunchuck swords? I don't know. You could do like that, or you could do you could do like a fist with like a sword that has like one handle with a blade coming out of each end of the handle, or you could do like two power fists with like Baraka blades, like from fucking Mortal Kombat, where you got like swords that like retract like fucking Wolverine out of your yeah. power fist all day. Just snip uh, off some lightning claws. Anyway, one last one. 
Kind of. One last one. That was, that was the last sons. I had. Oh, the Thousand, thousand sons, sons list that you wanted to I sent it to about. you to do, so if it's not done, it's because you didn't do it. But we can discuss. <laughs> Let's read his email at least. And this is from... Uh... Rob Easley. I forwarded it to you, so it's from me in your email. Got it. Rob says, Ryan, Thousand Sons list write themselves and are so easy anyone can do it. Challenge accepted. Done. That's it. That's all I wrote. No, there's more than that. <laughs> no, just playing. He says, I sent y'all a Facebook message back on December 2nd, and you guys read it on episode 32. Senpai noticed me. Uh, about starting Thousand Sons from scratch. Anyways, I was wondering if you could help me come up with a Thousand Sons list or two. I own two Kalth boxes, and that's it. Buying a bunch of Forge World models is totally reasonable, as this army is going to be a labor of love. Uh, to give a bit of background, I stopped playing 40k at the end of 5th edition when my Chaos Space Marines constantly got their shit pushed in and had no answers to Grey Knights, Blood Angels, and Necron Fire Spam. I still have a nom-like flashbacks from those days and think I could, would like to buy a Fire Raptor to stop the bad touch. Uh, my main goals are to have a fluffy list that I can grow into in points values and still have friends. What would you suggest? Also, what should Sekhmet Terminators cost? Fire Drake's the closest thing I can think to compare them to as a base of 275, 40 points per model after that, plus upgrades. What would you put Sekhmet points at? Sorry for the long email. No rush in answering this while you're busy prepping for events. Thanks, Rob. Okay. Well, What did you want to discuss on this? So I didn't write him a list because... This is, I own two Kalth boxes. He should just go listen to that Kalth episode. I, you know, what to do when you own a Kalth box. So I wasn't just going to give the same cookie cutter answer that we've given a million times. Um, he can just go back and find that episode. It's only 20 minutes to listen to. If you listen to that, I believe the list is roughly um, a Terminator character or the, the power, the, the chaplain converted over to like a power armored Praetor. So obviously you would do that, but you would just give him psychic levels. And then the Terminator character in the Kalth box, you just use as a Terminator sergeant to make a six-man normal Terminator squad. And then we told people to put that in a Spartan and then put the make the three, do Pride of the Legion, make the other three uh, tactical squads veteran tacticals and put them in rhinos. And then I think we told him to buy some quad mortars or some shit to make up points i believe that's the list it's on there so instead of doing that you could basically just do all that but instead of buying like quad mortars which doesn't seem very thousand suns just use your extra points to buy psychic upgrades on those other units turn the terminators into segment terminators instead of going quad mortars well that or just keep the normal cataphracting and buy them level one <laughs> yeah that, that's one way to spend your points. <laughs> well, what I'm saying is that if, if he doesn't already own the... He's got two Kalth boxes. I would build one of the Terminator sets as just normal Terminators and uh-huh. then take the other five and make them the Sekhmet or whatever. Okay. Yep. And then he can... Depending on where, where he wants to go points-wise. But that will give him a cool core list. So if he built that list that we just talked about, the I have a Kalth box and did the changes we talked about, and then added in a Fire Raptor, it's going to be roughly 2,500 points. Maybe a little shy. 
Okay. Sounds good. <laughs> you just have to remember if you're doing. Uh, you could make two of those. Two of the veteran squads that go in rhinos, you could just make two of those basic tacticals so you don't have to run Pride of the Legion. Because you got to remember, when you run Pride of the Legion, you have to have more Legion Astartes units. You do not Legion Astartes. And I want to say we wrote that list before the book three or before the new red book change. So I'd actually have to go back and look at it to see if it's still legal, which I think it is because it has quad mortars and two characters in it. Or maybe a quad mortars and one. It's either just legal or not. I think it's still legal, if I remember it right in my head. But if he got rid of the quad mortars, um, I don't know that it would be legal to take get rid of the quad mortars and add another vehicle in. So he'd have to take like another character, which could be a librarian or centurion or whatever, or just drop a rhino and make one of the marksman vet squads hoof it. Or, like I said, just make the two infantry squad to make two of them non-veteran units and just run them as power armored guys. As far as what Sekhmet should cost, I don't know. I mean, off the top of my head, to me, even without psychic powers at all, like, let's just take no... They have no psychic powers. They're still better than Fire Drakes. So they should start at Fire Drakes and then add in the Mastery Level 2. So I think the base unit for five guys should probably be in the 325 to 350 neighborhood and then they should be roughly 50 points a guy on the back end with their war gear. They're way too cheap as they are now, but I don't know. That's not, once again, it's not my fault. I don't write the rules. I'm just a consumer. <laughs> well, all right. That's that. So if, if he wants, like, I guess what I'm saying is because he just has two Kalth boxes, he should take the most advantage he can of that before you get real exotic. It sounds so I would just take keep my Kalth boxes. I would build out of the two Kalth boxes, build twenty normal tacticals. I'd probably build a machine killer squad, two marksman vet squads, so that's three of your guys, and then save the other ten for something you, that you discover later that you might want to build or build like extra models to like swap in and out of units. I would take the five cataphracty, five of the cataphracty and make them normal terminators, buy a Sekhmet conversion kit and build the other five that way. Um, convert one of the chaplain models of the two you have to a Praetor. Um, make a, the other chaplain model probably a librarian and then I don't really know what to do with the other Terminator, with the two Terminator characters. Obviously, the Contemptors are Contemptors. And then I would get, depending on whether you want to go drop pods or rhinos, get uh, two or three rhinos, and then either get either two or three rhinos or two or three drop pods, and then get either a Charybdis or a Spartan or, or multiple Land Raiders to put the Terminators in. That's what I would do. What do you think? Sounds good. Sounds pretty basic. Yeah. And I mean, that's, that's the thing. Like, um, I just kind of like, because it's just, he's beginning, he just owns the basic stuff. Um, and we've went over stuff like this a lot. Um, go back and look at that basically. And as far as still have friends, 
I mean, if you start with that basic shit, I mean, really nobody can bitch. I mean, you're not running anything anybody else can run. And then I would slowly start adding in um, stuff until people start bitching and then back off. Because, <laughs> I, I mean, I don't know. Like, maybe his friends don't care at all. Um, maybe they're super sensitive to it. You know what I mean? But, I mean, that's the only way I know to do it. I get it. I understand. So, that's it. It's and if he episode. if he wants, it, uh, oh, real quick, yeah. if he, <laughs> hang on, if he really really wants uh like an actual list list, I just like that's fine. Just give me a little more theme, I guess. Like this is this is more my goal instead of just like I have to calf boxes or whatever because like if you you just say i'm very beginning and just two calf boxes we're always just going to direct you back to that i have a calf box what i do now episode that's why we did it For that's all i want to say i'm not picking on him because it's thousand sons it's i'm being legit honest that's it that's all Michael's about to go feel? get some delicious barbecue. How do I feel? Yeah. I feel fucking awesome. I told you it's going to be a good Saturday. My wife's upstairs. We're about to go get something to eat. Then I'm going to go outside, get some snow in my beard while I fucking run a chainsaw. Shoot a few guns. Eat steak tonight. I love it. I, uh, I, can't, believe, I can't believe it's over. I can't believe we did it. <laughs> It's a lot of mail. We have an we have an empty mailbox, empty voicemails. It's all out there. Everything's done. No loose ends, as the Eye of Horse guys like to say. Whew. Now asking it for a little bit. Yeah. So next week. So think about this. We got all that out of the way. No more book seven talk. It's fucking done and over with. When we get the book, we can read it and go over the fluff because that'll be fun. That'll actually be something we enjoy. Hopefully. Um, so we can talk about whatever, if there's new missions or fluff or whatever in there, that'll probably be pretty cool, cool art. So we'll probably go over that, but that's not a big deal, but we got all of our backlog of email list, all that, that the book seven log jam created. So now next week we get to start with a clean slate and maybe we can record an episode that's less than three hours long. Maybe. Possibly get, yeah, get back to it. Get back to the old ways when we used to knock them out in three hours or so you know what we should do here's the thing i feel like if you made it this far you deserve something so this right here we got these two dice bags right they're pretty badass dice bags you admit yeah good at badass dice bags yeah i like them there's a alpha legion one i'm looking at an alpha legion one and a iron warrior iron one Warriors one both come from shadow there you go great out on etsy it's these badass dice bags he has, right? You're going to want them. And if you don't, like... So this is what I figure we do. Because I don't want to, like... You know, we could just do, like, a share contest, but I really want to reward the listeners who made it this far into the podcast. But I don't want to make it, like, obvious. So whenever I post this post up on Facebook, right? Whenever I, you know, it's I go on there, I drop, hey, guys, episode 44 is dropped, blah, 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 blah. 
what I want you to do is if you want to be entered in to win these dice bags, all I want you to do is put the time it is, wherever you're at, and then either IW or Alpha Legion, whatever dice bag you want to enter yourself in for. And don't don't put any other context in there. And then people will look at it and be like, what the fuck are these guys doing? Like once they see some people on there and they're going to try and copy it, but they're not going to be sure what they're copying or how they're doing it. So just put the time. So like if it was like right now, it'd be 408. And then I want the Iron Warriors one. So I'd put 408 IW. And if you made it this far, so to, do you get it, Ryan? Does it make sense to you? Do you understand what we're trying to do? Makes makes total sense to me. You're rewarding people that stuck it out and listened to this long-ass episode of us rambling on and on and on. Yeah. So... That being said, you, this was sol- this was chock full of 30K content. People cannot say this episode wasn't about 30K. It's going to be like almost like probably over four hours long, and it's almost pure 30K. There was very little fucking around. There's a little bit talking about itchy asses in the beginning. If you could suffer through the itchy ass, like I had to suffer through it, and still suffering, you made it <laughs> to a bunch of 30K content. So for those listeners that are right here in the podcast that made it all the way through, whenever this podcast, whenever I post the link up to show that the podcast is out or whatever on our Facebook page, all you have to do is go comment on that link the time it is, wherever you are, and then if you want the Iron Warriors one, put IW. If you want the Alpha Legion one, put AL, and we will get you entered. And the next time we record, we will go ahead and draw for you guys that are listening right now, for you guys that made it all the way to the end. A little reward for you get you cats. And these are some badass little dice bags. So... So that's all I got. I, uh, that's it. Me too. I don't know what, listen, you know what? I'm going to go ask the closed chat what they want, what music they want this week. That sounds like a good choice. Oh, so, they get it. They get an ad. You know what we should do? <laughs> should we, we talked do? about before the show, we're wanting to start to get back into unit breakdowns. You should also ask the, we'll let them have the honor the closed chat, the honor of picking the first unit we break to. Done. I will ask them. What and they get a vote. They get a vote on, they can pick any, don't do Legion specific, just any of the units out of the core, like the core army list of anything. It can be, it can be any faction. It can be Mechanicum, whatever. We'll break it down. It'll be something <laughs> fun to do next episode. What do y'all want us to break down? Segment Terminators. <laughs> <laughs> Son of a bitch. <laughs> Oh, that backfired. Anyway, <laughs> that backfired so hard. All right, guys, go check out uh, our, the other 30K podcasts out there. Uh, we've got a cultural wheel exchange here pretty soon coming up, I'm sure. We'll, uh, yeah, I'm mailing I'm mailing the last one. I actually got all the shit together, and it's in a box upstairs. We're mailing it. Uh, I'll mail it Monday. I'm going to package it up and pay for all the postage and shit online and mail it Monday. So next episode we do, we can do another one. Boom. So look forward to that people. Once again, Patreon set up. If you're interested, you can do a dollar a show. That's $4 a month. It's less than the price of a hamburger. And, uh, you get into the cool group, getting the cool kids. Lies. Group and, uh, Lies. 
<laughs> McDonald's double cheeseburgers are only a dollar. No, they're not. They're a dollar twenty-five. They're not. Oh well, there you go. Yeah, not even a dollar anymore. Not even a dollar. Fuck. What's the world coming to? For real, inflation, man. They want fifteen dollars an hour. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, we had fun. I'm gonna go eat some delicious barbecue, some competition barbecue. Looks like my parents just got a. Uh, looks like third place in ribs. So, gotta go see how that brisket tastes. I'm definitely gonna go try them ribs out. So, catch you later, guys. Y'all have a good one. Bye, guys. Take a little walk to the edge of town and go across the track Where the viaduct looms like a bird of doom as it ships and cracks Where secrets lie in the border fires and the humming wires Yeah, man, you know you're never coming back Across the square, across the bridge, past the mills, past the stacks on a gathering storm comes a tall, handsome man in a dusty black coat with a red right hand.
Right. 